ancient land of China, schools and the martial arts were a way of life, but none were as lethal as the one we are about to reveal. Five deadly venoms. A secret society, each man unknown to the other, identified only by a mass representing one of nature's deadly assassins, the centipede, the snake, the scorpion, the lizard, and the toad. Five deadly venoms, five masters in the martial arts, each man pitted against the other in savage combat, and each trained in their own vicious method of killing. They practiced a special kind of kung fu, killing by instinct, with machine-like precision, lightning speed, and ruthless power, as ferocious and deadly as the venomous creatures from which it took its name, and whose stings were always fatal. Kill or be killed. Five deadly venoms. No mercy asked, none given, in a kung fu epic as brutal as nature itself. Five deadly venoms, survival of the fittest and kung fu action at its very best in the most spectacular martial arts program of the year. Five deadly venoms, five stinging ways to die. Pick your poison, you'll be stung to your seats. Don't miss Five Deadly Venoms, a Shaw Brothers presentation. Theirs was a mission of certain death. Outnumbered and unarmed, they must get to the tyrant that enslaves their people. No weapon, no matter how lethal, can match their kung fu. Alexander Fusheng stars as the young martial arts expert pitted against a murderous warlord with a deadly kung fu skill. They live to fight and fight to live in a whirlwind of kung fu action. Four men sworn to battle to the death against these lawless legions of the damned. The Four Assassins.
plan of destiny await the ultimate challenge. Death and destruction were the Manchu order. They murdered their way to victory. Nothing could stop them until they met the five masters of death. Five new men of destiny. Five new deadly ministers of Kung Fu justice. Five new Kung Fu killing techniques. The whipping triple-jointed stick, an avenging reaper of justice. The piercing pole, driving its way to victory. The deadly tiger stork, no one escapes. The crushing crossed fists, pounding up revenge on Manchu murderers. See the five kung fu masters of death defeat the Manchu warlords. See the five masters of death. When you're the best, you do things with style. J.J. McQuaid is the best. He's a lone wolf lawman in the Lone Star State. Even a wolf has his weaknesses. And a powerful enemy. The final showdown belongs to McQuaid. Lone Wolf McQuaid, starring Chuck Norris, David Carradine, Barbara Carrera, and Leon Isaac Kennedy. Or forgive them, because they killed his wife, they raped his daughter. And they deserve to die. So he's doing it again. His way. Charles Bronson. He's the best there is at getting even. Goodbye. Death Wish 2. Rated R. Now playing at the Sacramento Drive-In, Dome 24, Birdcage Walk, and the State in Woodland. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. The all-new process that puts you in the picture. Whether you want to be there or not. It will scare you. Count on it. Friday the 13th, Part 3 in Super 3D. Rated R. Now playing in Sacramento. Check newspapers for theaters and showtime. This is the movie that Rex Reed called the most horrifying motion picture I have ever seen. This film is positively ruthless in its attempt to drive you right out of your mind. Sally, I hear something. Stop! Stop! The Texas Chainsaw Massacre. From New Line Cinema. Rated R. There are killers on the loose, dressed like cops, and they always use a magnet. There's only one cop around who can crack this case. They call him Dirty Harry. In 24 hours, Harry stops a robbery, covers a stake, and prevents a hijack. Clint Eastwood is back, and this time his world is dirtier than ever. Magnum Force, rated R.
opening Christmas Day at selected theaters around the country. Only in theaters.
知道你还是会喜欢我的Pleasure doing business with you. I 本来想推荐你上去，但你上头唔批准。点解？呢个人你应该好熟嘅。我听日要走，后日去台湾嗰单嘢，咪带埋一成咯，俾个机会啲后生仔啊嘛。
。一朝做贼，想做好人不容易。我已经冇咗个细佬，我唔想连你呢个朋友都冇埋。阿杰，唔再叫我做阿杰，叫阿 s 而家大把世界，有好多旧客要靠豪哥你拉翻嚟我哥系产值唔系我啊！呢度已经唔系我同你嘅世界。你一喐手啊，即刻转翻转头
outrageously exhilarating, guaranteed to tingle the most jaded moviegoer's palate. A film concocted with nitroglycerin, the combined energy of the Road Warrior, Robocop, and the Terminator. Killer is great cinema. The Killer, a thriller comedy that will leave you breathless. a movie that will leave you breathless. Christian Slater, Patricia Arquette, Dennis Hopper, Val Kilmer, Gary Oldman, Brad Pitt, Christopher Walken, in a Tony Scott film that critics are calling a Bonnie and Clyde for the 90s. True Romance, rated R, starts Friday, September 10th at a theater near you. Follow my instructions and we all walk away clean. Domino, you're with me on the side. Shepard, you cover the rear. What do you want me to do? All we want is the money. This is an inside job. Ten million in cash. Let's go home right now. I've seen you two. We're celebrity hostages. dogs before pulp fiction the original men in black shook the world of action cinema in the original a better tomorrow Presents the explosive bullet ridden sequel, A Better Tomorrow 2. Hong Kong action mavericks John Wu and Choi Hark take the heroic bloodshed genre to the next level and beyond in a violent symphony of destruction that is often imitated but never better. Chow Yun Fat, Leslie Chung, and T Long. Better tomorrow, too.
He practiced the lizard style. Chameleon. The lizard is a very agile and nimble style. It enables a man to climb like a lizard. David Rockefeller's money couldn't save him. Despite all of the hard work he did for CTO. But he's behind the latest accusations. If you disagree, then you must be a Russian agent. That's a bunch of gobbledygook. People peddling that has got to be spooked. There's not an angle I couldn't possibly choose. And if it's coming out of my mouth, it's got to be truth. Let's keep it all cerebral. If I run for mayor, I won't be mayor. I leave it to the people. Consider this a shot across the bow. The sheep will go shake them up now. Make them well aware you are extreme liars. You create smoke, then you're like a screen fire. Like we can't see who living. It shows like a Saturday Night Live skit. Okay, I get it. None of these pedal projectors ever want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Not one of these pedal projectors, they want to speak. Even though I come and visit them like once a week. Not a single thing I say is tongue in cheek. The NYPD just sprung a leak. Bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. When will it end? I must say, bastard. You did it again. You a real hard bastard. Now tell me, when will it end? <laughs>
All right, welcome to the show. I am the Hard Bastard, and uh, we're going to get into, before we get into what seems like, at least possibly, uh, a gay op to bring us into World War III, before we get into that, we are going to cover, um, at least we'll start out with a little bit of good news. Um, and and uh, I'm, I'm uh, I don't know, a little unexpected. Unexpected. This is not the end-all, be-all of it, of course, but um, it is possible that the lunatics in the regime uh, are going to get friction in the courts. And so here is our first example of this. Um, I hope that this judge gets um, security and because he's going to be demonized. Right now there's a lot going on in the Middle East that's probably going to get the attention of the media. But at some point they're probably going to demonize this judge and pretend that they're, you know, a Nazi and a racist and all this shit up. But... Um, Overzealous cancellation of Trump Organization's business licenses halted by New York Appellate Court. I don't like being in a situation to have to be rescued by the courts because I have no faith in the courts. But, um, you know, it, this is where we are. This is where we are. Uh, on Friday, a judge with the New York Appeals Court placed a halt on an order in the New York civil fraud trial of Donald Trump that would have seen the cancellation of his business certificates. First, uh, Department Justice Peter Mouton rejected a motion on Friday from Trump's lawyers to put the trial on hold, but temporarily placed a pause on the cancellation of the certificates while the appeals process plays out. So again, this is not the end-all be-all by any means, but it's a little friction. Also, I think, do I have the article about Canon? I don't think so. Uh, also, it looks like Canon is possibly going to delay that trial till till after the election it's possible i i think it's i think there's a chance at least um i don't trust canon but i don't get the impression that she's a total leftist lunatic either um now of course this is why they they did all these indictments and i imagine that they're also going to do more indictments and you know this is it's not like how much good news can there actually be because they're just going to keep trying you know bullshit but anyway it's interesting to see at least some people uh doing their job uh, or at least kind of doing their job um so in a statement for the trump organization eric trump wrote we thank the appellate division for staying the new york attorney general and judge aids over zealous attempt to cancel our new york business certificates um is, uh, he wrote, Judge Aid's order erroneously sought to adjudicate the rights of non-party business entities that employ nearly a thousand hardworking New Yorkers, have never been accused of any wrongdoing, and were never given their day in court, in clear violation of their fundamental constitutional rights and due process. We will continue to vigorously defend our company and our incredible employees from this politically motivated persecution. In its filing, Trump's team said that Judge Aid's decision an order saying that they had until October 26 to list possible candidates for the receiver position were unauthorized, undemanded, overbroad relief without proper factual or legal predicate. The Supreme Court 
clearly does not comprehend the scope of the chaos its decision has wrought, Trump's lawyers wrote, terminating non-party business licenses without jurisdiction, without process, without statutory authority, without trial, and without reason renders impossible the lawful operation of multiple businesses and threatens termination of hundreds of New York employees without any uh, jurisdiction or due process, the filing state. So, like I said, I don't want to overplay it. It's, it's minor good news, but it's at least something. It's at least something. It's at least friction. Um, now Trump uh, files a motion to dismiss the J6 case against them, citing presidential immunity. On Thursday, Donald Trump's lawyers filed a motion seeking to dismiss the federal election charges levied against him in Washington, D.C. The former commander-in-chief's team claimed he was protected via presidential immunity, suggesting that he is the first chief executive to face criminal charges. There's no official precedent claiming otherwise. They noted that as such, whether a president can be charged for certain actions remains a serious and unsettled question of law. The court should dismiss the indictment with prejudice on grounds of presidential immunity, Trump's lawyers wrote in a 52-page motion to the U.S. District AIDS Commie Judge Tanya Chutkin. They cited a Supreme Court case in which former President Richard Nixon was implicated to claim that under law he was granted absolute immunity for acts within the outer perimeter of his official responsibility. Breaking 234 years of precedent, they argued, the incumbent administration has charged President Trump for acts that lie not just within the outer perimeter, but at the heart of his official responsibilities as president. Trump's lawyers suggested that as president, he was responsible for maintaining the integrity of the 2020 election and was thus within his rights to cast doubt on the results. The prosecution falsely claims that Trump's motives were impure, that he purportedly knew that the widespread reports of fraud and election irregularities were untrue, but sought to address them anyway. And of course, that's a preposterous situation because uh, 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 the election being stolen has uh, more evidence. Well, I don't know if you want to compare it to the the evidence related to the vaccine being dangerous. I mean, they both there's a bukkake of evidence in both instances. It is preposterous to argue that there's no evidence of fraud in the 2020 election. It's completely insane. And and the argument that, well, someone told him no. Like, who cares? Fuck that person. I don't care who it is. Bill Barr? Fuck Bill Barr. He helped cover it up. Anyway, they wrote, claiming the indictment was based entirely on alleged actions within the heartland of Trump's official duties, or at the very least within the outer perimeter of his official duties. Uh, following a lengthy investigation by Jack Smith, Trump was charged with conspiracy to defraud the United States conspiracy to obstruct an official proceeding, obstruction of an attempt to obstruct an official proceeding, and conspiracy against his rights. Again, just preposterous bullshit. Preposterous bullshit. So, okay. Um, former DOJ official Gene Hamilton says that the DOJ is flagrantly violating justice manual with the timing of Trump's indictments and trials. Former DOJ official Gene Hamilton, the vice president and general counsel of America First Legal, said Friday, the DOJ is flagrantly violating the impermissible considerations clause of its own justice manual with the timing of federal indictments brought against former President Trump and subsequent trial dates set in the middle of the Republican primary season. Hamilton, who served as counselor to the attorney general, under the Trump DOJ detailed his argument while on a panel alongside former Acting Attorney General Stephen Bradbury, former U.S. Attorney for the District of Utah Brenton Tolman, and John Malcolm, Vice President of the Institution for Constitutional Government. Particularly, Hamilton pointed to the timing of the federal indictments and trials brought against Trump, 
contending they breach the clause that pertains to initiating and declining charges. Uh, Hamilton emphasized his view that the timing of the cases, one alleging Trump illegally took classified documents to him with, uh, with him to Mar-a-Lago at the end of his presidency, again a preposterous charge, and another alleging that he, counsel, and aides committed federal crimes while challenging the 2020 election results are in direct violation of the impermissible conditions clause of the Justice Manual. Notably, the trial of documents case is set to begin May 20th, 24, amid the race for the Republican presidential nomination. Well, it's not much of a race. I mean, it's a blowout at this point. And I think DeSantis thinks if he goes hard enough for Israel that somehow it's going to change everything. But, uh, you know, it's not like Trump's been in the, in the world of being good for Israel or being pro-Israel. In that world, you know, Trump is also very pro-Israel. So, like, who are you going to get to move over to your side? I don't think a lot of people. <clears throat> um, but anyway, we'll see. Um, he said, and now I'm sorry, but if you look at the timing of these indictments and you look at the timing of what they're trying to do with the trial and how they're scheduling things in these cases, the DOJ is violating its very own policies flagrantly uh, before contending that the American people see right through what they're doing. That is true, uh, according to polling. He drew a dichotomy between the perceptions of the case between Americans across the country versus the elite ruling class in D.C. In D.C., it's very much the case, oh gosh, you know, the chattering class and in the Georgetown parties and everything else. Everyone wants to talk about, oh, did you see this allegation in the indictment? Oh, did you see nuclear secrets? Nuclear secrets? Oh, by the way, there's a new nuclear secrets gay op narrative that was destroyed within hours. But of course, they're all repeating it. You know, the Young Turks, MSNBC, uh, the uh, homosexual prostitute from Miami Vice, they're all, they're all, or at least he dresses like one at least. Uh, Kyle Kalinske, that they're all repeating it. Oh, hey, did you see about the submarines? It's hilarious. It's fucking hilarious. And then they're like, ha, I can't believe Trump supporters aren't going along with this. Well, it's not true. I mean, that's really the issue here. You're just making stuff up. Anyway, the guy continued, but everyone knows this is being done for political purposes, each of the indictments, especially the federal ones. He opined the faith in the federal government among conservatives who have been following the Trump proceedings is shot. Yeah, it's definitely shot. I agree. I agree. Um, all right, let's get into what's going on in the Middle East now. Of course, take all of this with a grain of salt. There is, I, I don't think there is more propaganda than when there's wars. The propaganda, uh, whether it's Ukraine, Russia, or, or what's going on in Israel, it is like, it's thick. So, you know, I try to, I, I'm, especially since I fell for some of the propaganda coming out of China with the people passing out related to COVID, now I'm much more hesitant to uh, just kind of like jump to a conclusion. Um, now, with that said, there's obviously some things happening. Uh, there is a war, uh, Hamas. This is the part that I'm struggling with. How the fuck was Hamas able to do this? Like, that's really... And I'm not gonna. I'm not going by uh, my understanding. I'm gonna go by the people on the ground, okay? Who are also. I retweeted a video from this woman, uh, who is talking to people on the ground, who are like, "How did they not know that this was gonna happen?" Or even if they didn't know, how? Like from what I understand, there are sections where for six hours there was no military or police, while the Hamas soldiers are coming through. How is that possible? Everything that I've been told about how secure Israel is, it makes no sense. 
So I retweeted a video earlier. Uh, it's really the only thing I've commented on so far where this woman, and, and look, this woman might be good or bad. I have no idea, but the reason I retweeted her video is in the second half of the video, she asks questions that are good questions that we don't have answers for. I might actually play it, but let's go over this first. Now, of course, this is the Daily Wire, so you got to take everything with a grain of salt. With that said, I do think Hamas did invade Israel. I think that is happening. Um, but, of course, what's going on now is, is nonstop propaganda from both sides trying to get people emotional to support one side 100% and excuse any bad things that they do. That's what each side is doing right now. It's an information war. It's, uh, it's wild. Anyway, um, Israel declares a state of war as Palestinian terrorists launch a massive surprise attack on a Jewish holiday. How? Again, it's just, okay, it's a surprise attack. Israel declared an all-out state of war on Saturday after Palestinian terrorists reportedly fired thousands of rockets from inside Gaza. And while dozens of highly armed terrorists infiltrated parts of Israel, opening fire on innocent civilians, the attacks were carried out by Hamas, an Islamic terrorist group that is funded in part by Iran during the holiday of Simchat Torah and on Shabbat, the Jewish day of rest that observed by many in Israel. Terrorist Mohammed Diaf, Hamas's military chief, said that his militants fired 5,000 rockets into Israel as part of the Operation Al-Asqua storm. He called for surrounding Islamic nations to join the Palestinian terrorists in their attacks on Israel. Yeah, apparently the Taliban is asking Iran and other motherfuckers for, for permission to bring in their military equipment that, that the United States left. Now, here's the other thing about that. Let's say that plays out. Let's say suddenly the fucking Taliban with an army starts rolling up. You can't tell me that that shit was left there on accident. I'm sorry, I just don't buy that. I don't buy that, okay? Who the fuck leaves billions of dollars of military equipment in Afghanistan? That makes no sense. So it looks like there's gay ops afoot, which is generally how all this shit works anyway. Um, but uh, now I don't know if they've been given that permission, but really, like, what the hell? Yeah, are you kidding me with this shit? Anyway. Israel Defense Forces released a map only a few hours into the attack that showed all the places where rockets from the attack had landed. The IDF suggested the number of rockets fired into Israel was approximately 2,500. Uh, an exact number of fatalities was unknown during the early stages of the attack, although it is expected to be high. But local reports said that hundreds of people were injured in the attacks, and that number is expected to grow. Hamas the uh, de defense minister said Hamas made a grave mistake this morning and started a war against the state of Israel. IDF soldiers are fighting the enemy at all the infiltration sites. Gallant says in remarks provided by his office, the state of Israel will win this war, he said. The IDF said that Hamas's terrorist organization will pay a heavy price for the actions. Images and videos circulating on social media that were reported on by various newswires, major newspapers, and local publications showed horrifying scenes as rockets smashed into the side of residential buildings. Cars and at least one military tank were on fire. Numerous bodies lay on the ground in pools of blood. The bodies of Israeli soldiers were desecrated by Palestinians, and Islamic terrorists roamed the street hunting for Israeli citizens. There were also reports that hostages may have been taken, Israeli soldiers and potentially civilians. This, that does seem to be the case. But again, again, like I said, that seems to be the case. Um, but I, based on how 
the propaganda is thick, I'm going to reserve until things are confirmed. But it does seem like it's not unreasonable for people to think that's 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 what they're doing. It does seem like that. Um, and it appears that the terrorists were able to steal significant military hardware from Israel. How the fuck is that fucking possible? How is that possible? I'm sorry. Like, this is bullshit. This is obvious bullshit, okay? So, let me actually, let's get into, there's a really good, I think a good video because of the questions this woman is asking. I don't know who she is. I don't think it matters. What matters is she asks good questions. Let me bring up my Twitter account. Let's check this video out. It's only like five minutes. Okay. By the way, if there are good answers to these questions, then I will say this is not bullshit and it's exactly how they're saying. Okay. All, all I'm asking for are these questions to be answered. It doesn't have to be today. doesn't have to be today. So hopefully this wasn't deleted. So let's just have a look. Oh, God damn it. Oh, no, it's here. Okay, it is here. Okay, here we go. Let's check this out. The second half is the best part. October 7th, 2023. This is Afat Fenningson, and I'm here to share an update from Israel-Hamas war, which started this morning. I'm going to share some key details and concerns mostly based on Israeli citizens' voices from the ground and based on official statements. This is a very tough day for me and for us in Israel, and it is tough for people of Palestine too, especially now that Israel is starting to attack back. This war and every war is a horrible thing for everyone involved, except for those who get rich from it, right? This morning, around 6 a.m., Around sunrise, hundreds of Hamas terrorists, at least 300, breached the border fence in multiple places, completely unimpeded, leading to terror attacks and kidnappings in Israeli towns or villages. The terrorists infiltrated a significant number of dryland outposts, as well as a naval, naval infiltration point in Zikim. As we speak, Israel is actively engaged in combat in 22 outposts. This is from the IDF statement, the official statement. The attacks have already resulted in over 100 casualties and more than 100 kidnaps of Israeli citizens. In one village, 50 Israelis have been taken hostage, leaving people locked in shelters for long periods of eight to nine hours without rescue. By the way, the 100 kidnappings is not the official number. It's what we hear from people on the ground. I think official numbers talk about 30 or 40 people, but we know there are more. Um, in some places, the terrorists were burning the village and people didn't know if to leave the shelter and surrender or stay and pray for the fire to not reach them. Many young people who were in a big outdoor party near the Gaza Envelope villages were attacked there. Some ran away, some were injured, and some are still missing. Apparently, Israeli defense forces that were supposed to be around Gaza were placed around the West Bank because of security concerns so that the, the Gaza Envelope was left unoccupied with military. They say around 60 to 80 percent of that area was left without the IDF forces that were supposed to be there. Soldiers are being recruited for reserves as we speak from uh, this morning, but because of stupid reasons such as no public transport, they're waiting hours to get to the bases. Mainstream media, this is an interesting point, apparently uh, admits that IDF spokesperson is forbidding 
them to tell the complete truth about what's happening, highlighting a lack of transparency. And this is to the Israeli citizens. I'm not even talking about overseas. I'm talking about to the people of Israel here. For hours and hours, the reports that came from the mainstream media were completely lacking and people started to rely mostly on the news from each other, from people on the ground. Only now, 6 p.m. Israel time, or it's actually 7 already, uh, 12 hours after the event started, we received the first formal statement from the IDF spokesperson, and I will include an article with that statement in the notes. A year ago, there was a military operation in Gaza to prepare for such events, and ongoingly there are trainings for these kind of scenarios. This raises serious questions for me, anyway, about Israeli intelligence, what happened? Two years ago, there, were, um, there was a successful deployment of underground barriers with sensors to alert exactly on these kind of terrorist breaches. Israel has one of the most advanced and high-tech armies. How come there was zero response to the border and fence Good breaching? Question. I cannot understand Great that. Question. Personally, I served in the IDF 25 years ago in the intelligence forces. There's no way, in my view, that Israel did not know of what's coming. A cat moving alongside the fence is triggering all forces. So this? What happened to the strongest army in the world? How come border crossings were wide open? Something is very wrong here. Something is very strange. This chain of events is very unusual and not typical for the Israeli defense system. With the recent normalization efforts of Israel and Palestine led by Saudi Arabia, I wonder whether a prisoner's exchange deal is something that could only be seriously considered by Israel if a shocking event like that happened. Is it a possibility? that only with Israel hostages it can be justified to release dangerous prisoners from Israeli prisons? I don't know. Mainstream media reported that Deputy Hamas leader Salah al-Aruri suggests using Israeli prisoners for leverage in negotiations, so maybe. A point about the situation in Israel in the past few years which I want to make is related to uh, and those who follow me know that there's a general sense of insecurity in Israel, there's political and social instability and unrest, public funds are being misused on agendas such as COVID, climate, ju judicial reform, abolishing cash, and many more. The current government is highly corrupt in my view, while the previous one was no better. I don't care about having a popular opinion. I care about exposing evil forces wherever and whomever they are. So to me, this surprise attack seems like a planned operation on all fronts. This is a failure to protect the people of Israel, for sure. Perhaps the biggest failure since the Yom Kippur War exactly 50 years ago, if not bigger. By the way, is it a coincidence it's exactly 50 years ago, almost on the day? The Yom Kippur War was on October 6, 1973. If I was a conspiracy theorist, I would say that this feels like the work of the deep state. It feels like the people of Israel and the people of Palestine have been sold once again to the higher powers that be. At the same time, this is still very, very difficult to fathom. Have a good evening.
Yeah, so, uh, you know, totally open to those questions being answered. If people have a reasonable explanation, no problem. But uh, that's basically where I'm at on this, that uh, there are some things that make absolutely no fucking sense. And uh, so then, of course, the, the fallout from this, you had Trump come out, uh, slammed Biden as Iran-backed Hamas invades Israel. Um Donald Trump blasted Joe Biden Saturday morning after I, after Hamas, Iran-backed Hamas terrorists invaded Israel with an unprecedented attack. Um, the attack, which comes a month after Biden gave Iran access to six billion, prompted uh, Netan to declare that Israel is at war as the IDF launched Operation Swords of Iron to defend the country from the terrorists. Trump slammed the, the Biden administration for tearing down the Abraham Accords, the Trump-negotiated Middle East peace deal, and for allowing Israel's enemy Iran to gain access to billions of dollars in a prisoner exchange last month. Yeah, but they only bought food. It's no, don't worry about it. No big deal, according to Matthew Miller and the regime propagandists. They would never do anything with that. He said, uh, these Hamas attacks are a disgrace, and Israel has every right to defend itself with overwhelming force. Sadly, American taxpayer dollars helped fund these attacks, which many reports are saying came from the Biden administration. We brought so much peace to the Middle East through the Abraham Accords, only to see Biden whittle it away at a far more rapid pace than anyone thought possible. Here we go again. Iran is a prolific state sponsor of terrorism, but was hampered by strict U.S. sanctions from Trump uh, when he pulled out of the Iran nuclear deal in 2018, with, which was no, uh, negotiated by the bathhouse Barry Biden administration. Trump scrapped the deal over concerns that the agreement would allow Iran to construct a nuclear weapon. The Biden administration has tried to revive the Iran nuclear deal, but negotiations have been tabled for months. The White House has prioritized stalling relations with Iran to restore the agreement, and the prisoner swap was likely an attempt by both sides at some de-escalation. On Saturday morning, Hamas launched a surprise uh, attack, and then it just goes into the... Uh, various uh, reactions, and then Biden uh, offers unwavering commitment to Israel. Biden released a statement Saturday saying he spoke to Netan and reiterated his unwavering commitment to Israel's security in the wake of an unprecedented attack carried out by Hamas. This attack comes a month after Biden gave Iran access to $6 billion. Biden said, today I spoke with Netan about the appalling Hamas terrorist attacks in Israel offered our support and reiterated my unwavering commitment to Israel's security. Flotus and I express our, help, our, our, help, our heartfelt condolences to the families who have loved lost ones. Netan's office released a statement saying that Joe Biden emphasized America's support for its allies in the wake of the unprecedented attack by Palestinian terrorists. The statement said, quote, U.S. President Joe Biden called Prime Minister Netan and emphasized that the U.S. stands by Israel and fully supports Israel's right to defend itself. The Prime Minister thanked the U.S. President for his unreserved support and made it clear a prolonged and powerful campaign would be required in which Israel would win. Uh, Netan declared that Israel's at war Saturday and the IDF launched Operation Swords of Iron, so they're probably going to just uh, glass uh, the entire Gaza Strip, but uh, we'll see. Um, so yeah, there we go, and it's going to be interesting to see if other countries get involved. But it does look like a gay op is afoot, and uh, nonstop propaganda, and of course with that are horrifying pictures of completely insane shit. 
And, uh, yeah, so I guess we'll just see how this plays out. But uh, it's fucked up. Very fucked up. Okay. Um, now, this is... It, it's not a coincidence... You know, it, I guess this goes on the back burner, uh, but uh, it's not a coincidence that you have Biden giving a speech about how dangerous Trump voters are, how they're terrorists, and then the FBI has Newsweek release that they've, they have a new form of terrorist designation, that is Trump supporters. And now Hillary, it's, it, when Hillary and Bathhouse say shit publicly, there's usually action that takes place. So like, for example, when Bathhouse comes out, Bathhouse Barry Obama, uh, when he comes out to um, complain about there's not enough censorship, there's usually a ratcheting up of the censorship. So now you have this fucking horror coming out. Hillary Clinton suggests formal deprogramming of MAGA. So this is uh, this is no good. This is no good. Looks like the twice failed presidential candidate Hillary Clinton still isn't over her 2016 loss, and still hasn't come to grips with the fact that millions of Americans detest her worldview. On Thursday night, Clinton sat down with CNN International's propagandist Christina Amanpour to discuss a range of issues, including former President Trump's sustained popularity. While discussing the divide within the GOP, Clinton spouted off that so many of those extremists, those MAGA extremists, again, none of them are extremists, this is just totally made up, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. Bitch, fuck you. You're one of the most evil people in the world. You have no fucking credibility. She continued, he's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. Yeah, they're bullshit, and who cares? Trump has faced a wave of lawfare against him ever since leaving the Oval Office and is currently facing four indictments carrying 91 charges. All of that left Clinton wondering, when do they break with him? Quote, you know, because at some point, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members, but something needs to happen. Yeah, that's insane. You know what's interesting? Watching the DeSantis shells take a very similar tone. The Dave Rubens, the, the um, Bill Mitchells, all of them. Uh, they're going to go, when, if, if, now the problem that they have is they can't really round us up because there's too many guns, okay? And that's going to get ugly so fast that they're, they're going to be faced with the question, do we deal with the optics of us as a regime slaughtering our own citizens, okay? our own innocent citizens, are we going to, on the world stage, do that in front of everyone? Can, uh, that's gonna, now, if their answer to that is yes, that wouldn't really surprise me, but that's a heavy thing, right? So I, I think they have that problem. Um, I, I don't expect that, but I, I bet you, not only the Chank Ugers of the world and the David Packmans of the world and the Kokolinskis of the world, but the supposedly conservatives of the world, the Bill Mitchells, the Dave Rubens, they're going to go along with it too. They are absolutely going to go along with it. And it is going to be a hell of a thing to watch. But we'll see. It's a big move, you know, but they're talking like they're going to do it. Now, they've done it to a certain degree. You have a couple Trump supporters raided over spicy memes who were executed. You have, um, you have um, you know, anti-abortion people having their homes raided. You know, there's, a, the, there's the electors in multiple states that they're arresting and prosecuting over total bullshit. So things are happening. But um, are they willing to do it at the scale that they need to? 
I don't know. I think it's 50-50. I think it's 50-50. The clip sparked outrage on social media, with many arguing her comments were downright anti-American. Charles Payne said, This is beyond arrogance. It's scary. You know, conversations are planning and happening among the elite. This goes against the ethos of America. The establishment is losing in the arena of ideas, despite control of all the levers of influence. That's true. That is exactly what's happening. Our re-education camps next, this could end in bloodshed. Yeah. Then we have uh, a professor. He says, the idea that people could believe that there are multiple human sexes, COVID lockdowns were a necessary good, and 10,000 unarmed black men are killed by cops every year, need to deprogram us really is resist at all costs insane. Another person says, this is not America. This is un-American. This is an utter rejection of what millions of American citizens hold dear. This is not what we believe in. These people are sick, but they are, are they are coordinating and acting in unprecedented ways every day now. Yeah, they really are. In the same interview, Clinton argued that there's clearly a common sense part of the Republican caucus in the House and argued that those who recently voted with Democrats to continue funding the government were an example of Republicans she approved of. Back then, at an unnamed time, perhaps the 90s, she vilified her critics as being part of a vast right-wing conspiracy, she said, there were disagreements, but there wasn't this little tale of extremism wagging the dog of the Republican Party. There's simply no extremism, you dumb whore. Um, she says, for the little tale of extremism, or no, Jordan Peterson said, for the little tale of extremism, uh, there Hillary uh, looked no further than Kamala Harris and the band of Democrats and their useful idiots promoting equity. Um, so, yeah, it is insane what's happening. And... Uh, who knows? Who knows what's going to happen next? It's ridiculous. Uh, they have another um, freakazoid pedophile homosexual in the Biden regime. Biden official Tyler Cherry has history of anti-police rhetoric spreading Russiagate hoax on social media. Um, on Thursday, problematic posts from the Department of Interior senior spokesman Tyler Cherry resurfaced on Twitter while requests for comments from the Biden administration were unanswered. According to Fox News, posts from Cherry's past include posts about the U.S. being a racist country, calling police officers a direct evolution of slave patrols, that's totally made up, along with promoting the Russiagate scandal in multiple posts. In one post from April 2015, after the death of Freddie Gray while in police custody, Cherry wrote, praying for Baltimore, but praying even harder for an end to a capitalistic police state motivated by explicit implicit, implicit racial biases. In another, from January 2015, he wrote, police equals slave patrols, voter ID equals poll taxes, NAACP bombing equals KKK bombings, neither slavery nor Jim Crow were that long ago, we just evolved. On October 5th, lives at TikTok posted pictures of several posts that Cherry made. In the past, one of the posts read, Extra heavy sigh. Truth is there's no substantial white power movement in this country. Trump uh, won the election because of economics. Wrong. In another post, he asked why his whole family is racist. So again, these are fringe extremists, and uh, everyone around them disagrees with them, but uh, they do have the levers of power. He posted a year later about how he ruined Thanksgiving the year before by sparring with my uncle about systemic racism and police brutality. And then there's, of course, tons of pictures of him uh, being a, a homosexual freak. Um, the White House responded to a request for comment from the advocate about the people highlighting the previous posts. The spokesperson said no one should be targeted simply for being themselves. 
Sexual predators should be targeted with criticism, 100%. Uh, Chaya Reichik is doing nothing wrong, and uh, you're hiring sick freaks, and you shouldn't, okay? Uh, they said it's cruel and unacceptable. This is an administration that believes to our core in the principle that out of many we are one, and we are proud that people who serve in it reflect those values as well. Tyler is an invaluable member of our team who continues to deliver the Department of Interior and the American people. It's total bullshit. And uh, what they're doing is, so Chaya Reichick calls out uh, groomers and pedophiles. And um, so there's a media narrative that she's causing bomb threats to happen. And uh, so we'll see what happens with that. But it could be something like that that's used as a predicate to start rounding up Trump supporters because uh, they oppose, uh, you know, groomers and they pretend that they're violent. They pretend that Trump supporters are violent. Uh, Trump endorses Jim Jordan for the Speaker of the House. Former President Trump endorsed Jim Jordan to be the next Speaker of the House. After a small number of Republicans teamed up with the entire House Democrat caucus to oust Kevin McCarthy, the endorsement came after reports from Thursday that said that Trump was considering traveling to Capitol Hill next week. Uh, we read his, uh, his words the other night. Before Trump made the endorsement, numerous top Republicans signaled they were backing Jordan over House Minority Leader, uh, Majority Leader Steve Scalise. All right, that's fine. So yeah, Jordan, you know, that's fine. I don't have a problem with Jordan being Speaker. He says good stuff. We'll see if he can actually deliver anything. But it does look like it'll be uh, Jordan. Um, let me see, what else do we have? Okay, this is an interesting article from Revolver. You might recall uh, Fields and the... Um, the Charlottesville narrative. This is very interesting reporting from Revolver. Did the feds groom this autistic kid and destroy his life? Many of us remember the Charlottesville events, mainly because it is the lie that keeps on giving. The left loved to spread disinformation about what happened that day and claim that President Trump called neo-Nazis very fine people. That never happened, but of course, that won't stop Joe Biden from claiming it's real at least once a month. As a matter of fact, his entire 2020 basement campaign centered around that lie, and he's using it again in 2024. And our useless state-run propaganda media won't call him out on it. But was that the only lie that unfolded in Charlottesville? Perhaps not. There appears to be a lot of questions swirling around the case of an autistic man by the name of James Fields, who was arrested for murder after he plowed his car into a crowd of violent left-wing Antifa radicals. It all began on the night of August 11, 2017, when a right-wing extremist group gathered in Charlottesville, Virginia. They marched with tiki torches and chanted, You will not replace us. The following day, they protested near the downtown mall against the city council's push to remove Confederate monuments. Even though the group obtained the necessary permits, they still encountered violent Antifa counter-protesters, some of whom were armed with makeshift weapons. One left-wing activist named Dwayne Dixon carried a gun, using it to patrol the area and intimidate anyone who disagreed with him. In a tragic turn of events, a 20-year-old autistic Ohio man named James Alex Fields Jr. was encircled by violent Antifa protesters. In response, James drove his car into the crowd, causing the death of Antifa member Heather Heyer and injuries to several others. Many supporters of Mr. Fields contend that his car was being struck with weapons, and due to Mr. Dixon's brandishing his weapon, Mr. Fields believes he was under fire. In addition, there has been online speculation and conspiracy theories surrounding Ms. Heyer's cause of death, with some suggesting that her obesity may have played a role. It's possible she suffered a heart attack instead of getting directly struck by the car and then suffering cardiac arrest. 
Nevertheless, Mr. Fields was convicted of murder by a jury and is now sentenced to spend the remainder of his life in prison. This is the photo that the media constantly ran of Miss Heyer. As you can see, it doesn't even look like the same person. Now, thanks to a new book and a Freedom of Information request, we we're discovering that the groups Mr. Fields was associated with were actually infiltrated by the FBI. Considering what we've come to understand about the FBI strategies, such as those seen in January 6th and the Whitmer kidnapping case, there's speculation about whether this vulnerable autistic young man was possibly manipulated by the FBI, leading to the total destruction of his life and media headlines that fit their narrative. Uh, in this era of widespread distrust of the FBI by a majority of Americans, it's a fair question that deserves to be explored. Last week, Headline USA revealed that a longtime FBI informant co-founded one of America's oldest and largest neo-Nazi groups, the National Socialist Movement, which participated and committed violence in the 2017 Charlottesville Unite the Right rally. With only a little over 20 NSM members at Charlottesville, the group's involvement could at first blush be viewed as relatively minor if viewed in isolation. But that's far from the whole story. Court records further show that NSM was part of a larger neo-Nazi coalition called the Nationalist Front, an alliance comprising a number of other groups at Charlottesville that were alleged in, uh, allegedly infiltrated by the FBI, including the Confederate Hammerskins and the League of the South. Moreover, a, four member, a fourth member of the FBI-linked National Front the now-defunct Vanguard America was seen marching with James Field, the man who murdered counter-protester Heather Heyer with his car, according to th this article. Vanguard America has since mutated into yet another group widely believed to be infiltrated by the FBI, the Patriot Front. This is Patriot Front, a group that many believe is crawling with the feds. The headline uh, USA piece goes on. The accusations about the League of the South and the Confederate Hammerskins comes from former NSM members and convicted felon Bill White. As Headline USA reported last week, the prison inmate's accusations are newsworthy because he provided FBI memos and affidavits to support at least some of his claims, and because the U.S. government has retaliated against him for his disclosures. In a FIA Act lawsuit in 2017, White cited the book Undercover Nazi, written by former FBI informant David Gleddy, to support his allegation that the League of the South and Confederate Hammerskins were infiltrated by the FBI. He says, I know from Gleddy's book that the FBI used the NSM to infiltrate a group of Confederate Hammerskins in Florida, um, whose FIA lawsuit was ultimately unsuccessful for procedural reasons. White further noted that Gleddy was tasked to infiltrate the League of the South, according to Undercover Nazi. There is no doubt that the Patriot Front has been infiltrated by the feds. One former member admitted that he worked with the FBI and passed along information. As Headline USA reported, one of its former members admitted to being an FBI informant in court documents earlier this month. That admission follows the Patriot Front's disclosure earlier this year that it had been infiltrated by a leftist. Additionally, undercover FBI agents have been spotted at Patriot Front rallies, and records show that the group has monitored and likely, and therefore likely infiltrated uh, for more than a year before dozens of its members were arrested for allegedly plotting a riot in Idaho. 
Patriot Front members and groups and the now-defunct Nationalist Front have all denied working with law enforcement. The Confederate Hammerskins could not be reached for comment, while the League of the South did not respond. Vanguard is also reportedly denied that Fields was a member. It is not a stretch to wonder if that young, vulnerable, autistic kid could have been groomed by FBI informants or undercover agents online and led down a very dangerous path into areas he was not able to mentally cope with or properly handle. We saw this very thing happen with the Whit Whitmer kidnapping fiasco, where there are more feds and informants than actual legit suspects, and many of the men involved had mental issues. Uh, so, yeah, I, I would not be surprised if this was the case, and this is probably what the FBI is going to do in whatever false flag terrorist attack that they blame on MAGA. I imagine they're working on one right now as we speak. Okay, moving on here. Uh, heart disease risk skyrockets in trans people taking hormones, according to a study. Oh, so the, the totally reversible, safe and effective hormones aren't aren't? Oh, I can't believe it. The risk of heart disease spikes significantly when taking cross-sex hormones, according to a Danish study published in August. The study, published in the European Journal of Endocrinology, looked at 2,671 uh, transgender male and female individuals in their early to mid-20s who were taking cross-sex hormones and based in Denmark over a five-year period. The results of the research revealed that both transgender men and women developed a significantly increased risk of developing high blood pre pressure and high cholesterol and were more likely to have heart attacks and strokes. Uh, they're probably going to bully these people into retracting the study. That's probably what will happen. Males on transgender hormones were 93% more likely to develop a heart issue than men not taking hormones and 73% more likely than biological women, according to the Telegraph. Biological women taking testosterone were found to be 63% more likely to have heart disease than women not taking hormone treatments and have over twice the risk of developing a heart condition as biological men. The researchers uh, compared the results with a control group of 26,700 and sent uh, the study findings to the European Association for the study of diabetes, according to the Telegraph. Dr. Dorte Glintborg, one of the study's authors from Odense University Hospital in Denmark, said that roughly a third of the risk for biological men was due to the hormones they were taking. Glintborg told the Daily Caller that it should not result in no medication, but we should screen for risk factors for cardiovascular disease and discuss risk with the patients. Um, Glintborg also warned that Transgender people are at an increased risk for type 2 diabetes due to taking hormones, but said that more research is needed. She noted that cross-sex hormones do not fully explain why biological women were experiencing a higher risk as well. In June, researchers found that a cross-sex hormone treatment typically used by transitioning females can lead to dementia. A study from the Journal of the American Medical Association also determined that transitioning biological males who get sex change surgeries are at a higher risk of suicidal behavior and psychiatric morbidity. Another August study found that the number of teenagers getting sex change surgeries increased significantly from 2016 to 2019, something that the uh, evil fucking propagandists pretend is not happening. Kids from the ages of 12 to 18 made up 3,678 of the 48,000 patients over the four years, with 405 of those patients getting genital surgery. So what these pieces of shit will do is they'll say, well, there's only 400 patients that got genital surgery. Incredible. 
All right, let's, uh, this isn't surprising, but I'm glad that he talked about it because he has a very large platform. So Joe Rogan, uh, in front of millions and millions of people, uh, revealed that California schools were trying to indoctrinate his five-year-old into being an activist. Uh, he made the remarks on his podcast. He said the schools where he lives now in Texas are good, in contrast to the problematic schools in California. Rogan said the California school that he took his children to hired someone that came in and taught them that they have to be anti-racist and it's not good enough to not be racist. And he says, it's like my kids aren't racist at all. Like, what are you doing? Uh, like, what are you putting into their head that they have to be an anti-racist and call out racism? They were trying to make kids activists. At, like, I'm like, hey, they're five. They don't even care. They want friends. They don't give a fuck what their friends look like. They're trying to have a good time. They're five. They're just playing. Like, you're pumping in, you're indoctrinating them into this woke, guilt-ridden ideology that you're carrying around with you, and you feel like you have an obligation to impose this on children. Our goals should have always been what the goals were that liberals had in the 60s and 17s, excuse me, 60s and 70s, which is a colorblind society like MLK's notion that we should treat people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Well, that's considered racist now. He said some of the other woke shit that was going on in the school included teachers trying to ask kids what their pronouns were. So, you know, good that that got a lot of exposure. Uh, and uh, we'll see what happens, I imagine. Um, the media, I mean, there's a lot going on, but perhaps the media will try to make an example out of him. Um, so with Jim Jordan likely to be Speaker of the House, they're going to roll out this gay op narrative that's totally made up about Jim Jordan covering up sex abuse and what's interesting is this eggless whore from the view had to read a legal note and i i hope they force the young turks to do the same thing although you know the young turks no no one really gives a fuck about it anymore um although it's interesting to see sitch and adam uh have chank on for a total softball interview they are clearly helping the young turks try to change their image and it's fascinating to watch, but we'll, you know, we'll probably get into that at, a, at another time. Sonny Hostin, uh, the eggless whore, launched into a tirade against Jim Jordan after news broke that he was among the Republicans vying to become the next House Speaker, a tirade that ended with her being forced to clarify with a legal note. Hostin made the comments during Thursday's broadcast of Retard Roundtable, referring to, it's afternoons on ABC, referring to Jordan as a political terrorist and claiming that he had been linked to a sex abuse scandal at Ohio State University. The conversation began with the historic ouster of Kevin McCarthy. So this dumb whore said, quote, I will just say about Jim Jordan, you know, he has been called by his own party, by John Bonner, uh, a political terrorist. He's also been linked to the Ohio State sexual abuse scandal. I testified in front of Congress about something so simple. Cameras in the courtrooms. He came in late. He looked disheveled, and he immediately was screaming and yelling and terrorized me and other experts on the panel. Shut the fuck up. Hostin went on to claim that the terrorist was exactly the right word, calling Jordan a chaos agent. <clears throat> well, that's okay. I, I have no problem if, uh, if a guy comes into office and labels regime propagandist criminals and puts them in jail. So we're on the same page. She said, the thought of him being Speaker of the House, I think, leads to more chaos. Well, that would be great. Um, 
As the segment wrapped up, Hostin was directed to read a legal note, clarifying her statement about Jordan specifically that he said he did not know anything about the sex abuse scandal when he worked at Ohio State. She says, I have a legal note. Representative Jim Jordan has denied that he knew about the sexual abuse of wrestlers during his years working at Ohio State. Uh, Congressman Jordan never saw any abuse, never heard about any abuse, and never had any abuse reported to him in his time as coach at Ohio State, his office said in a statement. So, yeah, but they don't care. They're going to uh, continue. They're going to continue their bullshit. Now, this is a fantastic article by Revolver that I hope gets into the hands of the right people. Now, they've written articles like this before and nothing happened. They've also written articles where things have happened. So they do have some influence. Um, hopefully, they follow this like a fucking playbook because this is what's necessary, okay? The definitive MAGA legal counteroffensive striking back against the regime's political prosecution spree. A politicized, weaponized justice system has replaced the problem of big tech censorship as the top threat both to the political prospects of American patriots and to American liberty as such. The supposedly nonpartisan DOJ is still hunting down January 6 offenders as part of what is what it proudly called the most wide-ranging investigation in department history, then slapping those convicted with decade-long sentences. When it's not hunting down J6ers, the DOJ is imprisoning 2016 meme makers and, of course, indicting Trump with the Ku Klux Klan Act. Now the DOJ has an aggressive Fannie Willis acting in concert with it, excuse me, ass Willis, charging nearly 20 Trump associates, not just with Georgia election crimes, but with far-reaching national election conspiracy. In Michigan, the eggless whore AG has targeted Trump's alternate slate of 2020 electors for using the same legal gambit as JFK's Hawaii electors 60 years ago. As we've pointed out repeatedly, such utter violations of the letter and spirit of an impartial legal system are the stuff in which banana republics are made. The one-sided nature of such disgraceful legal attacks is almost as offensive as the attacks themselves. The Democrats and their allies bury their hatred, or excuse me, bury their hated political enemies in sham criminal indictments, and the Republicans respond so far with nothing but impotent indigna indignation. Some wiser conservatives are voicing the uncomfortable reality that the problem will only get worse unless such retaliation takes place. There must be tit-for-tat, a real cost associated with the Democrats' abuse of the legal system in such an extremely destructive manner. Charlie Kirk penned an excellent piece to this effect for the Federalists shortly after Fulton County's ass Willis dropped the fourth criminal indictment of the year against Trump. There is a rising call for a hero like Texas AG Ken Paxton, who recently fended off an attempted coup by the Bush dynasty in Texas to start hammering the criminal Democrats with retaliatory indictments of his own. To be sure, Democrats control the White House and, by extension, the DOJ. But America is a union of 50 states, and 23 of them have unified Republican control. America has 3,000 counties, and the overwhelming majority of them vote Republican and are thus likely to have conservative prosecutors. So where are our criminal cases? American patriots see Donald Trump assailed from every side and wonder, where is our Jack Smith? Where is our Fannie Willis? Just without the eights. Where are our normal people uh, without the aid who, who can do something? Some are so desperate that they sigh and wonder if the GOP could at least have its own Alvin Bragg. 
After all, if Donald Trump can be slapped with four different indictments, including one at the state level and another at a local level, why isn't there a single non-federal indictment against Hunter Biden where there is direct photographic evidence of his many misdeeds? If the DA of Westchester County, New York, is investigating Project Veritas founder James O'Keefe, why does there never seem to be an investigation of BLM or the SPLC or the ADL? Even if they don't know the exact details, Americans can tell there is an imbalance. Sure, they have been, there's been plenty of lawsuits against overreach by the Biden administration, but no shady nonprofits are getting scourged into bankruptcy. No Democrats are going to jail. Well, let's not just complain. How do we fix it? While this is by no means an exhaustive exercise, we have taken the liberty of finding a few contenders to take action. Here's a bonus. We're going to give you specific names. Steve Marshall, Attorney General of Alabama, Target Southern Poverty Law Center. See, this is what the fuck I'm talking about. But, you know, now look, I have no illusions. The Republicans' job is to hold our heads still while the Democrats sharpen their swords. So they're probably not going to do any of this. But this is what's necessary. This is just the beginning of what's necessary, quite frankly. Over the last couple of years, the ADL has garnered far more attention than its anti-hate rival, the Southern Poverty Law Center. But the SPLC remains a powerful and enormously wealthy node of the left with its pile of available cash exceeding $700 million. The SPLC's hate group designations, instead of being treated as the ideologically motivated trash that they are, have in the past won FBI approval and have been used to justify online censorship and more. In reality, of course, it is the SPLC that is a hate group for all practical purposes, and its work promoting deplatforming and censorship means that it, 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 that it effectively conspires against the rights of U.S. citizens. Much like the left dreams of destroying the NRA or the Federalist Society, it would be good to defang the SPLC. And fortunately, this is a very reasonable thing to imagine. Other liberals have been calling out the SPLC as a highly questionable organization for decades. In 2019, former SPLC staffer Bob Moser described the SPLC as a con that was ripping off donors. All the way back to 1996, the head of another progressive nonprofit described founders Morris D. as a fraud and a con man. But there's no reason to stop at the organization potentially shady finances. In 2019, the SPLC fired founder Morris D.'s and alleged a pattern of both harassment and discrimination. The group promised a sweeping investigation with a full report, and of course, neither happened. Instead, as soon as attention wandered somewhere else, the whole matter was buried. Why not unbury it? Surely Alabama officials don't want their state to be a haven for harassment and discrimination. There's more. During the trial of Douglas Mackey for making illegal memes in the 2016 election, the SPLC menaced one of Mackey's planned character witnesses, Professor George Hawley of the University of Alabama. Just before Mackey was to testify, the SPLC planned to release a hit piece against Hawley, threatening his career to keep him from testifying. The gambit worked and Hawley backed out. In essence, the SPLC engaged in witness tampering, and guess what? That is a crime. There is a simple reason the SPLC should not be able to exist in the state of perfect impunity. It is based in Montgomery, Alabama. In case you weren't aware, Alabama, Alabama is a red state with a Republican Attorney General, Steve Marshall. Hey Steve, would it kill you to shoot some subpoenas their way? Just as a start? 
Now we have Ken Paxton, Attorney General, Texas, and Susan West, District Attorney, Valverde County. The target, Alejandro Mayorkas. Texas, you may have noticed, is in a battle of wills with the Biden administration over the border. Specifically, Texas would prefer the border to be secured, while the Biden regime would prefer the border remain open while pretending via fig leaf to be enforcing it. But sometimes a f the fig le leaf slips. Governor Abbott formally declared an evasion along the Texas border on September 20th. Abbott openly accused Biden of violating the U.S. Constitution. But Biden can safely ignore attacks like that, you know. What would get a lot more attention? Accuse his DHS secretary of breaking the law. Title V, Chapter 20A of the Texas Criminal Code contains the state's ban on human trafficking. It is bluntly, rather broadly worded. It covers not just the forcible or coercive transportation of people for forced labor, labor or prostitution, but also anyone who receives a benefit from participating in a venture that engage, engages in human trafficking. America's deliberately porous borders amount to a $13 billion a year windfall for Mexico's cartels, and that's just for human trafficking alone. Mayorkas is literally ripping down the barriers that prevent human trafficking over the border for the obvious purpose of making sure this movement of people, guns, and drugs continues. How does he benefit? Well, mostly his ideology reaps a long-term political gain. Ten years ago, of course, we would have called this evil but not criminal. But now we live in an age where the Republican frontrunner for president can eat a RICO charge for telling people to watch an OAN clip. So come on, Ken, celebrate your impeachment victory by taking aim at a cabinet secretary. Of course, one obstacle exists due to quirks in the Texas state constitution dating back to Reconstruction. The state AG has a hard time bringing actual charges, um, actual criminal indictments, unless requested by a county-level DA. But that's fixable. While most of Texas's border counties have turned blue under a tidal wave of migrants, Valverde County does have a Republican DA, Suzanne West. That county is home to the city of Del Rio, where tens of thousands of Haitians flooded the U.S. in 2021. If any county in the U.S. is ready to slap Mayorkas with a human trafficking charge, it should be that one. Now we have Rachel Mitchell. District Attorney, Maricopa County, Target, Eric Holder. Fourteen years ago, the Obama Department of Justice perpetrated one of the most sinister projects in DOJ history, Operation Fast and Furious. The nominal objective of the program was to take down top drug cartel figures by deliberately allowing straw buyers to illegally purchase guns in Arizona, then tracking the guns back to Mexico until they ended up in the hands of cartel leaders who could then be arrested. But not a single cartel leader was ever taken down. Instead, thousands of guns simply went missing in the criminal underworld. Credible evidence has emerged suggesting the purpose of the program wasn't to track guns at all, but rather a pretext to, to secretly arm and empower the Sinaloa cartel with which the U.S. Gover uh, government entered into a strategic alliance with. In any case, criminals ended up using these guns to commit hundreds of crimes in Mexico, and in late 2020, an illegal Fast and Furious gun ended, up, ended the life of a Border Patrol agent, Brian Terry. This wave of crimes directly enabled by the federal government was then exploited by the ATF to call for an increase in gun control. It was all quite sinister, but despite being held in contempt of Congress, Holder escaped without ever being charged with a single crime. Maricopa County's DA could try changing that, though, with many of 
the illegal gun purchases taking place in Phoenix, there is ample case to be made that Holder and other senior DOJ figures like Robert Mueller deliberately aided and abetted illegal gun trafficking, not out of ordinary law enforcement discretion, but for the sake of political gain. But in the likely event that this case goes nowhere due to a statute of limitations, if nothing else, there's another option for targeting Holder. Jan Benettis, county prosecutor in Ada County. There may be other ways of holding the wretched Mr. Holder at least somewhat accountable. Since leaving the post of Attorney General, Holder has become a partner at Covington and Burling, a top U.S. law firm. One of Holder's specialties is conducting civil rights assessments of major U.S. companies to see if they're in compliance with American civil rights laws. But far from helping to purge discrimination, Holder and his team have signed off on policies that explicitly discriminate against and even totally exclude white men or other disfavored groups. Now, the most natural response would be to sue the companies engaging in anti-white discrimination, and red states and counties absolutely should. But since we're dreaming big here, what if a Republican DA also took aim at Holder himself for directly endorsing or encouraging all manner of discriminatory policies? Ada County, Ohio, the home of Boise, is just one contender. It was chosen because it has a, a city office and Holder signed off on city's program to give preferential financing to minority housing developers. But in theory, if this stunt has any validity at all, it could work in literally any county where city does business. Now you have Jason Myaris, the Attorney General of Virginia. Target, John Brennan. The utterly preposterous criminal case, case brought against Douglas Mackey this year rested upon an entirely novel claim that by posting an untrue meme mocking Democrat stupidity on Twitter, Mackey had conspired against the right to vote, thereby violating the 150-year-old Ku Klux Klan Act. Despite the unprecedented nature of that claim, a New York AIDS jury still convicted Mackey. And so, having acquired a proof-of-concept special prosecutor, Jack Smith picked the next target, Donald Trump and all of his 2020 close associates. The central charge for Smith's January 6th indictment against Trump is that by falsely contesting the 2020 results, Trump and others were conspiring to deprive Americans of their right to vote. It is gross, it is odious, but so far it's being allowed by the courts. You know, this is probably how they're going to round up Trump supporters. So if, so if they steal the election from Trump, they're probably going to take all the memes and all the opinions they don't like and use it as a pretext to arrest people. It's going to be like the it's going to be the meme version of January 6th. Continuing in the article. Well, if that's the case, then turnabout is fair play. In Virginia, it is a crime to conspire to hinder, block, or otherwise injure a person's right to vote. The original intent of these laws was aimed at racial terrorism by groups like the Klan, but the same is true for the law used against Mackey and Trump. So why not bring charges against John Brennan, James Clapper, or any of the other 50-plus intelligence officials who signed a letter dishonestly claiming the obviously real Hunter Biden laptop was a Russian disinformation ploy. When the standard is simply that lying during an election is assault to the right to vote, aren't Democrats far more culpable than any Republican? Having floated some plausible ideas, we are now obliged to mention the hazards of this proposed strategy. In truth, criminal indictments aren't something you can just whip up on the spot. Not even the left has been doing that. While political timing was no doubt a major factor, one reason all four lawfare indictments against Trump landed in 2023 rather than 2021 is that Democrats took the time to very cautiously build their cases for maximum effectiveness. Patriots, 
patriots must be open to doing the same. So here's the honest truth. The odds of getting criminal indictments to stick on anyone using state AGs or local DAs without controlling the federal DOJ as well and without a lot of preparatory work to justify charges is pretty slim. But the fact that something is difficult is no excuse not to do as much as possible to make it possible. Furthermore, working now to make indictments easier will make them easier to bring when the political environment hopefully becomes more amendable. So before closing this piece, it's worth knowing having a practical education in how state-level left-wing lawfare works. When assessing the left's long-term lawfare strategy, and especially when looking for tactics to imitate, the place to start isn't Fulton County or even Jack Smith. Instead, the model to look towards is the New York Attorney General's office. This is for two reasons. First, state AG offices are where the American right has the most power and the most potential to act both right now and in the future. So it makes far more sense to look to other states for inspiration than the federal or urban level. Secondly, the New York AG has been running an explicitly ideological operation for far longer than the Biden DOJ or Ass Willis's Fulton Funhouse. If you want a model for how state law enforcement agency can seamlessly blend enforcing the law with political objectives, New York is the gold standard. Ambitious lawyers have been using the office as a stepping stone to national progressive stardom for nearly three uninterrupted decades. Elliot Spitzer spent two terms as AG before becoming governor and throwing it all away on high-priced hookers. Andrew Cuomo spent one term as AG before becoming governor and losing it all by saying that if he were a dog, he would mount a female staffer. Cuomo's successor, Eric Schneiderman, was such a vocal, aggressive legal foe of Trump that in the first days of Trump's terms, Politico labeled him the leader of the Trump resistance. Well, until he too became a sac sacrificial ram, excuse me, sacrificial lamb to me too in 2018, opening the door for Letitia James in the in the 1990s. Kamala Harris slept her way to the top of California politics. 30 years later, a black woman can instead me too her way to the top. Letitia planned to quickly level up to governorship by sticking a second me too knife into Andrew Cuomo, but Letitia bids for New York's top job in 2020 was a bust, so she instead is still lurking in Albany, biding her time and trying to make MAGA scalps in the meantime, or take MAGA scalps. Uh, Letitia and her predecessors have amassed a formidable set of wins against Trump and right-of-center America generally, and crucially, they've done this damage without getting any electric headline-dominating uh, convictions. In 2018, under Schneiderman's temporary replacement, Barbara Underwood, the New York AG's office, successfully dissolved the entire Trump Foundation after suing it for an alleged pattern of illegal behavior. In 2020, after years of pre uh, preparatory maneuvers, the New York AG brought a lawsuit seeking to dissolve the NRA and seize its assets. That bid failed, but at the same time, when was the last time you've heard about the NRA mattering in national politics? The group's costly years-long legal battles have sapped its wealth and energy. The New York AG's most recent action is a lawsuit against Trump, three of his children in the Trump Organization, accusing it of systemically inflating Trump's net worth to deceive investors. That case might get far less press attention than Trump's four criminal indictments, but if you need proof of how much has gotten under Trump's own skin, just look at how often he complains about it on Truth Social. And of course, who could forget the most ridiculous component of the suit, a judge ruling ludicrously that Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate is worth $18 million. The demented, the, the demented judge is, of course, loving every minute of his sordid newfound fame. Perhaps concerned with the farce uh, would receive 
Uh, further exposure, the smiling judge in the case imposed a partial gag order on Trump and his team, prohibiting them from speaking about any member of the judge's staff. The New York AG can be shady in ways that don't even require bringing a lawsuit. In August 2022, Politico published a list of previously anonymous donors to Nikki Haley's nonprofit advocacy group, Stand for America. The list of donors, in turn, came from somewhere within the New York AG's office, which had access to all the same tax filings that go to the IRS. Leaking that list was illegal, but also almost impossible to prevent or punish unless the New York AG's office treats catching such leaks as a high priority. And spoiler alert, when the chief victims of such leaks are Republicans, it doesn't. In 2022, after a mass shooting at the Buffalo supermarket, the New York AG issued an investigative subpoenas for the ownership of the anonymous discussion website 4chan. That subpoenas turned up a contract between 4chan and Toymaker Good Smile Company, in which Good Smile purchased a 30% stake in 4chan. Shortly afterward, technology magazine Wired publicized that contract after filing a fire request in the New York AG's office. It's very likely that the office tipped off Wired about the contract's existence so they would know to fire the right thing. Concerns about New York AG's leaking go back a long way. In the 2008 financial crisis, for instance, federal investigators were reluctant to share information with the New York AG during their investigation due to concerns that they would strategically leak it to the press. So what are the takeaways from the New York AG's example? Look to bigger states. Wyoming is one of America's most conservative states. Donald Trump beat Biden there by more than 40 points. Nevertheless, if you want to cultivate a criminal case against someone in the Biden administration, it's probably not the best place to look for simple reason. Wyoming isn't very big. The New York AG's office includes more than 700 assistant AGs and more than 1,700 investigators, analysts, accountants, and other staff it is subsequently larger than many of the big law firms ranked on the Vault 100, including the number one ranked firm Caravath, Swain, and more. Manpower, it turns out, is a type of power. In contrast, the typical Republican state has just a few hundred staffers in the state AG office. Tennessee's AG's office just has 363 total staff, less than a sixth of New York's, despite Tennessee having more than a third of New York's population. Florida, which just passed New York to become America's third largest state, has only 1,300 employees at its own AG's office. Want those red states to have more manpower to develop ambitious cases? Then pay for it. A state the size of Florida or Texas can far more easily bankroll an expanded workforce for their attorneys general for the sake of bringing novel cases against the left's criminals. Number two, it's about the process, not just the end. In other words, don't just think about criminal charges. Don't just think about convictions. Those will hopefully come with time. But the way to make a legal strategy sustainable is to deliver many smaller victories along the way. This is where the style of New York's AG's office stands out so much. Said office has been at war with Trump and the American right for the past decade, and its number of front-page legal victories isn't large. It hasn't brought a single criminal indictment against Trump despite years of hype. It hasn't indicted any member of his immediate family. Yet, New York AG has cost Trump huge, huge amounts of money and inflicted huge amounts of stress. On the right, there's often an impulse to poo-poo civil cases as flimsy and weak compared to beefy criminal prosecutions. This is a mistake. Civil cases may have a lower profile, but they can absolutely inflict real damage. 
President Trump has spent millions of dollars and huge, huge amounts of attention combating New York AG's flurry of lawsuits. Trump's expense comes out of his own coffers, while New York's are financed by the state taxpayer and cost the DNC nothing. Not only that, but these civil cases on their own have immense potential to create criminal cases either by exposing alleged criminal behavior or by inducing testimony or behavior that can be prosecuted as perjury, false statements, or obstruction of justice. Civil cases can create turncoats who switch sides agreeing to offer intelligence or testimony to save their own skins from prosecution. Civil cases also generate reams and reams of information. How do Trump's organizations work? Who does he trust and communicate with? How does he conduct his communications? An expanded MAGA legal operation can obtain those benefits for itself as well. Number three, you can do more by being media savvy. The point is very obvious when talking about normal third-party lawsuits. One of the secondary impacts of the Dominion lawsuit against Fox News was getting access to Tucker Carlson's text messages so that anything embarrassing could immediately be leaked to the public, even though Tucker was otherwise only a peripheral figure in the Dominion case. But this idea works just as well when wielding state power. The left uses the force of the government to get information and then it makes sure that information becomes public. Sometimes that means leaks. Sometimes it means just giving a nudge about what FIRE requests to send. Being media savvy increases the range of positive outcomes. Even if you don't successfully sue or convict someone, you can inflict embarrassment, uh, you can tarnish reputations, you can scare off donors or get people fired from their jobs. You can reveal information that might inadvertently clear the way for others to mount a lawsuit. Number four, patience. In the Simpsons season nine episode, The Cartridge Family, Homer Simpson goes to buy a gun, but is distressed to learn that there's a five-day waiting period before he can buy a gun. Five days, but I'm mad now, he laments. It's easy for American patriots to feel like Homer and talk like Homer. They're mad about what is happening in the country, and they want something, anything to happen in order, in order to hit back. Against that, Revolver wants to point out that the regime itself did not do this. Their hatred for Trump has been at the mental derangement level for a good eight years now. The cries to throw Trump in prison for something, anything, were louder than ever at the time he left office just days after January 6th. And yet, they didn't rush things. They didn't shoot their wad on a stunt that would go nowhere. Instead, the four indictments that they brought are embarrassingly all products of years of investigation and legal planning. Does that mean the cases are particularly strong? Not at all. Overwhelmingly, the legal cases against Trump are flimsy, relying on weak evidence and totally novel interpretations of the law. Nevertheless, the left has worked hard to make the strongest possible push for its weak cases. They have taken a gross power grab and dressed it up the best that they can in the guise of fairness and legitimacy. If the left can spend years building up legitimacy for criminally weak cases, this cautions the need for meticulousness as well as swiftness in the patriotic response. Let's get it on. We have work to do. Uh, uh, yeah, I hope some people somewhere in some state, some AG gets fucking started on this shit. So we'll see. Like I said, sometimes Revolver has written similar articles in the past, not as detailed, um, and uh, nothing happened. Um, but also, you know, there, there are instances where you could say that, pe that uh, people have been influenced by Revolver. So hopefully, uh, hopefully it happens. I won't hold my breath because, like I said, I think Republicans' job is to hold our heads while the Democrats sharpen their swords. But uh, we'll see. We'll see. All right, let's get to some videos. I'm going to start off here with the absolute lunatics at the Boney Joni show. Nicole Wallace is an eggless whore that looks uh, more and more every day like a skeleton, a skeleton lady like the garbage pail kid. 
All right, let's. Uh, I think this is about Trump supporters being dangerous. That's basically all they talk about. I will. Uh, I'll be back in a minute. Hi there, everyone. It's four o'clock in New York. It is textbook domestic violent radicalization. A figure with maximum street cred with extremists stokes fear based on racial stereotypes, accuses marginalized populations of being, quote, terrorists, fetishizes the Second Amendment, and then tosses in the lit match of even more incendiary rhetorical bombs. And we are exactly where we find ourselves at this hour today, uncharted territory. As we have covered extensively on this program, there's been a clear escalation in the specificity and repetition of Donald Trump's violent rhetoric in recent days. Donald Trump has called for the country's top military official to be executed. Donald Trump has targeted a court clerk with a baseless smear that led to a gag order. He has repeatedly gone after the prosecutors who have charged him with 91 felony counts in total. And now, now there's an attack on migrants that has echoes to white supremacist rhetoric. On this program, we try our hardest not to ever amplify his most dangerous comments. But we're going to play them for you here today right now because we believe you should hear the comments from the man himself. Nobody has any idea where these people are coming from. And we know they come from prisons. We know they come from mental institutions, insane asylums. We know they're terrorists. Nobody has ever seen anything like we're witnessing right now. It is a very sad thing for our country. Uh, it's poisoning the blood of our country. It's <clears throat> poisoning the blood of our country. <sighs> so much to say, right? But what makes these comments even more dangerous is the fact that Trump's rhetoric and his ideas, we know by now what happens to them. They seep into the fabric of a large swath of our country, largely people who identify as Republicans. Ideas that used to be unspeakable and unthinkable become acceptable, even party dogma. New York Times reports this, quote, the first time Trump talked privately about shooting missiles into Mexico to take out drug labs, as far as his former aides can recall, was early 2020. And the first time those comments became public was when his second defense secretary, Mark Esper, wrote in his memoir that Trump had raised it with him and asked if the U.S. could make it look as if some other country was responsible. Esper portrayed the idea as ludicrous. Yet instead of condemning the idea, some Republicans publicly welcomed word that Trump had wanted to use military force against the drug cartels on Mexican soil and without the consent of Mexico's government. Trump's notion of a military intervention south of the border has swiftly evolved from an Oval Office fantasy to something approaching Republican Party doctrine. And as we all know all too well, given the events of January 6th, when a mob of Trump supporters believing Trump's lies about the U.S. election results stormed the Capitol, the impact of Trump's rhetoric is easily seen on the streets. New York Times reports this on anti-migrant protests that took place in New York City last month, quote, the loudspeaker on a quiet Staten Island street blasted demands at 117 decibels, louder than a dog barking in your ear. Pointed oh, how dare people protest illegals taking over their neighborhoods? What a bunch of violence. At a school that is sheltering some of the 110,000 migrants who have arrived in New York City over the last year and a half, 
The message could not have been more unwelcoming. Quote, immigrants oh, are not... Oh, how dare that they not welcome their replacements. Oh, what bigots. Not safe here. These are people that obviously need to be re-educated. He's reading Protect Our Children were nailed to utility poles. Oh, Protesters how dare they... Shirts and how dare they want to protect their children? With American flags and images of former President Donald Trump's face. Deeply dangerous, racist deeply, attack on yeah, migrants. That's a deeply dangerous and racist attack. By an ex-president with a history of fomenting violence in America is where we start today. Totally made up. With me at the table, former acting assistant oh, attorney general. Of course, Fem first of all, we're bringing in, well, this is a hell of a panel. This is a hell of a panel. First of all, you have the female Norm Eisen here, Mary McCord, okay, one of the key gay operators. Now you got Obama's propaganda guy, okay? And then you got a black homosexual, and of course, Rabbi Nosferatu from the ADL. Holy shit, what a panel. National Security at the U.S. Department of Justice, Mary McCord is here, plus former top State Department official during the Obama administration, Rick Stengel's here. Also joining us, Princeton University professor and distinguished political scholar, our friend Eddie Glods here, and the CEO and national director of the Anti-Defamation League, Jonathan Greenblatt, is back. Jonathan, I want to start with you. I want to read you something that our friends over at Maddow blog have reported. This is from uh, Laura Baron Lopez, a White House correspondent for PBS, who told her viewers last night, quote, I checked with a historian, Ruth Ben-Gayad, and she said that language that he's using echoes language used in Nazi propaganda by mm. Adolf Hitler when Adolf Hitler actually said... Well, an expert just said a thing, so it must be true. ...that Jewish blood poisoning of Germany. Mm. Uh, your reaction to Trump's comments? Well, in some ways it feels like there we go again. Yeah, there Nicole. we go again. There I we mean, go again with Hitler. Hitler's coming. To be frank, I don't know how much Donald Trump is a student of history or if he even reads books and what's on his nightstand. But I do know, as the reporter said last night on PBS NewsHour, that the language that he used in that interview is the same mm. or intended mm -hmm. to evoke the kind of language that's been used by many who hold vicious anti-immigrant, racist, anti-Semitic... Vicious anti-immigrant sentiment. ...used like Hitler. And I'm sure other nativist world right. leaders... If you are not for open borders and uncontrolled illegal immigration, you're like Hitler. And the way that phrase was inserted into this this sort of crazy claims he was making... Crazy, that, oh, I are know. Totally untrue. Yeah, totally Le untrue. Leads me to believe that someone gave him that line. And we have seen over the years how Trump uses racist, hateful, despicable language and how it evokes violence. Yeah. Think about 2019. Totally made up. That's totally made up, Rabbi. And the claims about an invasion from Mexico that there, led... There literally, there literally was. There were caravans of illegals. ...man to go to the Walmart in El Paso. Again, pointing out something that happens. If someone does something insane, that doesn't make the thing that happened suddenly disappear. What a ridiculous argument. Murder dozens of people because they appeared to be from Mexico. Or think about his evocation, the Great Replacement Theory, that led a man in 2018 in October to the Tree of Life Synagogue. Yes, in so again, that doesn't mean it's not happening, okay? Pittsburgh, 
and murdered Jewish people while they were worshiping. Violent rhetoric leads to violent actions. Bullshit. And so this isn't dangerous, it's explosive. And it's like lighting a fuse and just waiting for the bomb to go off. So we at ADL are deeply alarmed because whether you're the president of the United States or a member of Congress or a pundit, words matter. And when right. you are you must obey us now. De facto nominee. Obey your parents or else. For one of the two major political parties in this country, you have a special responsibility. Yes, to obey us and do what we say. And it's long overdue for citizen Trump, candidate right. Trump. To obey us. President Trump to stop once and for all before more yes. people Stop <laughs> fighting the insanity. Just let it happen. Let us take your kids. Let us fuck your kids. Let us mutilate your kids. Let us open your borders. Let us flood the country with total insanity. Yeah, uh, it's, uh, just uh, let us do it. Jonathan, do you, do you think there's any chance he will? No, I don't. And that's the real problem here. Is so that what do we, we do? Need we need responsible parties around the president to finally say enough. Like, how do you put someone in place when they're using the kind of language that again and again and again has gotten people killed? Total lie, total made up lie. I mean, we need a kind of accountability among those, you know, the, the kingmakers, if you will, in the Republican party to just say, time out, pull the emergency brake. We can't go through this again. The country can't afford it. Marginalized communities can't afford it. None of us can. I mean, Jonathan, I guess I worry that we are failing to imagine that this is his intent. I mean, you just said responsible people around Donald Trump. Who would that be? I mean, who? there, there aren't any. And that's by his design. He's a candidate for president. He could have anyone he wanted around him. And the people that are around him are the people he wants around him. I mean, if this is the design, then what should we do? Look, this is a conundrum. But, like, my job at ADL is to keep people safe. So I can't necessarily, you know, tell the GOP what to do. But I'm talking to Jewish people every day. We just co-chaired the March on Washington with 155,000 people, lots of African-Americans. Whether you're an HBCU or a black church or a synagogue or a Chinese-American community center, people are afraid. Their anxiety levels are reaching a breaking point. And so when you ask me who are the responsible people, you know, President Obama used to say, we are the ones we've been waiting for. So the way I see it, we have just got to put on the hurricane, you know, put on the storm windows, if you will, batten down the hatches, because I can't afford to wait in some, some abstract way. I've got to make sure I'm keeping people safe right now. Eddie Glaude, um, I, I pressed Jonathan in that way, not because I think there's an, an answer that someone can, can produce, right, that satisfies um, what, what he accurately describes as, as really a conundrum, a challenge of our times. But because I worry that he's revealed himself over and over and over again. If he is reelected, he will take away this network's media licenses. Oh, he's gone after that would be fantastic. I hope he puts you in jail. That would really make my day. Comcast. If he is elected, he will prosecute General Mark Milley for treason, Great. a crime punishable by death. If he's reelected, he will pardon the hundreds of insurrectionists who have been prosecuted. They're not insurrectionists. They were not found guilty of insurrection. You're just making stuff up. Convicted by juries. I do like the fact that they are really nervous. Um, 
you know, I'd have to believe it. I'll, I'll believe it when I see it. If Trump does all those things, if he somehow gets in the office, but I do like the fact how nervous they are. That's really good. Of their peers, if he is reelected, he has told us what he will do. And my concern today is about the rest of us. What should the rest of us be doing? Well. We have to do exactly what you're doing right now, and that is foreground what he said. He is who he is. We have to, we can't just simply do it at, you know, it can't be on page, you know, the, the fold of the, right? It has to be the headline, the lead story in this instance. We have to tell the truth about what he intends to do. And we have to understand that what you said in the, in the, in the introduction, Nicole, is really important. It has infected the Republican Party. And this is, and I, and I think there's another element to this, and I don't know what you think about this. But because Republicans are at the, the center of gravity of our politics, they define the frame of the debate. When they get infected with this stuff, we all do. And so you see President Biden just announcing, right, that they're going to build some wall. Oh, right? how dare you build shifted, a wall? Right. Oh. And so I think it's important for us to foreground this as 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 deliberately and as effectively and and in every every chance we get because if we don't he's going to end up in the white house and and communities are going to be in danger at even a higher level at even a higher level i, I think that's really important eddie and and I, this is this, this this concept that i keep grappling with how to communicate it here some people have done a better job than me about the moving of the overton window um i and and i think it, it manifests itself in the fact that this isn't a story that just happened this happened a couple of days ago Mehdi hassan flagged it on on twitter and i saw my friends and colleagues at morning joe do this before me so so some of it is that mm -hmm. we're all numb to the crazy and the craven and we're all the brain in in a traumatized state has to make adaptations so we say well he, he won't he won't win there's some good signs in the midterm Here, here's my concern if he does win, he's told us all the things he's going to do. And, and my concern is we're on sort of the eve of a presidential cycle. Even in our conversations about the House Republicans, is it going to be Scalise or Jordan? It doesn't matter. Neither one of them voted to certify Joe Biden's election. Who, Joe Biden was elected on the same ballot that both of their names were on. And yet they called, knowing mm -hmm. falsely, knowing it was BS, they, they, they claimed fraud. It was fraud. not BS, liar. I, I worry that we still hear in your aid of the Trump story, don't use the right words for what we're really watching, Eddie. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I have the same worry. And, and, you know, I'm not only thinking, you know, I'm thinking about a number of things, uh, the rhetoric that he uses. You know, it directly appeals to white supremacists. It appeals to those, we might describe them as white nationalists adjacent. Those folk who hold those views but who don't express them. Or those folk who are worried about uh, uh, immigration but don't really have a language to describe their worry. He gives them a language. Yeah, even if you simply are a little concerned about immigration, you're a white nationalist. Oh, it's so funny. People that, that you and I know, people that we love... And again, they all, it, what's, it, it's amazing. They all have, they're surrounded by people that don't agree with them because they're a fringe minority. Into this stuff. And so the levels of it, the intimacy of it, right, makes it a very difficult nut to crack. But if we don't do what you're doing right now, and if we don't in our intimate spaces, right, call this out, um, all hell's going to break loose. 
even in a more intense way, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, Mary, Eddie's getting at this, this dynamic, I think, between humans, right? Because I think domestic extremism divides um, neighborhoods, divides school communities. Um, it showed itself in the nastiness around COVID policies. and Right, if you didn't like lockdowns, you're a domestic extremist home from school and masks and 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 what yeah and if um, you wanted your kids to go to school you're an extremist um it also infects or or that's probably the wrong word it also seems to hamstring law enforcement right you're navigating an extraordinarily important and treasured principle in this country freedom of speech freedom of association but you have you know almost like a tumor wrapped around a spine or a blood vessel you have it interconnected now we're all cancer tumors now with the threat, what do you do? Well, <clears throat> I want to, uh, before getting to law enforcement, I want to just comment on a few things that we've been talking about because I think I've been one who for some period have, have agreed about not elevating his comments. But I think what has happened is two things. That means there still are plenty of people listening to them right. and without speaking out against it forcefully. And you have, and we have on the show, but it is not headline news every day. And without speaking out forcefully, it has become normalized. And the rest of us are starting to become immune. I think we need to be playing his voice, saying the things, the violent things, the same kind of things that people like Duterte said when he ran for election in the Philippines. Mm -hmm. Somebody who went on to kill tens and thousands of his people, right? I think we need to actually start calling it what it is. I hope if you disagreed, you... So, first of all, this is what they do all the time. They're out of ideas. And they. this is like when Jehovah's Witnesses... Uh, well, they, I don't know if they'd still do it, but when they would door knock, they would just talk about, well, we need to, we need to go out more. We need to just reach as many people as possible because their, num their numbers are not usually very good as far as getting converts. It's the same thing. Still be telling me right now. Well, I and mean, I'm glad you agree, but I, I hope yeah. when there's a day that you because, disagree. Because but, but I've, that's good to I've hear. flipped on this. Yeah. And, and the other thing is, it's not just about marginalized communities who's, who clearly have been impacted. Right. Everyone's impacted. I just Correct. came back from a, you know, several days in Santa Fe with Republican leaders in, Rep in Maricopa County, the County Board of Supervisor, the, cl the clerk's deputy there, right? Republicans are being attacked. Republicans are being threatened. But Republicans have had violence against them. You know, Democrats have had violence against them. White people, right? We talk about marginalism. It's just total bullshit. This is just making shit up. Have had it worse than anybody, that's for sure. But this isn't something that, you know, white people can sit there and say that's somebody else's problem. It is every American's problem because it's coming after everyone who doesn't align with Trump. And again, total projection, complete opposite. Anyone who's in law enforcement, white, black, Latino, doesn't matter. Anyone, frankly, who's in the military, look at General Milley. And what's really scary, this morning I did an interview with On Point for NPR, and they played vignettes, tapes of people in Iowa saying, yes, Milley should already be in front of a firing squad for what he did. Well, yeah, he committed treason. What do you want? Okay, that's that's the penalty. Uh, you know, I mean, the method is up to, you know, he could decide, I guess, but uh, that's the penalty. You've said Trump has committed treason a bunch of times, so what's good for the goose is good for the gander. And in Milley's case, he actually committed treason. I mean, that's insane. And I just think we're at an existential What do they think he level. did? Well, that's the question, right? That's not I mean, the question. It's very clear what was outrageous when he said to the Chinese motherfucker that if we decide to attack, if we if we decide to do a sneak attack, I will call you and give you a heads up. That's fucking insane. That's indefensible. Indefensible. 
Trump's own social media post was pretty vague about it. No, it wasn't. What are you talking about? Media, responsible fact-based media have explained what he did, a call to, to Chinese leadership to say, it's okay, we have things that's under That's not what it was. That's not the problem. The problem is that he specifically said, he even testified to this in a hearing one time, that he said to the guy, if, if we attack, I will call you and give you a heads up. That's preposterous. That was an authorized call by the Secretary of Defense. It doesn't matter. They don't listen to what it is. They just listen. Uh, bullshit. Bullshit. We have our facts straight, you dumb whore. To his rhetoric. And I think if we don't start pushing back, and I really. How are you going to push back? We know, bitch, we know you're lying. Okay? What we're really. You know what we're all waiting to see? How violent are you going to get against us? That's what we're waiting to see. How violent is this regime going to be against us? Are they going to just start killing us? It sounds like they're going to start killing us or putting us in re-education camps. That's really what we're waiting to see. You guys have lost, okay? You've lost the information war, okay? There's nothing you can do to harness the internet. No matter how hard you try, there's nothing you can do, okay? So the question is, are you going to take your loss like an adult? Or are you going to be evil and try to kill as many of us as you can? That's what we're waiting to watch. That is what we're waiting to watch here. Because one thing's for damn sure. We're not fucking obeying you. Okay? Fuck you is the disposition. Because you're a liar. You're an evil person and a liar. And you need to leave people alone. You need to stop being Cantano Habimana from Rwanda Radio. You need to stop demonizing Trump supporters. Stop dehumanizing Trump supporters. Okay, you're doing the exact same shit that they did on Rwanda radio against the Tutsis. That's what you're doing against us. So you are the one with the problem. You should fucking stop, okay? But that is ultimately what we're waiting to see. They've lost, okay? They can't win an election, and they can't uh, win the information war. So are they going to cheat? Probably. And then when the cheating doesn't work, then what are you going to do? How violent are you going to get against us? That's what we're waiting to find out. How violent is the American government going to get against Trump supporters? That is a question that we are going to have answered within the next, I don't know, year, year and a half. It's a crazy thing, but that is what we're waiting to see. So the idea that it's like we're the problem, hilarious, utterly hilarious. Done this. I felt like we were giving him too much oxygen, that it was free publicity, but now I feel like everyone needs to be pushing back. And it is shameful for people on Capitol Hill, Republicans on Capitol Hill, not to be doing so. They've got the best voice to do it. And you know, I've also, as you know, sometimes been hesitant to, to put party on this because I really feel like, you know, we, we will drive away some Republicans if we put party on it. But those on Capitol Hill, their silence is complicity. And we are getting too close to the election. And, well, I'm fired up, you can see. No, I, I look, I, I, I want to come out here and be told I'm wrong, right? I want to come out here with what I think the danger is and, and be told, Everything's fine. Nobody heard that. They think he's a buffoon. But but that's not where we are. And and I and and my anxiety exists on multiple levels. But really, I I think we spent eight years trying to wrestle Trump to the ground, and it's fruitless. I mean, he's a, he's a helium balloon with the strings cut off, and he's speaking directly to his people. And we already know from January 6 what they can do. We know from Paul Pelosi's attacker what they can do. And historically, we know from so again, Timothy McVeigh's again totally made up. Paul Pelosi's alleged attacker was a leftist. And now they have to go back to Timothy McVeigh. What the fuck does Timothy McVeigh have to do with any of this? Nice try. Timothy McVeigh was a Trump supporter? You're an idiot. It's brazen attack that it takes one person 
to terrorize an entire nation. One. Well, well, no, it takes one person and FBI agents is what it takes to pull off an Oklahoma City bombing. A grieved person. He was pissed about Waco. Okay, the 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 the, the historical language echoes rhyme. The figures rhyme. Yeah, they're planning. They're, they're going to do a false flag. They're going to blame it on Trump supporters, and then it's going to get crazy. Right, left alignment repeats. So I'm going to I'm going to go dark on this. <laughs> you um, showed up in the 30 uh, Rock optimistic, so, and I ruined so, you. <laughs> uh, um, fascism is actually not that old. It started in the 1930s in Italy and Germany with the rise of the Nazi party. And violent rhetoric and violence is as intrinsic to fascism as free speech is to democracy. What Mussolini Wait, say did- Say that again, say that again. Violence is, at, as, an, is as intrinsic to uh, fascism as free speech is to democracy. Mm. So what, what Mussolini did and what Hitler did was invocations of violent rhetoric. They started gangs that were beating up uh, immigrants, beating up- Like Jews. Antifa. Jews beating up minorities. There's not gangs of Trump supporters beating up migrants. You're making that up completely. Um, it infested the entire body politics so that violence became a part of regular politics. Even the opposition had to use violence. And so part of the idea is, and this is what we're talking about today, of using violent rhetoric is to intimidate people from criticizing it. So one reason that Republicans don't criticize it is that they're afraid that it will be turned against them. That's precisely why he uses it. And that's precisely why fascists and authoritarians have used it. And then it becomes a tool of their politics. That's the very, very dark vision that we're moving toward. I mean, Jonathan, do you look, I mean, can you conjure up examples where, <laughs> where it gets this far and there's an off ramp? I mean, are you optimistic? Look, you couldn't do this work, I would say, and I think Mary, who's also one of the best experts in the field, will agree. You can't do this work if you're not optimistic, but you've got to hope for the best and plan for the worst. That's why at ADL, we are ferociously bipartisan. Right? We're looking for people on the other side of the aisle, if you will to call step <laughs> up and to speak out and to take a stand. Oh, that's as crazy as when David Pakman said that uh, he exclusively dates women. It's too late. I mean, what Richard just laid out is true and it's terrifying how this kind of authoritarianism, this kind of sort of intimidation is so central to this fascist worldview. So a lot of us are worried, but we, keep, we, we just can't hide our heads in the sand. We've got to get up and get to work because I do think at the end of the day, Nicole, while you may have found those people in Iowa who said Millie should already be, you know, under threat, the fact is I believe in this country deeply. I'm long on America, and there are more people here of goodwill than there are of ill will. You've got to tap that. You've got to tap that that quintessentially American desire to create a more perfect union if we hope to change this. So the trick is, can we build the coalitions? Can we mobilize the movement before it's too late? And, you know, as we've talked about before, Nicole, none of this is preordained. You get the republic you deserve, Benjamin Franklin said. So we've got to fight like hell if we want to keep this. It's, it's an amazing test for the country, right? Because I want to believe we are a country that will reject political violence. And it is abundantly clear that the Republican... Well, again, the political violence you bring up is totally made up. You, you blame people that had nothing to do with Trump.
party is now unafraid to stand with those who would turn to violence to carry out and realize their political aims. Um, I need you all to stick around a little bit longer when we come back. All right. And then let's see. What do we have? Uh, yeah. Oh, Joy Reid is just looking more and more. And like we begin tonight with the increasingly clown. dangerous rhetoric coming out of the what American clown. right. Holy on Thursday, shit. Fox's Greg Gutfield went on the air and said this. We had a war over slavery. We knew slavery was inhumane and immoral, but somehow we couldn't solve slavery peacefully. It was an evil, but one side refused to acknowledge that it was evil because it was too big of an admission for them to make. Doesn't that feel that way now, that this defiant refusal to reverse this decline argues against the survival of a country? What does that leave you with? It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace because you have a side that cannot change because then that means an admission that their beliefs have been corrupt all the time. So in a way, you have to force them sur to surrender. Or we but, could make love, not war. Uh, I tried that once. Oh, we have an election. I had to go to a doctor. Right. <laughs> election, yeah. No, elections don't work. We know that. We know they don't work. Just yeah, if, especially if you rig another election. It, 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 yeah, that's the end of the elections. I mean, you're going to still have them, but people are going to lose faith in them, and that, that increases the risk of violence. He's completely correct. For a second, and think about what he just told millions of Americans, that this country needs war to bring peace, because you have a side that yeah, cannot change. Yeah, your side is acting like such fucking animals. That's why. So stop Each. it. Just you stop have to it. force them to surrender. And he couched his little rant in the Civil War, a war in which the people who could not change and whose beliefs were corrupt the whole time shot and killed U.S. troops and declared war on the United States, as well as secession, for the purposes of keeping millions of people in bondage. So what exactly are you suggesting, Greg? Because in addition to Civil War, it sure sounds like you're calling for an end to elections. So then what? Uh, again, you're... It's amazing the people rigging the elections are like, oh, you're calling for an end for, to elections. Hilarious. Are you calling for violence against Democrats until they bend the knee? And what happens next? Do you militarize Democratic states and cities and force the 84 million people who voted for President Biden and the majority of Americans who want women to own their own bodies and gun reform and police reform and to save the climate and let LGBTQ people live their lives? Will that majority have to live under armed occupation? I'm telling you, just if things go really south, bookmark this because she's going to support it if they did that to us. This is the madness that is being broadcast to millions of Americans on one of Fox's most popular shows, apparently with the full support of Rupert and Lachlan Murdoch. To be clear. How dare you tell people what we're doing to you? How dare you? No normal news network would allow that to be said on air. Yes, no but normal news network would allow a person to explain what Democrats are doing in our society. You can say it on Fox. I should note, we reached out to Fox, but we did not receive a response in regard to whether or not this is acceptable. The same day that Greg Gutfield was calling for a new civil war, we learned that a man was arrested in Madison, Wisconsin, because he illegally brought a loaded handgun into the Wisconsin Capitol, demanding to see Democratic Governor Tony Evers. Then, after posting bail, he returned to the Capitol with an assault rifle. Fortunately, the governor was not there. Less fortunate, 
is the indigenous justice activist who was shot in the chest last week. Right. For no, for no reason at all. For no reason at all. And wearing a Make America Great Again hat during a protest against the reinstallation of a statue honoring a Spanish conquistador in New Mexico. According to the arrest affidavit, the perpetrator was smiling and laughing during an interview with investigators. These are just two recent examples. Yeah, totally leaving out the part that he was physically assaulted, and that's why he pulled a gun out and shot. They just totally ignore that part. Examples, But in the age of Trump, we have seen a long list of violent attacks. From the anti-Semitic terrorist attack that took place at the Tree of Life Synagogue. By a guy that hated Donald Trump. Pittsburgh. The deadly stabbing of O'Shea Sibley, a black gay man who was murdered for dancing with friends at a New York City gas station. Where, where, where was that? That was a Trump supporter that did that? I, I, I don't recall that. To the deadly massacre at an El Paso Walmart where the gunman said, quote, which the gunman said was, quote, a response to the Hispanic invasion of Texas. Okay, and again, uh, what he did was ridiculous, but there is an invasion happening. You can use as many human shields as you want. That's not going to fundamentally alter what's happening in the country. Mirroring rhetoric that continues to be used by major conservative political figures. Because and there is an invasion happening. Media organizations. Even some people on your side, like Adams, is admitting that, retard. And of course, there is the assault on our Capitol back on January 6, 2021, when thousands of Trump supporters stormed Congress, assaulted police, and looked to lynch elected officials, including yeah, that's the totally made up. Speaker of the House. No one was at risk of being lynched. That's completely made up. And the Vice President of the United States for the apparent crime of certifying an election that was over according to the U.S. Constitution. The list just goes on and on and on. And yet, despite all of these events, Republican rhetoric remains authoritarian and violent because that yeah, totally made up. is what their leader does. Well, General Milley, what he did is really treasonous. If you look at what he said to China, uh, he's either stupid or it's treason. 100% correct. What he said to China should never be allowed. That can never be allowed in our country. If you rob a store, you can fully expect to be shot as you are leaving that store. How dare Trump talk against looters? Shot. We will take on the ultra left wing liars, losers, creeps, perverts, and freaks who are devouring the future of this state like a swarm of locusts. We've never seen anything like what's happening in Washington, and I think we have to take it over. We have to take over management of our capital. Nobody has ever seen anything like we're witnessing right now. It is a very sad thing for our country. Uh, it's poisoning the blood of our country. Uh, it's so bad, and people are coming in with disease. Poisoning the blood of our country. No Republicans have taken any meaningful steps to criticize their oh, dear leader. No Republicans came out to help the Democrats win? No way. I can't believe it. How dare they? Or demand that he rein in this dangerous garbage. Those who do, like Liz Cheney and Adam Kinzinger or Mitt Romney, are immediately and quickly rejected by the party that they belong to far longer than Donald Trump did. Joining me now is Livia Troy. Former Homeland Security and Counterterrorism hey, Advisor it's pig to face. Vice I President Mike seen Pence. Pig, pig face and in a Ruth Ben Giat, professor of history oh, at New York man. University, 
and author of Strongman. Didn't Pigface used to have a, uh, a Fauci painting or statue or something, or a bobblehead, or something like that? Mussolini to the president. Thank you both for being here. Olivia, I will start with you. Um, this is not new rhetoric for the far right. What's new is that the Republican Party is in on the game from Donald Trump on down. I want to play for you somebody who used to work for Donald Trump, as did you for a time. His name is Steve Bannon. He was Trump's advisor on his campaign, um, and then he was a White House advisor. This man worked in the White House. Here he is talking about our attorney general and just keeping the violent rhetoric going. Your day's coming, dude. After January of 2025, when we go back over this whole illegitimate regime and we get into the receipts, he should be in prison for the rest of his life. Yes, yes, yes. And yes. my God, if we do our job yes. after we win, he will be in prison for the rest Absolutely. of his life. Absolutely. That would be great. Again, I'll believe it when I see it, but I like the rhetoric. Olivia, the rhetoric now is civil war. So it's hilarious. They are arresting us. And Steve Bannon simply says that for this corrupt DOJ, Garland belongs in prison. And they're like, oh, they're inciting violence. Fucking hilarious cry bullies. Insane cry bullies. Per Fox and imprisoning the attorney general per Steve Bannon. Your thoughts? You know, look, this is incredibly dangerous across the board, <laughs> and I want to just be very clear about something. It's not just there. I think there's a there's a level of panic here that I am enjoying. Uh, you know, people like Steve Bannon who are out there radicalizing Americans every single day on the exterior, right? And then you've got Trump going out there repeating some of the same rhetoric, by the way, that he used in 2016, right? He then went on to attempt to implement some of these actions that he spoke about on the campaign while doing policy as president. Remember, look, this is a man who said he wanted to shoot immigrants coming into our country. The migrants mm -hmm. coming in, he wanted to shoot at them. So again, the context was when they were breaking into the country, remember? And then they got that photo op. Uh, uh, yeah, don't break into the country, okay? Stop breaking into the country. And uh, you know, look, you, you can, if you want to use hoses like Poland, no problem, but you got to stop breaking into the country. We should not tolerate that. It's a man who wanted to shoot people during the Black Lives Matter protest. That's not hyperbole. I was in those meetings when he said it, and it made me sick to my stomach. So when they talk about Yeah, because they were so peaceful, those Black Lives Matter protesters. Things externally, these are the things that they plan to carry out. And I just, I will just point to one thing. Just look at the Heritage Foundation's Project 2025, where they're looking at clearing out the government, where there are over 70 organizations that are part of this broad coalition of conservatives. And I say that in quotes, because these are more extreme positions that are happening out there. And so when you look at what's happening in this machine of propaganda, and when you look at the potential of what is being planned out, should- She definitely is fully vaxxed, one eye, this way, one eye smaller. She's definitely fully vexed. Someone like Trump implement this agenda again. If should he return? She's fully vexed too. Look at her. One eye's bigger than the other. I'm telling you, one day, there's going to be something that comes out about Vax face. I'm telling you something about Vax face. I, I'm telling you, there's something there. To something within the government. What's happening here? This is where it gets incredibly dangerous at the intersection of all of this. 
You know, and Ruth, I, I want to go back for a second to Greg Gutfield. Um, Greg Gutfield, I'm sure, lives in some sort of a penthouse in Manhattan. He's not going to be out there shooting anyone. Um, you know, he'll be on his yacht or whatever. You know, he's like a Tucker Carlson. They are sort of playing at and cosplaying like tough guys. But what he said, if you just, like, go back and look at what he said, he said elections don't work. What he means is that Republicans can't well, yeah, win. Yeah, you rigged the last election, so obviously it didn't work. Elections on the issues they care about. They cannot win an election when they say they would like to ban abortion. Women uh, overwhelmingly say no, even in red states. They can't win elections when it comes to things. Women also known as mail-in ballots. Like gun reform, they have to gerrymander their states to make it so that we can't have gun reform. The majoritarian positions that he wants to now solve by having a civil war and forcing the majority to heal, to bend the knee, to do what he says, women to give birth because he says, and <laughs> all of us to live the way they say. What he's saying is they are the Confederacy in this scenario. <laughs> what, is, what do you make of the fact that that is allowed to be said? We sure as hell couldn't say it here. I you dumb, bald whore. He did not say that. He did not say we were the Confederacy. You're just completely making that up and you're like, why is he allowed to say that? That's hilarious. What an idiot. Holy shit, she's vaxxed too. Look at her eyes. These people are lunatics. Be fired so fast, they wouldn't even let me clean my office out. They would just mail my stuff to me. But on Fox, you can say that. But he didn't say that. And everyone that. else sort of chortles along and no one, no one in management does anything. We couldn't even get a response. Your thoughts? Well, they're saying that because it's part of a, a very, uh, it's now, you know, Trump himself since 2016 has been engaged in a very relentless information war and psychological warfare to change Americans' ideas of violence. That from <laughs> violence being something repugnant to violence being something that is necessary as a way to solve differences. As for the election, like the 2020 you know, riots, I think I go beyond. It's not just that they're saying they can't win elections. The end game of election denial is not uh, claiming that this or that election was corrupt. It's that we shouldn't have elections at all. Right. That election. Okay, well, you guys election denial to 2016. Should not what be hypocrites. the way we decide things. And and so you know, violence and uh, getting rid of elections. This is a mentality of coups. And a third of my book is about coups, and we had a coup. And so it's also not just Fox. Uh, Matt Gates showed up at the uh, Iowa State Fair, and everyone's you know munching their corn dogs. And then he says he's with Trump. He's there to support Trump, and he says only through force will we bring change to Washington D.C. Well, that's and true, and you put us in that position. And I'm glad Matt Gates realizes that. Hopefully, more Republicans realize that. Because, yeah, you, you have forced the Republicans' hands, and we're going to see what happens. And I hear that, where he's saying, okay, elections don't work in his own way. Uh, we're not going to use reform or legislation. We're going to use violence. So this message is being repeated. Well, that's not what he said. You're changing what he said. In the party, in the media, uh, and all the other kind of uh, sectors and think tanks that Olivia's mentioning. So this is an overwhelming uh, kind of influence and psychological warfare campaign designed to get uh, create an appetite in Americans for some kind of authoritarian rule. Well, that's you've done that. That's what you've done. All right. They, they've, the elections are inefficient, an inefficient way to get what the minority wants. Uh, a very efficient way is just install a dictator. And to that very point, Will Bunch, who's a great op-ed writer in the Philadelphia Inquirer, he wrote the following. And it is about this idea of a red Caesar. America needs to talk about the right's Red Caesar plan for U.S. dictatorship now that Bannon's craziness is here. 
the phony intellects of Trumpism at Hillsdale College or Claremont, um, this is this institute that they have, are seizing the opportunity to make their case for the Red Caesar to bring about the national rebirth. Ruth, I would like you to talk about that because it, you just mentioned it. It is This is what your book is about. The idea is that we don't need elections anymore if we just install this Red Caesar who will rule by fiat and force. Which is exactly what you've been trying to do. The left to heal. But he's more of a pedophile dementia Caesar. Yeah, this is... This is the authoritarian playbook. It's terrifying. And and by the way, uh, among the people who said that we need, you know, war to have peace, that's Mussolini. Uh, yeah. And Mussolini also talked about, you know, people coming over the border, bringing Marxism and disease, uh, as did <clears throat> Hitler and Mein Kampf. Okay. Were they bringing over Marxism and disease or not? Uh, repeatedly and, and other times. So. There's so many different directions, from so many different directions, this uh, design to uh, have some kind of strongman figure who will make everything right uh, is converging. And that's why there's an uptick. Uh, that's why Trump is talking so often about violence, because that's an integral part of it. Um, it's, it's really, it's really uh, disturbing. And as somebody who wrote a book on this and how uh, how democracies are destroyed. It's it's very sad for me as a first-generation American to see this happening here. Same. Uh, and Olivia, you know, you worked for a gentleman, uh, Mike Pence, who doesn't even talk about this. On the He'll talk about it a little bit, but he's running for president almost as if it didn't happen at all. He'll talk about his former uh, co-candidate, <laughs> et cetera, in, in his campaign. You know, he, he talks about it in a very bland way, but he almost got lynched by these people. <laughs> Again, Impossible, impossible, and totally made up. Um, just a few of the recent threats against election officials. A guy named Tim, Tom, Tim Deaver, in December of 2022, two other individuals were indicted in North Carolina on 62 counts of interstate threatening communications and one count of conspiracy to kidnap for sending phony writs of execution to elected officials. And just a little note here. Candidates running for House and Senate offices increased campaign spending on security by more than 500% between the 2020 election and the 2022 midterms because of constant threats. We've heard this from people like Adam Kinzinger, et cetera, that people have told them, you can't vote that way. Think of your family. People might kill you. That is the atmosphere in Washington on the uh -huh. Republican yeah, side. I'm sure. Where are the Republicans who are willing to say enough? Are yeah. there any? I can't believe, where are the Republicans willing to help us win? Other than the ones who've left the party. Where are the Republicans that are going along with our narrative? Well, that's the thing. The threat is very real. Oh, and yeah, I totally think you real. have a mix of people who oh, behind yeah. closed doors are very concerned about it, but are also you know, not interested in living their lives in fear like many of the colleagues that they saw when they did step forward. Uh, they saw the threats against their families. And then you saw members of Congress who were moderate Republicans who decided not to run again because they didn't want to deal with what was going to happen to their families and deal with that stress of it. Now, I'll just say this, in the context of everything that we've been talking about in this conversation, let me be very clear about their, the far-right agenda. The far-right agenda, they claim to be sort of like embracing the Republican values and everything. But I just want to remind people that are center-right conservatives, people that are more moderate like me, who are trying to figure out how you navigate in this space, that what they mean is that if you're not in line with them, they're coming after you. So they're coming after the left, but they're also 
They're coming after most Americans who are not <laughs> going to go along with their extreme agenda, who don't stand for it, who don't Total agree with it. Bullshit. You will also be targets of that hate. Again, that is what, why all of this again, matters so much. That's why we should continue. This is North Korea levels of propaganda. They say this as the Biden Department of Justice labels Trump supporters terrorists. Continue to talk about it. That's why Mike Pence should actually be talking about it, because he is a living example of a longtime conservative that faced it directly. Under his eye, Olivia Troy and Ruth Ben-Ghiat. Okay. Thank you. So... Now we're going to see TYT cover Hillary Clinton saying that we belong in re-education camps. So this is all very fascinating. Here we go. So many of those extremists, those mega extremists, um, take their marching orders from Donald Trump, who has no credibility left by any measure. He's only in it for himself. He's now defending himself in civil actions and criminal actions. And when do they break with him? You know, because at some point, you know, maybe there needs to be a formal deprogramming of the cult members. Hillary Clinton and Donald Trump, as we said, she was calling. Totally fucking insane. And you know they're going to defend it. Uh, for the deprogramming of Trump's MAGA base. But is that possible? Can it be done? And what plan does she have in mind to make it happen? Well, her strategy was not detail-filled in a conversation she had with Christiane Amanpour uh, of CNN. Um, and it involves um, uh, a man who, as we sit here and as Jank teased a little bit at the top of the show, is not beating Trump right now, at least according to some of the polls we've seen. Here we go. You said you have to defeat them by defeating their leader. Their leader right. is Donald Trump. Even you have said that you expect him to be the Republican nominee. How does this change at all? At this point, I think, sadly, he will still likely be the nominee, and we have to defeat him. And we have to defeat those who are the election deniers, as we did in 2020 and 2022. Um, and we have to, you know, just be smarter about how we are trying to uh, empower the right people inside the Republican Party. So it is like a cult. And somebody has to break the... Uh, you know, <laughs> break that momentum. And that's why I believe Joe Biden will defeat him. And hopefully then that will be the end and the fever will break. And then uh, Republicans can try to get back to, you know, fighting about issues among themselves and electing people who are at least, you know, responsible and accountable. The question remains, though, whether the former secretary understands what motivates these voters, these MAGA voters. And I'll let, leave that to you, uh, I guess, to decide. Here is a, a little more from Hillary Clinton. The base of the Republican Party, for whatever combination of reasons, and it is emotional and psychological, um, sees in him someone who speaks for them. And they are determined that they will continue to vote for him, attend his rallies, wear his merchandise, because for whatever reason, he and his you know, very negative, uh, nasty form of politics resonates with them. Maybe they don't like migrants. Maybe they don't like gay people or black people or the woman who got the promotion at work they didn't get, whatever the reason. <laughs> What a bitch. What a bitch. But I don't care. I don't care. I, I love the labels. Fuck all of those people. I don't care. Fuck gay people. Fuck my... I don't give a shit. 
Why do I gotta suck migrants' dicks? I gotta... I mean, man, the amount of dicks that you have to suck to be a virtuous leftist is incredible. Okay, you gotta suck migrants' dicks. You gotta suck black people's dicks. Uh, uh, that can make your throat sore. You, 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 you gotta suck uh, gay people's dicks. You gotta suck trannies' dicks. You gotta suck Jews' dicks. You gotta suck... Who else? I mean, fucking... Sometimes you have to suck the Asians' dicks. Sometimes they don't like the Asians'. Okay, sometimes the Asians, they'll say, have Asian supremacy. It's like white supremacy. But then sometimes, if they can use the Asians politically, then you have to suck their dicks. Man, you know, have, so I'm not going to suck anyone's dick. You can go fuck yourself, Hillary. Go fuck yourself. Unbelievable. Man. Oh, and I got to suck women's dicks? Unbelievable. You know, Make America Great Again was a bid uh, for nostalgia to return to a place where, you know, people could be in charge of their lives, feel empowered, say what they want, insult whoever came in their way. So she doesn't believe we should be in charge of our lives and be able to say what we want. Okay, well, thanks for making that clear, whore. And that was really attractive. And, and so, you so know, freedom, she doesn't like freedom. You hear how Clinton uh, sums it up, and she sums it up uh, by talking about the negative parts of the people that support MAGA, the, the racism, the bigotry, uh, the sexism, the anti-migrant part. Again, it doesn't exist. Um, but there are also lots of you know real racists out there who don't get the support that Trump gets. It's a bigger- <laughs> Not really, that, that whole thing's made up. Umbrella that he thinks a real racist. It's not even the whole thing is fake. Thinks that he has over these people, and he actually responded to this. Uh, he heard this apparently. He saw the interview. He responded to it, uh, and then uh, you know D Trump uh, and his people, his MAGA people, sent out an email blast today saying essentially this: President Trump has said countless times that they are only coming after him because he stands in their way from coming after you. And Hillary Clinton just confirmed that to be true. Tens of millions of Americans will reject the Democrat Party's re-education camp agenda in. November of 2024, when we make Donald Trump the 47th president of the United States. That's Caroline Levitt, a spokesman for Make America Great Again Incorporated. Uh, so you, you do, Jank, see um, the, the Trump people jumping on this because when Hillary Clinton said things like deplorable. She literally said formal re-education, okay? That's what that means, asshole. In 2015 and 2016, they jumped on that to great success. She's not the candidate, but uh, yeah. do you think it's important? Yeah, so I, look, I feel that this is 50 uh, 50 again, just like the deplorables comment. I think it's complicated and nuanced. In a minute, uh, we're going to show you a video. Guys, it's nuanced to put us in camps. Where uh, Trump supporters basically answered this question that Michael was uh, talking to them. Uh, at an at a at a campaign event, and they actually talked about whether they're in a cult. We're going to get to that, but so I thought all along, and I even wrote it in in my book, Justice Is Coming, that the deplorable comment was half right. So half of Trump's guys are deplorables. Thank you, Michael. I appreciate that. We'll take a shot of Michael. Um, so yeah, there you go. <laughs> nice plug there. Tyt.com/justice. Okay, seriously. Um, so yeah, there are there's some folks that are uh, feel displaced. Their rightful places at the top, and now it's not at the top. Now they have to be equal to everyone, and that really bothers them. Is it conscious for? That's totally made up. 
most of them? No, I don't, probably even for the deplorable half, it's not conscious for most of them. It's mostly they have this uneasy feeling about how America is not the same anymore, and it doesn't look the same, their neighborhood doesn't look the same, and they can't say the same things, etc. But the other half is the half that Hillary Clinton never dresses. So here, she makes the same exact mistake, but then add in a, a disastrous cherry on top. So she thinks, look, it's partly emotional, psychological for these folks. Okay, yeah, I, I think it is for some of them. But for a lot of them, they just hate the establishment. And Donald Trump was the first mega star in politics to come along and give a middle finger to the establishment. And that quarter of the country, half of the Republicans went nuts. They've been waiting for that for so long. And hence, it made them feel like he was being, he was the only one that was honest. And now that's, of course, the most ironic thing in the world because he's a legendary con man and a pathological liar. But he finally said something honest that no other politician says. That's why, by the way, Bernie was popular because he said something similar, but he doesn't say it as harshly. And that's why progressives in Congress drive me crazy the way that they are so damn polite to the establishment. When in reality, if you had one progressive say the anti establishment things that Trump says, they'd run away with this thing, right? And so you don't need the racism, you don't need any of that stuff. So again, I think Hillary Clinton's half right, but half wrong. And when she says things like, the fever will break. No, come on, come on, that's preposterous. Same thing Biden says, they're not getting it. Cuz they think, oh, the establishment is definitely right and the great majority of the country totally agrees. We're just going through a temporary fever and once we're done with the fever, then everybody will go back to the status quo being great. All my friends in the cocktail circuit think it's great. I don't understand, right? And so and then she says the, you know, the Re-education thing, which she didn't quite say it like that. She literally said formal re-education, asshole. You, you don't know enough about Republican politics to know that they're going to run with that like crazy and they're going to pretend. Uh, as they should, because it's fucking insane. And of course, you're going to defend it. Cantano here uh, from Rwanda Radio, he already defended it on Twitter. He already defended it on Twitter and he'll go along with it if they do it. You're going to set up actual re-education camps, etc. So I wouldn't have started that fire. We'll get into that debate in a second too. But before we go to right, it's a debate apparently. That debate, and we go to the uh, the Trump supporters countering. Let me go to Trey and get his initial thoughts on this. Yeah, I agree with you know most of what you guys are saying. First of all, the whole thing about how like you know there's a bunch of racists they don't have the support Trump does. I've always said that like I think the racism and bigotry is kind of just the icing on the. It's not even a real thing. FU cake that he baked for these people to hurl in the face of the establishment or the elitist left as they perceive it. So like, there's definitely a lot more to it going on. And like you said, she had to know, I mean, she literally had to know what the response to this would be. But it's kind of like back when she made the deplorables comment and now, you know, I see it and part of me is like, I mean, you know, I hear you sister, I know where you're coming from, but right, like- see, Yeah, he hears you, he agrees we should be put in camps. This is really going to rile them up. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, it's going to rile them up when you say that you want to put them in re-education camps. How dare they get riled up by the fact that you want to put us in camps?
The only thing that could rile them up more than this would be like if Barack Obama called him a bunch of stupid trailer trash or something. It's all right. I'm allowed to say yeah, it. But how I, dare how dare they get upset at that? Like there's very few things that could get them more uh, hot and bothered than Hillary making these kind of statements. It's giving them bulletin board material, you know, in the Trump campaign feeding right into, you know, exactly what they thrive on, which is feeling very, very strongly that you know the establishment the left uh, that they look down their nose at them think yeah, they're I can't believe they think the people that want to put them in camps are looking down on them oh amazing inherently better than them and you know have no place for them in american society so yeah they're going to take that ball and run with it but at the same time you know i mean she ain't entirely wrong in right, my she's opinion. not wrong they need to put us in camps so there we go i i said this a long time ago when I first, as soon as the censorship started, and, and, and other people said it too, I wasn't the only one. As soon as the censorship started, I said, then come the camps, then comes the re-education camps. Now re-education camps are being talked about. And guess what? As I said, they're going to go along with it. Because these are the most evil people that I've ever seen in my life who are going along with the gravest evil our society has ever faced. And they're going to go along with our executions. They're going to go along with all of it. Because these are the most evil people I've ever seen in my life, personally. Okay, You could compare them to other evil people in the past. You know, fine. They might not be the all-time. But these are psychotic, evil, ridiculous, insane people that defend um, mutilating children, grooming children. And now they're defending uh, talk of putting us in re-education camps. Then they also defend TYT already on multiple occasions defended murderers who killed Trump supporters in cold blood. They already did that. So that's not even the next step. That's already happened. That's why I call this channel Rwanda Radio. And so is MSNBC and all of them. That is what we're seeing. It's crazy. It's fucking crazy to watch. But here they go, going along with re-education camps. Opinion. Now that's fair though, because I want to see you buried under a jail. And I mean that. I want to see all regime propagandists put in prison for, you know, I don't know, what, what's a reasonable, I don't know, 30 years? How about for 30 years? I think 30 years is good. You could sell me on life, but I, you know, 30 I think is good. Yeah, we'll go 30 years. But like I said, I'm open to life. You could sell me. You could sell me on anything, quite frankly. But, you know, I'm trying to be reasonable here. Michael, what do you think? Well, first of all, I think it's great that Clay has that uh, Clay County, Tennessee background because without it, you wouldn't know that he was from Clay County, Tennessee. So that, that's <laughs> yeah. super helpful. Uh, you know, I, 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 one of the things that Hillary Clinton did in 2015, 2016 with deplorables was, uh, was that it was right and it was politically just tone deaf and stupid to have said it. Uh, and mm -hmm. it, that bore out. And I think that's what Trey is saying as well. And I think in this case, it's the same thing to a degree, but it doesn't matter because she's not the nominee. And the right, so it's it's right. It was just politically stupid. So I just want to be clear: all three TYT people are saying that it's it wasn't good strategically, but she's right, is what they're saying. So it's incredible. By the way, my ideas for putting these people in prison for long periods of time is just based on what they did to the Nazis. I'm following that lead. You know, you got the Nuremberg trials and all that shit. I, I, you know, all the people involved in an evil regime get lengthy prison sentences or worse. That's what I learned through history. So I am simply applying that to this. That's really all I'm doing. Um, you know, that was how I was taught 
was that was the right thing to do when that kind of situation happens. Well, we're living through it right now, and these people deserve the same fucking shit. That's all. Because they're... Now, have they gotten to the point of putting us in camps? No, but they're fucking talking about it. They're already arresting us. They're already killing us, okay? Not in mass numbers. And I don't think they're going to kill all of us, or they're going to start... I mean, anything's possible. I don't, I don't think it's going to happen like that. It's not going to be like the Holocaust, okay? Um... But uh, but they're talking about it. Like, they would do it if they could get away with this. It, if we were disarmed, they would absolutely. They, we'd be in the camps already. We'd probably all be dead at this point anyway. So they're talking about it. So that's the type of regime this is. These are the type of regime propagandists these people are. So the same thing should happen to them. Because I was taught that's justice. And I believe that. So there we go. That's really, that's all it is. People mm -hmm. that don't like Hillary Clinton that are Donald Trump supporters. By the way, they did the same thing to all the people in Rwanda radio. They put them all in fucking prison. Okay, so it's it's the same thing. Uh, you know, is it? Are they calling us cockroaches? Well, they're calling us maggots. See, that's the thing. That's how you know this is really fucked up because when you try to come up with the example, like what was the thing? What was one of the characteristics from Rwanda radio? They called the Tutsis cockroaches. Okay, well they call us maggots. What's the difference? What's the difference? Really? What is the difference? We just haven't had that one final broadcast before the killing started, you know, and, and that might not happen because Rwanda is a different place in America. It's a little more complicated here. But when you start running out of like goalposts towards whatever you call this, when you start running out of goalposts, you're like, oh, we hit that one. Oh, yeah, we hit that one. We hit the censorship goalpost. Now we're in the camp goalpost and the killing is goalpost. Like, like when you're at a goalpost, you know, you're pretty much in the end stage. And uh, I hope, I hope that my analysis here is completely wrong and that uh, when we look back on this, I'll go, man, I was really taking this shit too seriously. I hope that happens. But, uh, you know, that's not where I think we are. I think it's really not good. Um, I don't think it's hopeless, but uh, these people are crazy and they need to be completely marginalized and removed from society in the most humane, legal and political way possible are not going to be moved by they're already motivated by Hillary Clinton in the recesses of their minds. I, I don't think this is that big a deal. And I do think that there is a, an agreement that once Trump is off the stage, and I think that was the context of what she was saying, maybe I'm wrong, but once Trump is off the stage, that the fever pitch will will lower. I think no they're, way. They're, well, Zero well, percent. Well, no, it'll be it'll be worse. If if he's off the stage through another robbery, oh it's going to be way worse. And you know what's going to make it way worse is the, the Biden regime is going to start literal persecution. That's what's going to happen if they rob Trump uh, in the election. He is not part of it. The cult of personality, and that's what I think this is to a degree. Uh, and I think a lot of politics is a cult of personality. I think that's what, what happens. But I think that once he is gone, I've talked about this before, I think with you, Jenk, where I think it's like, uh, you know, people who come out to watch Donald Trump are like people who watch a golf tournament when, when Tiger Woods is playing. If Tiger Woods isn't mm -hmm. playing, there are a lot of people who aren't watching golf. I think a lot of. Well, I, someone can, someone will come along and take the mantle. People thought that was DeSantis. I think there's almost zero chance that that happens now. It could be Tucker Carlson. I don't know what Tucker Carlson... <clears throat> I don't know how he views the future. I don't know if that's something he's interested in. But Tucker could do it. <clears throat> He'd have to do all the right things. There's a whole thing he has to do. But he, he has enough clout that he could pull it off, I think. He, now, he would totally need Trump's blessing. 
you know, Trump will decide ultimately. I think who the who the guy is. I I, I mean, maybe not, maybe not, but I would think he would. Yeah, you have to have Trump's blessing. So he'd have to play carefully. You know, he's going to be in a bad mood if he get if he gets robbed again. Um, but uh, yeah, it it could be it could be Tucker Carlson. There's people it could possibly be. Could be it could it be Trump Trump Jr. If he's if he's surrounded with the right people, that's really what it comes down to. You got to be surrounded with the right people. They're not always surrounded with the right people. That's one of the issues. Of these people who came because of Donald Trump are going to leave when he does. So that's what I mean, and that's why I think she she is right to a degree about the fever pitch. While he's there, and he is there now, and he's there in a major way, that's not just going to go away. It, it, definitely not going to go away. It's not naive to think that the moderates within the House, as a matter of fact, with no leadership in the House right now, Donald Trump has a bigger hold on the Republican Party than he had three days ago. So I, I for, for now, it's not going to happen. Okay, so we can continue to disagree about the fever breaking. There's no chance that it breaks, in my opinion. None, zero, zero. Well, you, you think They're it's going to stay? Wait, yeah. excuse me. You think it's going to stay when Donald Trump is gone? So, Michael, your point about Tiger Woods is a good one. And so a lot of his voters will stay home. They'll get disgruntled with politics, etc. Uh, but if you think that the Republican Party is then going to go back to the party of Bob Dole, that <laughs> Mitt no, Romney, no, but I think that they Liz will, Cheney, no, if, if the he loses, if he loses, I think that they will start to revert to a degree to some of that. But I, I don't think it's going to go away at all. But I also don't think that these are people that will get disgruntled with politics. I think these are people who are not gruntled with politics. I think that they are interested in Donald Trump and they're there for that party. A lot of them, not they'll, all of them. They'll just, and find, they will, they'll just find Marjorie. Taylor Green, not Gates, no, but don't, don't, don't. well, the key part that they're ignoring here is the people. Let's say, let's say the temperature magically simmers down. The Biden regime, or whoever the regime is, the Kamala Harris regime, the Newsom regime, they're going to hunt Trump supporters, and they're going to keep escalating. Those people won't be, to because of the cult of personality, those people won't be taken seriously nationally in the way Trump has. He had a, he had a platform before he got there. They have a platform, but it's very different than, than what his was. Michael, look, the Republican voters despise the establishment. And they're never going to have that fever break and go, ah, they're okay. It's just not going to happen. So we can disagree about that. But Trey, get we'll your thoughts real quick before we go to those voters. Yeah. I mean, I tend to, I think there's something about Trump that like you just can't coach. I don't know that I believe that anyone, like Tiger Woods, I think that's a good analogy. I don't know that anyone's really gonna fill those shoes. I mean, famous last words, but I kind of don't, I just don't see it. You know what I mean? I don't think the fever is gonna completely break. Those people will remain there, but the Republican parties, if he loses, especially, they'll have to change in some way, right? It won't be like sustainable anymore, I feel like. Like, I mean, they keep, they have this like strategy of like, antagonizing more and more demographics of Americans and more narrowly defining the people they're appealing to. And I just don't- And that's made up. You, you have very uh, little political acumen. See how that's gonna be successful in the long term. So they'll either, I don't know, they're gonna have to change or just die out eventually. Hope. Yeah, uh, you're gonna kill us after the camps? Well, I mean, that is what the camps are. Fully, maybe that's too optimistic, but- I'm So he's too, his optimism is that we die. I mean, yeah, I don't think that Trump can be replicated exactly. Okay. He's just too okay. different. Okay, let's, well, of course, we'll see how that develops. So, Michael was in South Carolina recently, talked to those Trump supporters, and actually asked them, like, how they feel about being in a, you know, whether they think they're in a yeah. cult. And so, let's see what their answer is. 
All the economists are saying the economy is on the rebound. <laughs> Sir, the economy is good, but you don't agree. So does that, do you think you're in a cult? Hilarious, hilarious. Uh, historic lows in unemployment right now. Uh, does that uh, impact you? Uh, as a matter of fact, I don't believe any of that. It's not what I witnessed, so I don't believe it. And did you believe, I guess, pre-pandemic, because that's kind of a blip, but pre-pandemic when President Trump was in office, did you believe the metrics then? Uh, not from the mainstream media, but anything that he said generally in his uh, administration, I believed. So if it was coming from him, it was it was gospel. Because there are a lot of people that say, well, that's turning a blind eye to things if you're only trusting the person who's saying it. Almost it's cult-like. Does this feel cult? Yeah, but fucker, you're the one lying, okay? That's the problem. You are the one lying. Don't like it all to you? No, not at all. In fact, uh, what's cult-like to me is watching the mainstream media and listening to the, uh, the existing administration. 100% correct. 100% correct. Well, you know, look, guys, uh, it, it cults exist on lies. There's no cult out there telling the truth, because if they're telling the truth, you don't have to do the tactics. That's the thing about all this. Even if you if you're listening and you don't have time to get into the weeds of the details, here is something that I think this is just my opinion. People who tell the truth don't have to use tactics ever, ever. You never have to use tactics if you're telling the truth. OK. So only cults use cult tactics. Only the fucking media uses cult tactics. It's, I mean, it's maybe a little different because it's politics, but it's the same exact tactics. So, you know, call it what you want. If you want to call it a cult, I, I think that's fine. But that's the key differentiator. So it, you can apply this to any person, right? And a, and a way to figure out if they're, here's an easy way to figure out whether or not you're dealing with an honest person. Ask them direct questions. So you, you, you have a leftist talking to you or some, some person talking to you, and they're trying to get you to go along with what they're saying. Just ask them direct questions related to, you know, well, what evidence do you have? Uh, something like that. Something easy like, well, what evidence do you have? If they start insulting you, bang, right there, he's using tactics, and 99.999% chance they're lying to you. You, you could probably use this if you know nothing about the subject. If you simply ask the person, well, what evidence do you have of that? Can you show me the evidence? Simple, simple request, a reasonable request, because the person making the assertion is the one that has to provide the evidence. The burden is on them. If they start attacking you, insulting you, then you know they're lying. Simple as that. Simple as that. Um, cults do not tell the truth ever. They have to use tactics. That's why, because they lie, they, especially like religious cults, they come up with wild shit. They have, like Scientology, they, they believe in like fucking space aliens and shit. Xenu or whatever. So that's a preposterous concept, right? Xenu or whatever the fuck his name is. So they, they, they can't just come out and tell their, their adherents, listen, there's this Xenu guy, and he's out in outer space. Most people go, what the fuck are you talking about? Um, so what they have to do is they have to do this whole program of, uh, I forget what they call it, auditing, where you sit across from another person, and there's all this fucking brainwashing and tactics that a Scientologist has to do that's not even about Xenu, okay? And they have to keep rising in the ranks and, like, doing more and more of it. And then finally, when you get at the level where you've invested, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in, into it, that's one of the things that makes Scientology worse than Jehovah's Witnesses. Because 
you 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 can donate to Jehovah's Witnesses if you want, but there's no required money that you have to give. At least maybe it's, I mean I haven't been there since 2007. Maybe things are different now. <clears throat> and there's shit that happens like tricking people into signing over their will when they're old to the Watchtower. There's things that happens, but not it's not as systemic as Scientology. But then when you get to the when you've invested all of that, then they bring up Xenu. Okay, so again Xenu's not real. Everyone knows Xenu is not real, so you have to use tactics to sell Xenu. Same with Jehovah's Witness, Witnesses, okay? The whole fucking Jehovah is going to kill everyone except Jehovah's Witnesses, and you're going to live in paradise on earth with lions, and you're going to pet the lions. and Ridiculous, ridiculous. Um, although I will say that's easier to sell to a person because, you know, people, death is a tough thing to deal with. So Jehovah's Witnesses prey on that. And so they'll be like, oh, you'll see your, your, you know, hey, your mother died. Oh, you'll be reunited with her. You know, they'll, they'll tell you shit like that. Um, but, you know, then, then it's a whole, and I understand there's a whole thing with Christianity and like heaven and stuff, but I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about uh, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses specifically here. I mean, I'm not, I'm not a Christian, but like there, there is a, there is a big difference. I think that there are things that you can read about the Bible, about what the Christians believed related to the afterlife. Okay what the Jehovah's Witness believe is completely not anywhere in there. Okay, so it's, it's just a completely extra-biblical thing. You can definitely, uh, if, you're, if, you're, if, you, if you're a Christian and you're reading parts of the Bible and you agree with it, there are certainly beliefs that you'll come up with that I don't share. But that's, that's again, that's not what I'm talking about because you're arriving to those beliefs on your own or, you know, like someone who's not using tactics, right? So you're using the Bible as a source material. No one's coercing you. No one's using tactics. Okay. So and and, and so I want to be clear. It's not the disagreement that's at issue here. It is the it is the deliberate use of propaganda techniques. Only liars do that, because you don't need to do it. First of all, it makes you look bad when you use them, because because people who know about them will get suspicious. So you only use them out of desperation because you're lying and you're trying to force people to believe something. And the media is in a desperate state right now to try to force people to believe things. So desperate that fucking Hillary Clinton is talking about re-education, a formal re-education. That's completely wild. Again here, I think half wrong, half right. So half wrong is the obvious part. No, Michael's right. Those are the same numbers from the same organizations. They're putting it out during Trump. They're putting it out during Biden. The Trump numbers pre-pandemic were pretty good on some of the things like unemployment, etc. And when Trump quoted those numbers, those guys were like, yeah, of course, these numbers are the greatest things. God bless those institutions. When they say it's even better under Biden, they're like, no, God damn those institutions and God damn those numbers. I'm not gonna believe anything other than the cult leader, right? On the other hand, well, you know, that guy said, I don't believe anything from the mainstream media. Um, and I can make an argument for mainstream media being a cult and telling you that the politicians are honest people. Hi, uh, dummy, you're in that cult, okay? You're part of that cult. That are having real debates and have a certain ideology. I think that people, including some Trump supporters who say, no, that's total nonsense. They do exactly what their donors tell them to do, have an excellent case to make. In fact, I agree with that case 100%. And so it's a cult of a different sort. And if you challenge a mainstream media follower, hey, do you really believe that these millions of dollars that they're 
getting, what Mitch McConnell's getting is evil. Yeah, but you know, he, he's a total snake oil salesman because he says these things, but his ultimate message to you is to vote for Joe Biden. Chenk's ultimate message, his bottom line message is vote for Joe Biden. Well, they'll say, oh, of course, Mitch McConnell's a terrible guy getting money all those, from those corporations. Nancy Pelosi, the same money comes into her. Do you think she's uh, evil and bad and corrupt? They'll say, oh, no way, Nancy Pelosi's an angel. Tell me you're not in a cult. You sure you're not in a cult? So curious what you guys think, Trey. I'll start with you this time. I mean, yeah, definitely. There's, uh, you know, some uh, like people see things the way they want to. I mean, that's why it was so dangerous about them establishing, you know, the whole fake news thing and anything they don't like. They can uh, but again, asshole, that was new. Uh, excuse me, that was true. You are fake news. And just dismiss as not being real, and that's you know chapter one of their playbook now, and that's extremely frustrating because you can't use facts to well, read. And what you mean is you can't use lies. Using your way out of a dynamic like that, and everybody now lives in a bubble on both sides. And I agree with you; you're right. Uh, but I do think that like it's. I feel like the leftist version of that, to me, like they're not making you know the equivalent of Trump or death flags or like. No, they just, you better worship the trannies or they're going to kill you. That's all. Stooning their entire vehicle. And, and you better allow the trannies access to your children. With his face or painting portraits of him with six-pack abs and like doing the Heisman at the goal line, stiff-arming Joe Biden. Yeah, retard, that's called a meme. People share memes on the internet. And stuff like that. So like, it feels a little different and a little cultier to me. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you definitely have a point there. Yeah, but Trey, I'll just say this before I kick it over to Michael. So you're right about that, but that's 50-52. When it dips into violence, it's a disaster. It's not anything like Nancy Pelosi supporters. I don't know any Nancy Pelosi supporters who are like, oh my God, let's go leave the cocktail party and attack someone. Okay, so that's not gonna happen. At the same time, part right. of the reason why the Democrats don't have that cult of personality around them is because they don't really have a leader that fights for them. Uh, none of their leaders fight for mm -hmm. them, so it's hard to rally around the base and make Rocky pictures of what? Who? Yep. Biden or Pelosi? Schumer? Is that right? What? Come on, right? So go ahead. But Mike. you don't have to have that, right? To have it be honest and successful. And 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 what trade? Tra it's not honest and it's not successful. Uh, the only success you have is that cheating. Called it a bubble, right? Which is better than calling it a cult. There's a difference when you have people who will blindly support somebody, who will go to their rallies when he wasn't an, uh, uh, a candidate and is now are now going when he is a candidate, and just agreeing with every single thing he says and and dismissing fact. I mean, that's a little bit different. That is almost you know in a un, you're entranced by somebody rather than yes the the mainstream media. You can criticize them. I, I'm not as critical as, of them as you are, Jenk. But, but there's a little bit of a difference. Actually, a great big difference between uh, following one person the way these people do in politics. It doesn't happen a lot. It didn't happen even. I wouldn't liken the Bernie stuff to that either. I wouldn't liken, you know, maybe George Wallace is the last time we've had anything like that. And so I, it's and and even Wallace didn't have a hold. He lost the nomination. What are you, are you asking me something? Oh no, okay, you're not. Uh, but but so I, again, I like I, I don't think you can make the the same. I think it's a false equivalency to call what you're saying with 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 great merit about money and politics and and the media the same as what they're saying about Donald Trump and what we're seeing on the trail. Well, <clears throat> Bernie had a different kind of cult, right? 
I know what the Hillary Clinton people and Joe Biden people will say. Oh, yeah, the Bernie bros are terrible and stuff. No, Bernie's cult was. It wasn't a cult, Jen. No, no, I know, I know. It definitely wasn't a cult. First of all, they don't even exist anymore. They're not blindly following Bernie. They're not giving him praise for no reason out of nowhere. We've criticized them a number of times and how he's handled himself in the last couple of years. But in in like a lighthearted way, the followers of Bernie. They love the him with the mittens, remember, at the inauguration. And they love when the little bird lands. It's it's like the most pleasant followers you yeah, can imagine. Yeah, I mean, it's a meme right. thing. It's not really. A, and, right. and, and one one thing on that, when, when Bernie Sanders went to Charlottesville, Virginia, shout out for Charlottesville, Virginia, and he spoke at the University of Virginia, uh, a, a student asked him, you know, what are you supposed to do if you're really progressive and you're getting Democrats? I don't know who to vote for, etc. This was during the 2020 election. And Bernie Sanders said, suck it up and make that vote because it's going to make a difference. And that's different. <laughs> yeah, and that's Cenk's message. That's ultimately Cenk's message. Donald Trump would never say that about any other Republican. Well, that's fucking ridiculous. That's that's like a, that's like encouraging people to be prostitutes. And if he were to lose the nomination, which doesn't appear he will, uh, at least not without uh, imprisonment, uh, and even then, who knows? Uh, it, 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 you you see the difference there. He would never say anything like that because it's about Trump, not about the big picture. All right, super last thing you've heard of all of our points on this. Uh, it was a little bit of a Grant Williams moment. I don't think you get in Jimmy Butler's face in the middle of the playoffs. So like, and I'm not trying to compare Donald Trump to Jimmy Butler, who I really like. But her saying they need to be deprogrammed, she should know way better than that because it's gonna allow Trump to say, when they come after me, it isn't because I'm a lifelong criminal and con man and I actually broke all these laws. It's totally made up. Because they're coming after you. Which is actually not at all true. Right, yeah, they just want to put us in camps. They're not coming after us. They just want to literally put us in camps. That's all. They're not, they're not, you know, raiding Trump supporters' houses and murdering them. That's not happening right now. Yeah, oh, come on. How could you believe they would do that? Coming after you at all. But now they get to pretend that that's what's happening because they, the right wingers, let's keep it real. And if you're a right winger, don't tell me this isn't true. They are a lot more conspiratorial. I mean, you mention any kind of camp. Like yeah, well, I mean, we're right, so. Go fuck yourself. We've been right about, all, I mean, all the shit with COVID. It's uh, you should be sucking our dicks. We know it. We're all going to be put into Hobbit homes and FEMA camps. Never happened. Never gonna happen. But they believe it with two thousand percent intensity. Again, we are at a time where Trump supporters are literally being rounded up. Not every day, but it is happening. And he's now well because this is what they do. They pretend at first, oh, it's not happening. It's not happening at all. And then. When they can't say that anymore, they'll go, well, wait, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. We had to do it. So, but at the same time, you can't worry too much about what psychotic people think. No, the Obama never did FEMA camps. You guys never learned that lesson that maybe, maybe, just maybe, your leaders, yes, our leaders often lie. We point that out. Your leaders lie 24 7, and you. You are a 24 7 liar. Still can't seem to see it. So that part is cult-like for sure. Can you put that in NHL parlance instead of NBA parlance? (laughs) (laughs) Only if I can. So again, once again, the Young Turks defending talk of putting us in re-education camps as as usual. All right, let's get to some breaking news from the internet here from Cam. This is, I think, about uh, trannies. Let's have a look and see what's going on with some breaking tranny news. 
tranny activist gets triggered by teens transphobia does the only normal thing possible destroys the girl the girl's car and poops in it and in other words shits in the car shat in the car post-millennials reporting that a tranny activist became irate over a 17 year old girl's supposed transphobia and decided to break out all the windows in her car get inside the car shit in the seat and then smear it all over the car or as it's known in Portland, a normal Saturday afternoon. Here's what the car looked like after the stunning and brave, totally real woman got away with it. Oh, this is not to be. I like that, totally real woman. That's, uh, I like how this is phrased. All right, let's have a look here. This is in Portland's oh, Hollywood oh, district in Jesus Northeast Portland. Christ. One Shit. of our followers, Where's their the son's oh. girlfriend, Brutal. was thrifting, she says, for Shit. 15 minutes. Shit. Ah. Came oh. out, someone broke Took a dump in the all of her windows, Took a dump pooped in the, in the car, seat. and smeared it all oh, over man. the interior. And that's not any old shit. That's I mean, you gotta be shit. kidding me. You know that it Who has do you even call about this? It. Your car has AIDS. Yeah, that car is total. That, that car is total. You're not getting... Yeah, you, you, that's that's a total loss. That's a total loss. You can't get... You can't scrub the AIDS out of that car. No way. Vivian uh, Ginger Rain Shemansky, 44, was located by the Portland police nearby and was arrested. The teen identified Shemansky as the stranger who confronted her earlier. The victim's mother tells uh, the post-millennial that the suspect told responding police her daughter was transphobic. The police says this wasn't documented in the police report. Shemansky, previously known as Eric Neil Bowen, was charged with felony first-degree criminal mischief, felony unauthorized use of vehicle, second-degree criminal mischief, and a second degree disorderly conduct. I imagine they will they will let them off with a slap on the wrist like they're doing the looters in Philadelphia. Apparently the tranny had a history of violence and run-ins with the police. Here's a string of mug shots. You can actually, actually see his transition from male to a slightly older, uglier, fatter male now with glasses. Yeah, that's pretty much true. The post-millennial story documents cases against Shemansky, formerly Bowen, as far back as 2012. He's a violent convicted felon. He's been ordered to seek mental health in the past. In addition, the prosecuted cases, Bowen has been released without being prosecuted on multiple occasions. At least we know it's not his white male privilege. According to initial reports, although it is not corroborated by the police report, the whole thing started because of an unintentional misgendering. Just another week in clown world, yeah? Crazy. Absolutely insane. So that's not the B. And uh, just, uh, yeah, trannies are wild. Shitting. Trannies are shitting in cars because you don't find them attractive. That's basically what this is. Now we got Mojack420 with some breaking shit news. Iowa woman busted in Minnesota for carrying illegal giraffe shit. Wow, it's illegal to have giraffe shit? That's weird. Giraffes are very interesting creatures. They're always looking down on you. Uh, I'm serious. Like, it's weird. Even though there's no way... I mean, I don't know how smart they are. But there's something... There's a weird dynamic. I was at a zoo, I think, not last time I went to Florida, the previous time. We went to the zoo. It was pretty good. I haven't been to the Philadelphia Zoo in years. I'm not going into Philly for any reason whatsoever. My only exception is the straight... I-95 shot to the stadium if I have, like, a buddy with, like, free tickets to a game. But you don't have to go in. You just go straight. To, you, you basically pull almost right into the stadium, you know. And then you just get back on the highway, whatever. Um, 
the Philadelphia Zoo used to be good. I haven't been there for years, but the last time I went, they it's all fucked up now. Like, the, the lion cage is behind such thick glass that you can't... It's like, what's the point? You might as well watch it on TV. Whereas back in the day, they used to have this thing. You would go into this room, and they would let the lions in the cage, and they would roar, and it would fucking reverberate throughout the whole place. That was wild. And they would feed them right there. It was awesome. They don't do that anymore, because somehow that's inhumane. Anyway. Um, but there is this, uh, there's this uh, zoo in Florida... And uh, it wasn't bad. It, and there was a lot of interaction. You could, like, fucking... Uh, there was, like, capybaras walking around and shit. You could, you could like, you know, interact with it. They don't really do a whole lot. They just kind of look at you. Um, there's, like, these birds that land on you. It was wild. Anyway. Um, how did I get on this? Oh, yeah. There was giraffes, right? So, you know, people were feeding the giraffe. And, and you're looking up. And it's looking down on you. It's, like, looking. And I'm like, I wonder if they're smart enough to, like, cast judgment. Probably not. I mean, I don't think giraffes are like, uh, they're not like chickens. They're not like totally retarded. But, um, I don't know. How smart are they? You know, some of these animals are pretty smart. But, uh, yeah, giraffes, I don't know. Anyway, it, it's just a weird dynamic because they're like literally looking down on you because they're so tall. It's wild. Anyway, the this lovely bulletin comes from U.S. Customs and Border Protection regarding something you're not allowed to bring into the United States. They state that on September 29th, 2023, a woman from Iowa declared that she possessed this. Literal shit. Shit. This is giraffe shit. Here's the exact words from the feds on what went down on the airport in Minnesota. The passenger declared giraffe feces and stated she had obtained the droppings in Kenya and planned to make a necklace. The passenger stated in the past she used moose feces at her home in Iowa. Yeah, that's not gonna. That's uh, that's. What what are you doing? What do you? You can't make a necklace out of clay or pearls. You got to use shit. Come on. I have so many questions. A giraffe shit necklace. I've obviously not been keeping up with the latest fashion trends. As tempted as I am to laugh at someone's exotic necklace plans, this is a serious health issue. As the government mentions that Kenya is currently dealing with African swine fever, classical swine fever. Newcastle disease, foot and mouth disease, and swine vesicular disease. But, you know, there, there's no disease over there. That's racist to say that. How dare you? Bringing in feces from Kenya means potential bad things entering America that were not here previously. Well, you sound like a white supremacist. There's no mention what part of Iowa the woman hails from, but if you see someone who comes for, from the children of the corn place with a smelly necklace, you might want to head the other way. Man. So it's not the fact that giraffe shit is illegal. It's that diseased or giraffe shit from countries with a lot of disease is illegal. So you could probably go to the zoo and steal some giraffe shit and they're not going to care. Although you should probably be arrested anyway. Don't do that. What is, okay. Like the thing you learn, I mean, frankly, at the earliest age, you're taught not to handle shit. At least I was. I don't know about other people, but like that was a no-no. You don't touch shit. Okay. Um, that was a big deal, you know. You learn that lesson. Because, you know, when you're in a crib or whatever, and you're a kid, if you're young enough to be in a crib, you don't know what the fuck's going on. So you don't know that you don't play with shit. So you have that incident where you play with shit, and then it's made very clear to you, you don't play with shit ever again. But, you know, you got to learn that lesson. But apparently, other people, <laughs> they probably didn't learn that lesson. 
I think you need to teach that lesson. Don't play with shit. What are you doing? Anyway, there you go. Okay. Let me, uh, that was breaking news from the internet from Mojack420. Thank you, sir. The previous one was Cam. Um, if you have an article that you want read on stream, 10 and up, details in the description. Let me uh, read some of these super chats. We're taking them uh, through Streamlabs. Link in the description. We're also taking them through uh, Entropy. Link in the description. Uh, and we're also taking Rumble Rants on Rumble. Although I will see them. But man, these fucking spammers. They are relentless. Um, and I I'm a pretty easygoing motherfucker. And, uh, but they, they are just, I mean, I'm like, I'm just stomping them out and they keep coming back. They're like cockroaches. It is unreal. Anyway, I'll still see them even though they, 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 uh, spam up the chat, but I will still see the rumble rants and, uh, oh, also, okay. Oh, there's a bit of an update. Let's uh, talk about the book. So if you go to the description right now, in Rumble or on YouTube, you will see a link. It's four or five down. You will see a link for the Soft Gentleman's book. You can download it free via PDF. And so, uh, what, what, how this all started is uh, a viewer. I don't remember what got us on the con the conversation about a book per se, but a viewer uh, uh, said you should. Uh, the Soft Gentleman should write a book called What a Bigot Would Say. Uh, I believe this was. Um, Prodigal Champs left this homosexual brother uh, whose name escapes me at the moment. It's something related to that. Prodigal Shill. There it is. Okay. Anyway. So I, I then tied it into, all right, let's do like a membership drive for Subscribestar because like Subscribestar really helps the channel. And so we set a goal and uh, I put it out there and we hit the goal. And so the book was written by the soft gentleman and it is now available for download. Now, part of the deal, if we hit the goal, was after I released it to the audience, I would submit it to get published on Amazon. So I've done that. Um, there's going to be multiple versions because people, there's people that are like, you know, working on artwork and various things and covers and stuff. So there's going to be multiple versions. So if you absolutely still feel free to, to submit whatever you want. Uh, there, there will be multiple versions, but it, it has been submitted. Now, I have no idea how long it takes to get into the system um, and it's supposed to go on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and all these things. I will believe that when I see it, but if I see it, that'll be something. That'll be something. If that book gets published on any site, that is going to be insane. Okay. And, and um, if that happens, I said I would go around to different streams and I will advertise the book. Now, there's some streams that are more friendly to advertisement. I'm not going to do it on every stream that I watch, but there are some streams where they, they welcome that. So on streams that welcome that, I am going to let them know that my leftist homosexual has a book called What a Bigot Would Say, available on Amazon.com. Okay, and then I, I, I said I would have the soft gentleman build an, a uh, social media presence, so he will open a Twitter account and start promoting the book, and we'll actually get this in gear. It just needs to be published on one site. It, it, I don't care if it's Barnes & Noble. I don't care if it's Lulu. I don't care if it's... Just one. Just one. It just needs to be one. Um, and so that's where we are. And so I will uh, keep you updated on uh, if it actually gets published. That would be incredible. Okay. Uh, so we are now working on the second book, which will be written by me. It will be... Uh, 
rants and vicious insults of all the people in politics that a lot of us dislike. It will also be a book about uh, how the media uses the same propaganda techniques as, uh, as uh, cults and upstairs Negar is just nonstop dropping something. I don't know, do you hear that? I don't know what the hell's going on up there. I think he's dropping his cock just nonstop. I don't know, you know, maybe. He listens sometimes, so maybe he can tone it down a bit. I have no idea, but anyway. Um, so, um, so yeah, and uh, did I mention the part? Yeah, the, the audience, uh, some in the audience wanted a breakdown of like how the Jehovah's Witness cult and the corporate media use the same technique. So I'll, I'll put that in there as well. Um, so uh, if you're interested in seeing that, you can go to Subscribestar and sign up, link in the description, or you can go to Rumble and click the red subscribe button, or you can go to the Soft Gentleman's YouTube channel and click the join button. Um, uh, you know, you can do that when he streams, which is Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday around noon Eastern. And uh, as we get closer to three, what did I say, 300? As we get closer to 300, I'll, I'll start like keeping track of where we are. I think we're almost at 200. Um, but I said it at 300 because there seems to be a phenomenon in the soft gentleman's bathhouse. Because I don't think Subscribestar allows gifting of subs. And I don't think Rumble does, but YouTube does. So there are these bathhouse explosions where people buy memberships to the bathhouse to other people. And so that gets us like to the number quicker. So I figure 300 is reasonable. We'll see what happens. Um, and then, yeah, the deadline for that though, after, if we hit the goal, the deadline for my book would be 30 days from, from, uh, from reaching the deadline. I think 30, I think 30 days. I think I could do it in 30, 30 days. Soft Gentleman did it in two weeks. So I think I could do probably double the amount in 30 days. That seems to be reasonable. You know, I don't think, I mean, you know, once you get in, in the process of writing insults, like if I'm writing about David Pakman, I, I can't, like, I'm not going to have, that's, this is the type of thing where I don't expect writer's block because I could sit there and insult David Pakman all day. I could just, I mean, I could write a whole page about David. I mean, it's going to be, I'm not going to say it's going to be easy, but I think that, you know, the writer's block will not be an issue. Anyway, okay. Let me read some of these super chats. Let's go to entropy here. Eric Gasse, he said, I watched an, an uh, actual Justice Warrior video that mentioned about Emma being a rich bitch and began to wonder if scummy Cedar and other idiots always bring up how rich guys like Trump and Musk don't care about working class people because they are rich and don't care about working class people. Yeah, I definitely think they do that. Um, so Emma is confirmed to have been raised in a wealthy family. Sam Cedar has a fuck ton of money. Sam Cedar just from MSNBC got millions of dollars, which is wild because his show... So apparently Sam Cedar signed a deal with MSNBC for like an online show that they later canceled, but they still paid him. Okay, and it was in the millions. And that's according to his own words. There was this lefty. I forget his name. This was a couple years ago. He recorded himself undercover talking to Sam Cedar. I think he was in Sam Cedar's house, like at his kitchen table. And uh, Sam, he was the piece of shit that you, that, you know, you know him to be. He's, he's no different than he is on a show. I will tell you that. He's a fucking piece of shit. And he has no values of any kind. And, uh, and yeah, and I think it's all about the money. And he has a lot of fucking money. Um, I watched uh, actually, I watched most of uh, actual Justice Warriors videos. I watched um, 
the last one I saw was, I think, him mocking Cenk Uger for uh, running for president. And he pointed out consistently over and over again that not only can Cenk not run, okay, because he doesn't qualify, but his idea to try to go before a conservative Supreme Court to, like, overturn the Constitution or whatever is retarded. And, uh, yeah, he's correct about that. It's a, retar it's a retarded idea, but it's the same idea that he has with Wolfpack. I think, didn't H.A.W., when H.A.W. first came on YouTube, I wasn't, I, was it, let me think, I think it was him, I think he made a video explaining how Wolfpack is like the dumbest shit ever. It was very good. I think it was him. Might have been that other guy. There's that scuba gear guy. Davis or something. That guy's a little bit of a blue pill normie, though, I will say. Anyway, whatever. Maybe he's not now, because the video I saw from him years ago about Tim Pool was very normy. I was like, this guy, what are you kidding me? He actually thought the corporate media, not 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 actual Justice Warrior, but this other guy, he thought the corporate media was like, there was like some validity to it. Now, it's possible. Look, because of everything we're seeing, more and more people who used to be that way have realized what's going on. And they're like, okay, that's obviously bullshit. So it's possible he evolved. I hope he evolved. Because uh, some of his shit was good. I forget his name. Stephen Michael Davis, I think, was his name. I'm not 100% sure. I have seen good content from him. So, um, Okay. All right. Thank you, Eric. Appreciate that. Cooper Sees the Truth says, Important alert. Every U.S. citizen is hereby informed that our perfect and wonderful parents have been attacked. <laughs> and it's officially declared a grave anti-Semitic hate crime for any American citizen who doesn't immediately sell your house, car, and all personal belongings and send the money to Israel. Yeah, Twitter is a wild, a wild time right now. Um, first, the first thing is, you know, there's these horrible videos of just crazy shit, okay? And then what happens is propagandists take horrible videos from previous skirmishes and label them as if they just happened, okay? Or you get people like Ian Miles Chung incorrectly labeled a video. He claimed that the video showed Hamas going door to door. Now, I do think this did happen. But in the video, he labeled what were, according to many people, clearly IDF soldiers who were in a shootout with Hamas. So, like, there was a shootout going on. And I wouldn't be surprised if Hamas was in one of the houses. But, you, but like, his framing was incorrect because the people he was claiming were Hamas were not Hamas. It was IDF, okay? So, you know, maybe that's not as big of a deal because I do think that they did, I do think Hamas did do that. But again, we're in the fog of war and who knows? Who knows at this point? But it, it does seem like that is what's going on. Um, you know, I would think if they weren't doing that, they would deny it. They'd be like, we didn't do that. What are you talking about? But they didn't deny it. They're like, hell yeah, we did that. So, you know, it seems like they did that. Anyway, so then there is the showing horrible war footage as a tactic. It's one thing, like if people report, I have no problem with that. You got to report. And, and look, I have extra respect for people that fucking sort through that horrible shit and fucking report it. Like that takes a stomach. Like you, you got some, you're built different to do that. So I do respect that because you need people to do that. But there's then the 
propagandists, and they have propagandists on both sides, but the ones you see, particularly if you're following a lot of conservative Inc, uh, conservative Inc accounts, is just this like absolute bloodlust for America to just fucking go to war. They, uh, or, or you have to say, like, look, this is not the easiest situation. You know who had a good video that I thought was pretty fucking, like, balanced? That, you know that tech lead guy? I like that guy. He's a, he's a different character, that guy. But he has a, um, he has a, uh, what would you call, he is very, like, I'm a non-emotional person. That guy, I'm, I'm probably emotional compared to him, Okay. And he likes to troll a lot. I, I, I find him very entertaining. But uh, he seemed to have, like, kind of like a decent breakdown of, like, what was going on. And uh, he seemed like it was it was reasonable. I didn't like the fact that he used a Vox article. I wasn't a fan of that. But it was, like, solid. It was a solid video. Um, and I'll take a, I'll take solid, steady right now in, in a world of hysteria over, over the propaganda. But you'll have, like, all of these people... Who are like you have to? This is the narrative you have to accept. Okay, Israel has done nothing wrong ever, doesn't mistreat Palestinians ever, and is right to kill all of them, including their children. Okay, that's not a reasonable narrative. Okay, okay. Look, I I absolutely it's fucked up if those videos are actually of. I mean, it does look like there. Are, it looks like there's a dead kid in a truck. And it looks like they, the uh, Palestinians are driving it around like a trophy. Okay, now, it's possible that that is not what the video is and the framing is bullshit. So I'm reserving judgment until I confirm. Okay, um, so that's fucked up, okay? And it's fucked up when Hamas kills civilians. I have n no issue with that. There is a ton of shit that the Israeli government has, that has done to Palestinian civilians. That's also insane. So the idea that, and by the way, uh, a lot of the lefty pro-Palestinian people, it's the same narrative. Palestine, the Palestinians did nothing wrong, and everything they do is fine, and you don't understand, and it's like, no, not everything they do is not fine. Okay? Um, so, yeah, it's like, it's like this propaganda to get people to support each side 100%. And then you get people like me who, this is not our fight, okay? I, I hope the minimum amount of civilians are, are hurt. Um, this is not our fight. America should not be involved in this. And, and the key thing, which I covered in the beginning of the show, is this seems like a gay op because people on the ground in Israel are like, where the fuck were the military? And they weren't around. They let, apparently, in some areas, Hamas was in there for six hours without a military response? I, either, either... The Israeli military, and I tell you, there is a, there is a, um, if you look at the Old Testament, right, there is a thing about, like, the Israelites talking mad shit. They were a small group of people, um, who, and they were surrounded by people that wanted to kill them. And one of the things they did in their books is they would write about their God, you know, Jehovah. And their God, Jehovah, was the most bad motherfucker on the block. And he would kill. He would. He was so powerful. Like, our God was the best God and the, the most vicious God against our enemies because we're the chosen people. And they talk mad shit positively about their God, Jehovah, right? It's possible that they do that about the Israeli military. 
Maybe Israel wasn't as good militarily. Maybe their system wasn't as on lock as they claimed. Maybe that was all kind of like a diversion to make people think that if you that you could never do something like this. And maybe Hamas was like, well, we're going to see. I don't know. I don't know. It could be either. I don't know enough to make a call there, but there are questions that need to be uh, answered. And I tell you, if you get attacked for asking those questions, we went over them. This woman made a video, had very good questions. If they call you anti-Semitic or if they say, oh, you're, you want people to, if they attack you or, 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 or use ad hominem attacks for just asking those questions, and I think we have our answer that this is probably a gay up to try to start I don't know, a, a world war or, or I don't know, I don't know. Uh, but these people are crazy. And uh, there, there are very suspicious things happening that, uh, that uh, leads to a lot of questions. Um, Mojack420, oh, I read that one. Uh, Yitakami says, Hillary Clinton is not human. Hillary Clinton is a disease. The penalty for any fuckers that agree with HRC is execution, period. So what's, what's interesting is if, is if, Leftists engage in rhetoric like that. It's fine. It's saving democracy. If a conservative does it, oh, we got a terrorist on our hands. Isn't it fascinating? It's very fascinating. John Fraser says, tyrants and their loyalists who accuse others of the very thing they themselves are guilty of is, mo is nothing more than a confession of their own sins. Yes. Um, that's the Viva Barnes confession through projection. Is that it? Yeah, I think it is. I've been watching a lot of Viva. I, I like Viva. I think he's earnest. I think Viva Barnes is earnest. I did not, or not Viva Barnes, Viva Fry. Uh, although I do like the show with Barnes. Um, I did not agree with him at all on the Nick Fuentes rumble censorship. I thought they both got that completely wrong. I think Viva got it factually wrong. And I think Barnes, while factually correct that it was protected speech, for whatever reason, uh, and it doesn't happen often, but for whatever reason, he can't, keep his emotions in check when he's talking about Nick Fuentes for some reason. It's a shame. It's just like, it's really, it's, uh, you know, hopefully, hopefully he doesn't have to deal with Fuentes ever again, because uh, I think Barnes for the most part is, is great, but man, <laughs> it's just not good. Not good at all. That was not good at all. All right, let me go to uh, Streamlabs. Okay, where did we leave off? So we had, uh, Michelle Kincaid says, uh, they act like we don't have thoughts of our own. Like we all just sit around waiting on Trump to make a speech or post a truth or whatever, waiting for him to tell us our next move through coded language, moves that we never make, like on election night. Most of us knew the moment the shenanigans were in play, not just in the chat, but across the country, we knew before Trump said anything. They act like he puts the idea in our heads. Did you see the video of the white activist stabbed by the teen um, in, in uh, New York? In New York, I saw, I mean, I, I, I saw a version of the video. Um, th there was parts that were blurred out, I guess the stabbing part. Um, unless, is there, a, uh, is there a video of the one? Oh, no, the one in Philly got shot, right? So, yeah, I think you're probably talking about the one in New York. Um, I saw the initial video, um, and, and, I, and they censored out the stabbing part. Um, they, they blurred it. Um, but I had said, and granted, you know, maybe, maybe the, the guy would have followed him, but, uh, you know, cause they always say it's racist to cross the street and, uh, it's totally not racist to cross the street. It would have saved that guy's life if he crossed the street. Um, I crossed the street the other day. I was, I was walking on a trail 
and I, and I could see in the distance that there were about four or five black teens sitting at a basketball court. Not with basketballs. If they're playing basketball, whatever. Just sitting there, and I thought, nah, I'm going to turn around. And I turned around. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. Now, you can be overly paranoid. Like, if I see a black guy pushing his kid in a, in a stroller, or a black woman pushing her kid in a stroller, I don't turn around. Because, like, this is just not... I, I don't think there's a risk there. Um, you know, it, it's the same with any any group. There's white people that if I saw, I would turn around. Um, and, and they're, yeah, teens. White teens that look like drug addicts or leftists. I don't want to be anywhere near them. If they look like Antifa, I'm going in the other direction. So there's nothing wrong with that. It's not racist. It would have saved this guy's life. And racist, it's, I have said it before, it's just not even a real thing at this point. It's a cudgel used against white people. And it, it might have killed this guy. Although I, I think these people... Uh, if you're a normal Joe Biden voter, I have no beef. I don't want things like that to happen. I don't think you would deserve something like that ha happening. I want to be clear about that. People who are deliberately helping employ policies like in New York City that are leading to people being killed and mugged, I would, I, I, I have no, pro I, I think karma took its course. That's how I view it. People were killing Cernovich over, and frankly, Cernovich didn't even say anything that harsh, I don't think. He was just basically like, this is this is what the policy they're putting in does. And he got a taste of it. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think that's a pretty reasonable thing. These people... Oh, and then they uncovered tweets from this guy where he's like, he, he, he likes uh, he's celebrating people's deaths and shit. And, and I just, I got nothing for a person like that. If you're helping destroy the country... Like, what about the people, like, we might disagree, here's where the disagreement might be, we might disagree of what it is they deserve, but I, I think we're in agreement that there is definitely um, a cost that people are paying, innocent people, working people, every day, when they let out these criminals, and they continue to hurt people, if those criminals were behind bars the, the way they should be, there are a ton of people who would not have been hurt. It's the same thing with illegal immigration. It's the same thing. Kate Steinland would be alive if we had a reasonable immigration policy. So I think the people who put, who helped put those insane policies in place, yeah, I got, I think they're horrible people. I think they're the worst among us. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if uh, that keeps happening. All right, let's get into, and I just think that there's just this overall desperation out here in the media landscape where they are desperately trying to find anything to, to, to nail Trump with and to get his base to leave him. So now they have a new one. Now, before we get into this, I just want to point out, this was hilarious. I don't remember how long after the story broke and it was, it was everywhere. It was on, it was broken by ABC news. It was on every MSNBC show at the, I think it was the first thing they talked about for the most part. This was a hysterical hair on fire media narrative that Donald Trump shared sensitive nuclear secrets, secrets at Mar-a-Lago with an Australian billionaire. Then a few hours later, Catherine Heritage comes out with this tweet. This is fucking great. Sources tell CBS News that there is no indication former President Trump shared sensitive records with an Australian billionaire. Plus, no charges have been filed by the special counsel through their alleged discussion about U.S. nuclear subs was investigated. So, totally made up narrative. 
uh, and did that stop them? Of course not. Uh, here is the Young Turks, and uh, I think there's a. I think I think everybody covered it at this point. Donald Trump is facing a fresh round of accusations in regard to sensitive intelligence, uh, sensitive information that he allegedly shared with an Australian billionaire and a member of Mar-a-Lago. So the allegations here were shared with ABC News through a source who is familiar with the Australian billionaire and the conversations that this individual had with special counsel Jack Smith. But with that background information, let's get to the details of what ABC News is reporting here. The potential disclosure was reported to special counsel Jack Smith's team as they investigated Trump's alleged hoarding of classified documents at Mar-a-Lago. The sources tell ABC News the allegation is that Trump talked about nuclear submarines that the United States has. We don't know too many details about what he disclosed, but what we or whether what he disclosed is actually accurate. Now the Mar-a-Lago member and Australian billionaire is Anthony Pratt, who runs a US-based Pratt Industries, one of the world's largest packaging companies. In fact, soon after Trump was elected, he invested about $2 billion in the manufacturing jobs for this plant. And prosecutors and FBI agents have spoken to him and interviewed him about this at least twice. Now, according to Pratt's account, as described by the sources, Pratt told Trump he believed Australia should start buying its submarines from the United States, to which an excited Trump leaning toward Pratt as if to be discreet, then told Pratt two pieces of information about US submarines, the supposed exact number of nuclear warheads they routinely carry, and exactly how close they supposedly can get to a Russian submarine without being detected. Now again, Pratt allegedly told investigators that Trump shared this information with him during their meeting in April of 2021. However, he made clear that Trump did not share any classified documents with him as he was sharing this information. Now, Pratt then went to spill the beans to a lot of people he knows. He spoke to more than a dozen foreign officials, several of his own employees, and a handful of journalists. Sources said another witness, one of Trump's former employees at Mar-a-Lago, told investigators that within minutes of Pratt's meeting with Trump, he heard Pratt basically relaying this information to someone else who was at Mar-a-Lago. According to the sources, the former Mar-a-Lago employee also told investigators he was bothered and shocked to hear that the former president had provided such seemingly sensitive information to a non-US citizen. In emails and conversations after meeting with Trump, Pratt described Trump's remarks to at least 45 others, including six journalists, 11 of his company's employees, 10 Australian officials, and three former Australian prime ministers, the sources told ABC News. And one other thing that was clear to me from reading this reporting was that Pratt decided to become a member of Mar-a-Lago specifically to have some connection to Trump, some some access to Trump, if you will, because he wasn't a member until Trump was inaugurated in 2017. And then, you know, Trump, of course, made manufacturing jobs part of his political platform. So he invested $2 billion in manufacturing jobs here in the United States, which I have no problem with. But nonetheless, he wanted that access. And what I thought was 
A fascinating admission by Pratt was that in recent months, according to sources, Pratt told investigators that he now supports the current US government, describing himself as someone who tends to just side with the king. <laughs> I mean, I. You know, I really do appreciate the transparency there. Yeah, I mean, I, you gotta give him a little bit of credit there. But uh, he's apparently not shy about sharing. He shares that honest opinion and then he's like, "Oh, I got some top secret uh, nuclear uh, you know, information. That's a lie. From Donald Trump. So I'll share it with 45 other people, including three former prime ministers. No, this is the kind of guy <laughs> who can't wait to spill the beans about the hot goss. Right, yeah. or as my daughter would say, spoil the beans. And so the beans have been entirely spoiled. Now look, this is an Man, her chest is getting more leathery by the day. That's a hell of a thing. Interesting case because Donald Trump has something minor to gain. Like, so this guy's at Mar-a-Lago and he likes to impress his guests at Mar-a-Lago. They pay him $200,000 to join and a lot and more in annual fees, etc. But that's really not much. I don't, I don't think that Trump was doing this for profit. It's what, you know, I mentioned all the time. I'm sorry, I know it sounds gross, but it's it's verbal diarrhea, right? He can't help himself. He's a little child. That That's his defining characteristic, a tiny little child. It right? seems like he was peacocking. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's what so, it appears. And by the way, just to give you a sense of when this meeting allegedly took place, it was several months after leaving the White House in April of 2021. Yeah. So, like, I'm worried that he took some of those documents home because he wanted to sell them. Yeah. He, especially the documents about how to invade Iran. Saudi Arabia yes. would love those uh, documents. That they're. A top enemy is Iran, yeah, is Trump and his family is a thousand deals with Saturday. But we don't have evidence on that yet. Like if we were Republicans, we would have already like convicted him, impeached him, whatever, yeah. etc. Right? Uh, but it, but we don't have evidence on that. If we do, that would be the worst because that's betraying national secrets on purpose for money. So in this case, he's not doing it for money. Mm -hmm. He's doing it because he's an idiot, right? So again, retard. He's not doing it at all. This is made up. And so, does it make it better? Yes and no. I mean, no, you're still sharing the nuclear secrets. It doesn't uh, really- Again, they're not secrets. This is completely made up. Matter. Do, do you know what this would be like? And frankly, I mean, I don't recall them doing this, but I wouldn't be surprised if you pointed me to an article where someone, one of the resistance made this argument. Remember that speech he gave on uh, July 4th? where they had like the, the, the planes and shit fly over. I think it was in DC, was it in DC or was it at uh, Rushmore? I, I think it was in DC. Anyway, I think they had like the F-19 stealth bomber or something. It looked like the fucking Batman plane. Flew over top, okay? It would be like arguing that Trump shared secrets about the F-19 stealth fighter or whatever it was. Like, oh, by having, by acknowledging and saying, look at that, look at that plane, that he's sharing secrets. Like, these people apparently had a conversation about submarines, okay? Um, no secrets were shared, but again, they're pretending, oh, well, he shared secrets. He, he's, and of course, the, some of them bring up Russia somehow, that this guy was like a Russian agent. Too much why you can't do it, it's deeply illegal, right? On the other hand, in terms of intent, it matters to me. Yeah, same. Right. I yeah. Agree. Mm -hmm. So, it, like, if I thought he was being nefarious about it and he was trying to get money out of it, then throw him in prison for the rest of his life 
for sharing American nuclear secrets for money, right? But if he's just an idiot, we kind of already knew that. Now, having said that, it is definitely wrong. And if he gets away with it, then can a rando just be oh, like, oh. if he gets away with this totally made-up thing, what will we do next? Oh yeah, well, you know, I told another, I told a French businessman the same exact thing that Donald Trump is going around telling an Australian businessman. There are no rules anymore. So this one's a little bit. I mean, normally it wouldn't be complicated at all. The person who did this would be in massive, massive trouble, right? Well, but since it's Trump and there's already 28 things against him, and the you know, and the PS side will cry, it's like not as major as some of the other ones. Well, I want to be clear about something, right? Because this is something that Special Counsel Jack Smith did, in fact, look into. It was reported to him. He did apparently look into this, and you know, the Special Counsel's indictment against Trump makes no mention of this meeting with the Australian billionaire or the disclosures that he allegedly provided to this Australian billionaire. As ABC reports, Special Counsel Smith did not include any information about Trump's alleged April 2021 conversation with Pratt in his June indictment against Trump. So I don't know if that means anything you know, significant here. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Who knows? It's impossible to tell. Oh, that's not an indicator on how serious this is. I would venture to say that it does. He probably looked into it and realized, well, you know. Yeah, Jack Smith, if they have Trump dead to rights on something like this, he's just gonna lay, he's, gonna, he's not gonna try, he's gonna let him go. He's just gonna let him go. He probably had the same take we did, right? Yeah. He was probably peacocking, trying to brag about the United States. Uh, well, the other thing is Trump can declassify. Uh, was this when he was president? Oh, no, this was after he was president. So, uh, yeah, no. So, yeah, they would have had him if it was at. Well, the, the, see, this is this is their problem. Let's let's even pretend that like he did have information that he declassified. He can share that freely, but that doesn't even seem to be what what this is about. The only way he has actual classified uh, documents after being president is if after he left the White House, he went back into the White House and broke in and stole them, which no one is alleging. They, are, they, are, they do in, infer it sometimes. They do infer it sometimes because they pretend Trump can't uh, declassify at all when he was president. Um, now, Australia is an ally of ours. In fact, under the Biden administration, uh, the United States government signed a deal to provide uh, some submarines to Australia, not submarines that have the capacity for nuclear weapons. Uh, so that's not the case. Uh, but we're talking about an ally here. It's not like Trump. There's evidence of Trump selling nuclear secrets to um, an enemy of ours or anything like that. But yeah. nonetheless, I no. mean, incredibly irresponsible and wrong. He shouldn't have done it. But yeah, so sell. Look, I don't care who he sells the nuclear secrets to, life in prison. I don't care if it's a so-called ally or not. But in this case, he's not selling them, right? He's just a moron. So, so there isn't an instance where he sold them. You're just making shit up. This is your current Alpha Bank uh, story. So during Russiagate, Chank uh, married himself to the Alpha Bank server story, which was one of the dumbest stories. It, it was amazing that one of the most implausible, dumbest stories is the one Cenk said was the key to the whole thing. That was fantastic. That's his, this is his version of that. The, he, he latched onto it as soon as the Washington Post, and when the Washington Post, when the first like uh, document scandal story dropped, the parts about nuclear secrets, that, was, that fell apart, I think, within like an hour. That was like the part of the story with like within an hour that fell apart. 
he just ran with it and continues to run with it and pretend that Trump sold nuclear secrets and somehow it had something to do with the Saudis and $2 billion that Kushner got. He, he has zero evidence for any of this. So look, telling how many nukes we have on a sub, terrible, right? But telling how close we can get to the Russians without them knowing is way worse. Bit of a problem, yeah. Yeah, it's a giant, giant secret to give away, right? And my <laughs> God, guys, look, oh, we show another foot, right? We do it for Republicans, we say, now remember if this was Bernie, how would we feel about it, etc., right? Now, Republicans. If this is Barack Obama, and he's just like giving away. First of all, if it's as, it, let's pretend it was real and Obama actually, post presidency, somehow obtained classified documents that he was not allowed to have, you would defend him just like you defended Hillary Clinton for having classified emails, and just like you defended Biden for having classified documents as VP and as a senator. Our secrets about our nuclear submarines to billionaires from other countries. You know you would be livid, livid. Okay, you would want him in prison, etc. Now, look, it's interesting that Jack Smith didn't go after this, and he did go after the other secrets that Trump has. I don't know if that means he has something more. I'll say one more thing on this. Look, with the Russian interference stuff. Did the Russians interfere in the election? Yes, and uh, no. Mueller proved that, etc. But okay, did so, Trump? So again, Mueller did not prove that. That is totally made up. Russia interfering in the election, totally made up. Coordinate with them, no. And that's a giant difference, right? So it's one thing if the Russians interfere. But it's again, totally they didn't interfere, that's made up. A different thing if Trump works with them, and it turns out he didn't. So that mitigates what he did. And, and I thought, whether he worked with them on the election or not, if there's documentation of the Russians paying Trump and then Trump doing favors as president for the Russians, that would be terrible. But we never found that evidence. Right. Okay. And evidence. But again, there is no evidence that they interfered in the election. The interference, so, you know, you probably remember the concept of election interference got redefined to include people who gave opinions negative of Hillary Clinton. That was interference. That's what they're talking about. The people that they claim are Russians um, and that were, were interfering, of course, you remember Mueller had this indictment of these Russians that he thought would never get extradited over here. So he didn't expect there to be any pushback. So the media could run wild with the narrative that Mueller indicted Ru Russians finally, somehow proving you know what they've been saying all these years. To uh, Mueller's shock, um, a defense lawyer it's like, yeah, I'm representing some of the people in this lawsuit. So then what comes after that is discovery. And, and whether it's Robert Mueller or Jack Smith, these motherfuckers are corrupt. And one of the things they don't do is they don't turn over discovery. You're supposed to, you have to, apparently, you, that's how it's, you know, you have to, but they don't. They don't. Mueller, Mueller has done shit like this in the past. And apparently with Eileen Cannon, there will probably be an article I, I thought I had an article about it, but I'll just summarize it real quick. So Eileen Cannon in Florida seems halfway decent. I don't trust her, but so they're they're pulling this trick in Florida where they are not giving Trump's lawyers the evidence that they need to prepare for the the court date for March twenty four. Okay, they they've they've not uh, made good on their promises to hand over discovery. This is the least surprising thing related to the Department of Justice that you could. This is the pattern, okay? So Cannon is like, well, you know, how can they prepare for a case if you haven't even given them everything? So I'm gonna pause the, the case. 
it's reasonable. Of course, they're pretending that she's in the bag for Trump. By the way, I'll take I'll say this. I will take a person being in the bag for Trump. I will take I will take things being shifted in our favor for five years at least. Okay, to and then maybe we're going to be even. I would have no problem if you had a judge, a jury, a reporter, a journalist that was in the bag for Trump, that was totally just biased in favor of Trump, I would take it. As long as you you don't do it in an aidsy manner, like Bill Mitchell did it. Because Bill Mitchell came off like a sycophant. Like I, I like, like, I have no problem. When I see people that are super pro-Trump on Twitter, that I that that to me I, it's a little over the top. I, I it doesn't bother me. I'm like yeah, I get it. Like I'm not I, I I mean I'm certainly biased in favor of Trump. I will admit that. But there are people that are like way way like biased, and um that's I, I don't mind. That's fine. But Bill Mitchell was like ridiculous. Bill Mitchell was a pro- one of the only people that was super pro Trump. Where I was like this fucking guy is a retard. Like really. And and he he was. You know what? It's interesting. It was all bullshit. That's the thing about it. It wasn't real. Bill Mitchell is a whore. And Bill Mitchell decided to be a whore for DeSantis. It's completely blowing up in his face. He's made all these commitments that if Trump's the nominee, he'll quit politics. He's a liar. He's not going to quit politics. You know, he's, he, it's a lie just like when he, he apparently, he, apparently, uh, if I have the story correct, he solicited his audience for donations to build, was it build a studio or move or something? And then when he got the money, he didn't do it. And he was like banging a whore or something. I don't know. That's, 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 I guess neither here nor there. But, um, but no, I'll take, I'll take people in the bag for Trump for at least five years to, to make things, uh, to make things even. Uh, yeah, no problem. Like if there was a, if there was a social media site, like if suddenly Elon Musk decided to just reverse everything and and give us all the advantages that leftists have had over the past five years, I'd take that 100%. I'd love it. It would make me laugh. Evidence matters. We're not Republicans. We care deeply about evidence. Uh, no, you, no, you don't. That's just not true at all. If that, see, you don't have to keep saying that if it's true. Okay, so in this case, there's apparently overwhelming evidence that he shared this top secret information. So again, there's not overwhelming evidence. That's totally made up. But it doesn't look like there's any evidence of bad intent other than the incredibly low IQ, right? So, and trying to impress rich people. And so then you do with that information whatever you will. MAGA will think, of course, you should always give away our nuclear secrets. If you're a Republican. Right. Or if you're Trump specific. Right, exactly, right? And the Democrats will say it's the worst crime in human history. No, Democrats won't say a damn thing, please. No, I mean, look, the um, clutching their pearls and their outrage that's indicative of the reaction you would expect from Republicans if the shoe were on the other foot. It's just who Republicans are. They understand power and they will use anything to increase their power. And so if they can, you know, take a an action of a Democrat and, and use it, maybe even embellish it to the point where it fear mongers and, and it helps them either maintain or increase their power, they're gonna do it. Democrats, on the other hand, I mean, Look, I don't want them to run around acting like their hair is on fire in, in situations when that's not the case. That's all they do. That's all you do. I wouldn't want that. But that's literally what you do. But when there are serious issues in which a former president of the United States is in possession of classified and top secret documents that he has no business being in possession of, 
after he's been asked several times to just return the classified documents and he refuses to do it. After he lies to the federal government by saying that he handed over all the classified documents when he hadn't. You got- That has not been established. You gotta just acknowledge the reality of the situation. But you haven't established those things. So that's ridiculous. And understand that this is a man who consistently loves to dig himself in a hole, and then he just like lays there and waits for his, you know, supporters to pull him out and to provide cover for him. And that's totally made up. What do you value more? Do you value the country more? Do you value our national security more? Or do you value the, I don't know, the cult of personalities? The whole point of this is we value the country more. And I'll only speak for myself. But that's why, for the sake of the country, you and your entire group, again, I'm talking about regime propagandists, I'm not talking about normie voters, I'm not talking about if you vote for Biden, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the regime, anything associated with the regime or the regime's propaganda apparatus. You all need to be, and a communist, well, it's not just, it's and, and AIDS commies, all AIDS commies. But I don't think all Biden voters are AIDS commies, I wanna be clear. You, you cannot have any place of influence in society. And I think that's for the good of the country. So yeah, this is for the good of the country, absolutely. Cold of personality, what, again, there are all of these things that happen that, for example, Trump will talk about the vaccine, his supporters will boo him. You, it, okay, if you booed the leader in a cult, Oh my God, you, okay, like I, I don't think, I'm trying to think, no one has ever booed someone. Now look, maybe there's, there's like a lot of Jehovah's Witness congregations, so maybe this has happened. What would, ha if you started booing an elder in the church, or in the, wow, it's a church, in the kingdom hall, you would, oh my God, it would be the end of the world. You are not allowed to boo the leader in a cult. Booing the leader in a cult is like, a huge no-no. Trump supporters freely boo Trump if they want to. When he talks about the vaccine, they boo him. That's just like an example of it's not a cult. Um, look, are some people, like sometimes they will interview these Trump supporters and they, they really, like they're like, you know, he's he's like this, I don't, I don't know how, I don't want to use their terms to describe it, but like they really, I'll put it like this. They really think he can do a lot more than I think he actually can. Okay, and they and uh, and so you could argue that like they're very um, they're very um, what's the word enthusiastic, or, or even overly enthusiastic. But like even if you take an this is why I really when when we get closer to the election, although this is probably a stupid idea because of the feds, but I said this I think I'm still going to do it. But I, I, there's a voice in the back of my head that's like you're being stupid. I, I want to go to a Trump rally and I want to talk to Trump voters on the ground. That's what I want to do. Um, I bet you, if I do this, this is like one of the things I'm going to do. I bet you, if I find a person, you know, like you see, you know, that, that one woman, she's actually admittedly kind of a, a MILF smash, but she's got like the colors in her hair and that whole thing. Okay, she's a person that I would say is a very enthusiastic Trump supporter. I bet you, if I find maybe 10 people like that, Okay, I guarantee you some of them have not taken the vaccine. I guarantee you some of them have not taken the vaccine. I bet you some did, uh, no, no question. But I bet you I would find a person like that that did not take the vaccine. Well, Trump, Trump 
if this is a cult, everyone's taking the vaccine because Trump touts the vaccine as a good thing. If it's a cult, everyone's taking... If it is a cult, the the fact that you didn't take the vaccine, they would... Okay, they would act like leftists. Trump supporters, if this was a cult, would be acting like leftists about the vaccine because Trump... Now, he doesn't do it as much anymore, but there is a period of time where Trump bragged about the vaccine. If it was a cult... That would be the same message from Trump supporters, and they would be putting pressure on each other to get vaccinated. That is like one clear-cut example of how you could identify if this was a cult. And I, and maybe, I mean, did you see that? I haven't seen that. Maybe that, that's out there somewhere, but I have not seen that. What I've seen is people overwhelmingly against the vaccine, even to the point of booing him on stage, which is like, that's a that, that would be a huge no-no in a cult. You would be sanctioned and probably disfellowshipped you know it would be i don't even know if that's ever happened in the history of jehovah's witnesses that i can think of i've never heard of that if any of you xjw's have ever heard of people booing a speaker i have heard there is and i think this is on i i finding shit on youtube is impossible now even like jw stuff there was a video this guy was awesome there was a video. This guy was... It's not. It has nothing to do with booing, though. This is the closest thing I could come up with, as, as far as that I'm aware of. There was a guy who was... I think he was an elder, and he realized... You know, he woke up and realized, like, oh, shit, this is a cult. And um, I forget what his main issue was. It, it might have been the child abuse scandal. I, I, I don't remember. So, you know, elders have to give talks. You know, you have shit you have to do. And so... One of the main things that you're given as an elder is the, what they call the public talk. It was on Sundays. It was before the, they, before the study of the propaganda magazine, The Watchtower. The public talk, I think, was about 45 minutes. So it was his turn to give a public talk. So he gets up there and starts giving a normal talk and then just at some point starts dropping red pills. And, uh, and this is, it was on YouTube many years ago. I don't know if it's still on YouTube. And then he left, and he, I think he, like, he like, never came back. So that's, a, that, that's at least an example of something that's happened where someone has like done an act of disagreement. But it wasn't booing anyone on the stage. But if you're an XJW, if you've ever heard of that, let me know. I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just saying that I've never heard of that. Booing a speaker on the stage? Nah. Unless maybe, like, if an apostate... Like, I've seen footage of what they call apostates, which are Jehovah's, ex-Jehovah's Witnesses who know that it's a lie, who have gone into kingdom halls and then have stood up in the middle of the meeting and started, like, talking about, like, the, the child sex abuse stuff. I've seen that. Maybe the crowd would boo them. Or maybe if you got up on stage and did that, the crowd would boo. But as far as booing an elder or a, a brother, it's it, it, virtually impossible, virtually unheard of. Surrounding Donald Trump. Yeah, and doesn't it bother you that he always digs himself in a hole and then he cries like a baby and asks you to rest? Again, what hole did he dig himself in? You a MAGA, like you know what he's gonna do about this? He's gonna cry. Again, what he's gonna do is complain that the story is made up, which it is. That's what he always does. That's so unfair to me. It's a deep state. So you know, even if you're MAGA, you know that's totally true. So again, it's not true at all. What you're doing is you're using a technique where you have no argument, you have no evidence, so you're gonna go, you know it's true. What happened, okay? Most of MAGA was, oh, no way, it's deep state. Oh, I bet Biden already gave, gave the secrets to new Australian billionaires too, right? By the way, but if, you had ever, if Biden had ever done that, we'd come on the show 
And we would criticize him for it. Okay, so melting those whore, there are already examples of you not doing that. A prime example is Joe Biden had classified documents as senator and vice president. You're not allowed to do that. Okay, and you defended him. You pretended that there's something in the statute that makes it okay to do it as long as you cooperate when you get caught. <laughs> it's ridiculous, ridiculous. Of course, of course, because we're consistent. Because we're proud. You are not consistent at all. How to be an American, <laughs> right? Like, I love the country, okay? I no, you don't. I don't buy that at all. You guys are trying to change your... Um, you're trying to uh, change your reputation out here on the internet. And you're getting help from some people. Uh, Sitch and Adam are helping them. Um, uh, so they gave a softball interview to Anna. And then, now I haven't seen all of it. Maybe it picks up at the end. But uh, they gave a total softball interview so far to Cenk Uger. And, um, and so, and it was the, it was kind of like Cenk is criticizing some on the left who are criticizing TYT and Sitch and Adam are in agreement with Chank related to that. So it was kind of like, hey, the far left is kind of crazy, guys. Kind of, kind of a stream. Um, so yeah, they're helping them. Now, I don't think it's going to work because Chank said something really ridiculous uh, when he was talking to Sitch and Adam. He said that there are YouTubers that have built their careers and channels uh, off of covering the Young Turks. And he said the reason for that is because of the algorithm that the algorithm would put um, their videos next to the Young Turks videos and it would like somehow trick people. Okay, that's delusional. The reason people like myself, an actual justice warrior, and the OG, I think the first guy to do it was AIU. Uh, if there was someone before that, let me know. The reason they were able to do this is because you lie all the time and you say crazy shit and people on the internet know that and that's why they watch channels like this okay they know you're lying they're not being tricked they don't think oh is this a young turks video like they're and, and like again sitching at him and i'm not one of these people i i hate it when people are like oh you didn't push back like no like people can interview people how they want but there was just nothing at all it was just like uh, and i'm just like well okay all right well this is interesting interesting way to go go about it but uh, we'll see. We'll see what happened. But uh, I haven't finished it, so maybe there's a part towards the end where they ask him something, some kind of reasonable question you would ask Cenk Uger if you have him for an hour. I don't know. I have no loyalty to any particular politician or political party. Okay. Let's yeah. just so that's total bullshit. Let's keep it real. So when Trump cries about this and blames other people, is it ever going to register? Is it? Or do you not see his crying at all? He's, oh, just because I gave them the nuclear secrets, I'm the victim. <laughs> so again, he didn't say that. That's not something Trump ever said. Again, the story is made up. <laughs> Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Write it down in stone. So this is what Shank's going to do when we are complaining about being rounded up and put in re-education camps. It's the same thing he did with the J6ers who were being tortured in prison. Trump will say he's the victim in this. Okay, now we have uh, how a powerful right-wing group plans to take down public education. That sounds great. I'm all for this. I am all for this. In a new report by More Perfect Union, we've learned that an organization, a conservative organization known as the Alliance for Defending Freedom, sounds okay. like a great sounds name. Sounds great. Yeah, I'm, um, I'm on board. 
is basically now working to use the Supreme Court to dismantle our public education system by diverting funding for public schools to voucher programs. Now the voucher program might seem favorable to a lot of parents, especially because public schools aren't doing so well in certain districts, in certain states, and I totally understand that. But we need to think long term about what that means. Diverting the money to vouchers means that the money then goes to private schools, oftentimes religious schools. And eventually, if more and more funding gets taken out of the public education system and public schools no longer exist, do we really think that there will be allocation for vouchers in order for- I mean, there has been in some states. Parents to send their kids to whatever school they- I mean, yeah, they, they have done that in some states want at no cost to them. Something to keep in mind. But with that said, let's give you the details about this more perfect union. The teachers union is so filled with leftist aides, I will try anything that people suggest at this point. So you wanna try this? No problem, let's see if it works. Report, now you might not be familiar with this organization, Alliance for Defending Freedom or ADF, but you're certainly familiar with their work because they're behind several Supreme Court rulings, which shows you how successful they've been in the past. Let's watch. Alliance Defending Freedom or ADF was launched in 1994 by leaders in the Christian right community. We've been duped into believing that somehow you can separate your Christianity, your religion from what's going on in the country politically and so, you cannot. Okay, so this is, I, I love this. I, like, I love how they, they play these clips and they think it helps them. Okay, this guy, now my view, so I used to be a normie liberal. Okay, and I've had my shit with religion too, right? You know, at one point I'm way less anti-Christianity than I used to be. It, now it depends. Any church that uses shaming tactics, propaganda tactics, I'm against vehemently. Um, I do know there are churches that don't do that. Um, I, I now I don't get bent out of shape here, okay? But for, as a favor to a family member, I did go into a church when I was in Florida. Very reasonable church, um, too much singing. Hey, look, I, I, uh, I, something wrong with me. I hate singing, singing makes me wanna kill myself and I hate all singing. Okay, I also am an Italian and I hate opera, okay? So there was like 30 minutes of singing where I was like, holy shit, I'm gonna kill myself, okay? But I also understood like, you know, they're not doing anything wrong. I'm the one with the problem, I acknowledge it. But you know, it's kind of you know doing a favor for a family member. It's one of those things you, you do it, no problem. Anyway, the guy was pleasant, you know, the pastor, and it was a thing, and it was no, it was fine. It was no big deal. He wasn't like shaming people. He wasn't like, oh, you're going to hell. It was somewhat based because he made jokes about trannies, which I appreciated. But uh, you know, it was, but it was whatever. Okay. A anyway, anyway, um, so I'm not, I am not now how I used to be, because I used to view this this kind of shit. And you can certainly point to, like, there's the videos of the guys sitting in front of the TV um, talking about how every toy in existence is demonic. And I think that's a clown show. I think if a person, like, if you personally, like, if you're, like, raising kids and you personally, for religious beliefs, have a problem with, like, Harry Potter, I have no problem with that. It's your call. It's completely your call. If you're like, look, we don't want any of this magic shit in the house, so we're not going to do Harry Potter. I have no issue with that. You should be free to do that. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, but those videos from like 1982 are hilarious to me. Now, this is 
similar in style, right? But instead, these guys aren't talking about gremlins being demonic, He-Man being demonic. These guys are talking about what ultimately happened in America. They were right. These guys were right. Now, that doesn't mean that if they start talking about some insane bullshit that, like, I have to clear my house of fucking movies you don't approve of. I'm not doing any of that. But I will give a person an argument when they've earned it. And they, they were right. They were correct. It was a huge mistake to take Christianity out of fucking public school. Huge mistake. Because what we got was a nightmare that is not even something I would have comprehended 10 years ago. Like, when, when, when all of this shit was happening with gay marriage and there were conservatives painting scenarios that were bad, while they were right, what we are experiencing now, I don't, like, maybe there was someone that nailed, like, they nailed the overall point. But I don't recall people, like, this is so much worse than even their nightmare scenarios that they talked about back then. This is crazy what's going on in the schools. Now, maybe, look, if you can get one of these old school guys in a video where he's like, I'm telling you one day they're going to have pedophiles dressing up as women, reading sexualized books to children, then that guy is a fucking prophet, okay? Maybe, maybe that's out there, but this is way worse than I think most of the people thought. Um, but their overall point was right, that if you if you remove this religion, and again, I'm not a Christian, but there are things in Christianity that obviously are very good for society, okay, that if you remove them from the school, it becomes a leftist communist nightmare. Okay, I don't want a leftist communist nightmare. And so, now look, if there was like a middle ground that was in place, ready to go, ready, ready to do this, then I would say, hey, let's try the middle ground. But... Where is that? Do you see them? Do you, are they? It looks like the Christians, they have a plan. They've done this before. So what I'm hoping is that they're a little more... I hope that everything that we've seen over the past decade gives Christians... Like, there are so many real, insane things to make sure that you fix. That, like, Star Wars and He-Man, those things are irrelevant. I hope we can, like... I hope there's none of that. That shit does not matter. It, in your own personal home, I would do what you want. But, like, I hope that everyone... Like, I've realized, okay? Like, I've realized... I hope the super conservative Christians also realized that, like, pick your battles. Pick your battles. You know what I mean? And, like, hopefully they focus on the shit that's vitally important, not more minor issues like a kid reading a Harry Potter book. That's at least not in your family. If they're in your family, that's your domain. I, I got nothing to say about that. It's not my business. But, you know, uh, now if you want to like, you know, I, I think get rid of the sexualized uh, books, get rid of the LGBT propaganda, get rid of the um, CRT stuff, and then see where you stand. Because the Christians are going to have something else they want to come after. Let's be real. There, there's going to be something else. At least get rid of the important stuff first, then we'll see where we're at, okay? And then we'll see ultimately how sustainable this is. If they get control, how sustainable is that? Because normally what happens is human beings, they will take control of something. And then, you know, there'll be some period of time where they're like getting shit done and it's good. And then they just, you know, they just keep going and they keep going and they get greedy and then it just becomes a shit show. So hopefully that doesn't happen. If by some miracle 
they can take the country back. We'll see. They're intertwined. Today, it's a nearly $100 million operation with a single goal. By the way, let's go we back to that nearly guy's quote. Let's go back to that believing that some was launched all, in 19... Is this a video from 94? Okay, so this is... Let's say this is 94. Okay, so 94, that's 10... This is what, 20 years? 94, 2004, 2004. No, no, no. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. This is almost 30 years ago. So this is what they said 30 years ago. 94 by leaders in the Christian right community. We've been duped into believing that somehow you can separate your Christianity, your religion, from what's going on in the country politically. And so, you cannot. They're, they're intertwined. I think today. right about that. I don't want him to be right about that. I want to be clear. I wish this was not the case. And I said, like I said, if there was some other option that was reasonable that we could try, I'd say, great. But where is that option? Okay. Libertarians. I like a lot of the libertarian shit, but they have a commie infestation everywhere. There's just commies everywhere inside the libertarian party. And I think it's because one of their principles, which I think is great, live and let live, doesn't work with commies. I wish it did. I wish it did. I don't think it does. That's a problem. That's a problem. So, you know, and like where are the libertarians? Is there like a big libertarian movement at the school boards? I know there's a bunch of base libertarians in New Hampshire. That's great. They're doing their shit. Like, like that's an example of something. But Christians are everywhere. These people, they're at the school boards. They're ready to go. They're ready to go. So, um, I would love to see a debate between the two sides. I would love to get, you know, your best guys, your best libertarian guys, and then get the best Christian guys and then have them debate this out. Because, you know, this whole thing, it's a shame. We, I almost, because I want to see a libertarian, like I want to see Dave Smith take someone on that can really argue the Christian side well. And the reason is one time on the Tim Pool show, I like Dave Smith, one time on the Tim Pool show, Dave Smith admitted Something along the lines of that what we've tried over the past 10 or so years not having any sort of like religion in school has failed. Like, and, and the predominant religion of the country is Christianity. That's just, that's what it is. So doing it this way has failed, okay? And that was acknowledged, and it seemed like everyone on the show agreed. Well, there comes a very hard question after that which they just got, they just started talking about something else. What does that mean then? If you're acknowledging that it was a failure, then what do we do about it? That's the question. I wanna say, I, I hope someone asks him that question because I don't know what his answer is. I'm interested in that answer. And, uh, and I'd love to see him talk to a, to, to a Christian um, uh, to see what, I, I want to see his answer. Cause that, that's the thing that no one really talks about. What do you do about this? What do you do about this? Because you can't have a void. The void gets filled with communism. So what are you going to fill the void with? That's the question. I don't think it's easy, but, um, I think the Christians have the answer that is the most expeditious in getting this thing rolling. Okay, I might regret th this position in 10 years if somehow they win. But uh, I'm also interested to see is if they take over, is there anything that they could do that would make me say, okay, that's enough. We have to go back to the to the way it was. Uh, I can't imagine that playing out. But, you know, who knows at this point? Because my, my, my standards at this point are as long as you're not coming into my house, I don't really give a shit. Okay, like 
we'll, we'll see what happens. As long as you're not coming into my house, or I've said this before, if you're doing things that are causing losses, like if strategically you're doing things that is helping the commies and they start gaining momentum, then I will have an issue. But um, it's going to be interesting to see how all this plays out. Hey, it's a nearly $100 million operation with a single goal. We are here to keep the door open for the gospel. They were obviously the lawyers behind the recent 303 Creative versus awesome. Ellen's case. Okay, which I love that case. That case is fantastic. You know how crazy it is when they argue against it? So this woman is an artist, okay? And homosexual activists believe that it's their right to force her to make art celebrating homosexuality. That's crazy. That's crazy. They pretend that that's part of LGBT rights. Forcing this woman to do something for homosexuals, unacceptable. That's just not, you're infringing on her rights. They believe that part of homosexual rights is infringing on Christians. That's that's if that's the deal, then the deal's completely off, and you got to go because you're not you you shouldn't infringe on anyone. No one should be infringed upon. Okay, I'm not going to go into a gay bakery and request that they bake a fuck faggot cake. Okay, um, as hilarious as that TikTok would be if someone actually did that, um, I would I would make the same arguments. They're not obligated to bake that cake. They don't have to bake. If they want to bake that cake, like if if the gay guy, if he's like a normal gay guy and he laughs and is like, this is hilarious and does it, great, I got no problem. But the, no one should be forced. A Jewish baker shouldn't be forced to make a Nazi cake. I mean, this is all crazy. But no, that this is what they're arguing. So, okay, so you're telling me that this group, Alliance Defending Freedom, is behind this case that actually got something done in the Supreme Court. Okay, uh, hopefully they get a lot more money. Decades of civil rights protections for LGBTQ Americans. No, that's not, that it did not roll back civil rights protections. You do not have a civil right to force a Christian to bake a cock cake. Kins. So to see the kind of ruling we got was just an answer to prayer. They Good. also brought the Masterpiece Cake Shop versus Colorado case around the baker who wanted to deny service to same-sex couples who were getting married. I'm Good. Michael Ferris. I'm the president and general counsel for Alliance Defending Freedom that defended Jack today. They were behind the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe v. Wade, yes. and they're obviously not stopping there. We want Roe versus Wade reversed, but that's just kind of a huge milestone along the path to becoming a pro-life nation. And now this where they've sued to remove one of the most popular abortion pills from the market nationwide. So that really okay. gives you a sense of how successful they've been in the past. And this is what strategy looks like. It would be nice to see a little bit of that on the left. Uh, obviously, there are funding uh, issues on the left when it comes to these types of strategic maneuvers. Uh, but with that said, now their focus is on using the conservative Supreme Court to help them dismantle public schools Excellent. through increasing voucher programs. Okay, so let's talk about how they plan on doing that. So documented, obtained audio of Michael Ferris, who was the then CEO and general counsel of ADF, explaining the plan at an official or at an official, or I'm sorry, a plan to an official, I should say, at like this shadowy organization known as Ziklag. They have no problem with their own shadowy organizations. Have you heard of Ziklag before? I gotta be honest, I haven't even heard of Ziklag. They got it, they got it. Look, I know it's someone's last name and that's why they named it Ziklag. Not a great name, 
Do I don't care. Are they doing good things? I really don't care what the name is. Better, but nonetheless. So Nick Sergi, uh, Sergey, I should say, Nick Sergey, who's the executive director of Documented, uh, describes Ziklag as an organization that channels money to projects on the right. Now, the Washington Post called it a group devoted to expanding Christian influence over American culture and government. And membership in Ziklag, named after a town in the Bible that David used to organize raids against enemies of the ancient Israelites, is restricted to people with a net worth of at least 25 million, according to a page on Ziklag's website that was viewed by the post but has since been made private. So my bad, it actually doesn't have to do with someone's last name, it has to do with a reference in the Bible. But nonetheless, this is what their goal is. And keep in mind, like there's the other element of this outside of decimating public schools and moving to a fully private model, which would essentially divert public money to religious organizations. Which should be unconstitutional, but it's currently happening in various jurisdictions across the country as we speak. So look, it's a free country and um, but there's, so on the one hand, I understand these guys organize tons of money and a lot of the, uh, the super rich in this country are very religious. And not just religious, but fundamentalist, right? So they they call themselves pro-life. You know, we call them anti-choice. But either way, that's their genuine view. So they take some of their money and then they give some of it. And in one case, a guy gave over a billion dollars, and and they just give it to these groups and they go use the money and make the country ours and not theirs. Do it anyway. Right, so this is what leftists do. This is like the one conservative time that it's they're getting shit done. This is like is this like our one organization actually getting shit done? We need more. We need way more. Uh, they do shit like this all the time. Okay? Now they're going to criticize our side for it. Ridiculous. You can. Now they have a giant problem. It's democracy. The country's yeah, okay. pro choice. To- total bullshit. Choice. No matter where you vote, and this has already happened, Kansas, Kentucky, Montana, etc. They vote pro-choice. And it's about seven out of 10 Americans that are pro-choice. So they're like, well, how can we do it? Well, well, we lost the Supreme Court earlier because of activist judges. In this case, they love the activist judges when they make bribery. You, you love activist judges. Illegal. Of course. You love this Judge AIDS in New York, uh, fucking Trump in the ass. You love every bit of it. Right? Right. So they're like, oh, we'll go back to the judges, right? We. We kind of like that they're activists. In fact, Lewis Powell wrote the famous memo that I mentioned in chapter four, Justice is Coming, where he said we should create activist judges to rule in favor of corporations. And in this case, they're like, oh, why don't we have them rule in favor of fundamentalist religion as well, right? So let's just, it's easier and more efficient to spend the money buying off the courts than it is to buy off democracy. We do that too. But that costs a pretty penny. Yeah, right? and look, those investments certainly pay dividends. Yes. And so, you know, one major issue after the next, we're seeing the conservative wing of our political spectrum really succeed in getting what they want. And it was a long term goal. It literally took decades to get to where we are today. Mm-hmm. And look, in regard to religious schools, You should look into what Paul Weyrich, he was the founder of the, what was it, the moral majority? Mm -hmm. He was the one who essentially made 
Roe v. Wade such a big issue and wanted to fight to reverse it. But that wasn't really his number one cause. His number one cause was to ensure that private religious institutions, schools that were refusing to desegregate would be able to maintain their tax cuts, their tax benefits. When the Nixon administration said, no, no deal, we're not going to allow you to continue to take advantage of these tax you know, deductions and benefits. That's when Paul Ryrick got really upset and tried to find some issue to galvanize the religious right. And he did a great job galvanizing them and he did it through the abortion issue. But at the heart of what motivated him was essentially ensuring that there was protection for these religious institutions. So that was really the seed that unfortunately blossomed into what we're experiencing now. And I look, I, I think that it's okay for parents to have issues with the public education system. I do think that there are flaws in the public education system as we- It's not flaws, it's completely broken. Speak, right? And when you look at the reading levels, their performance in math, it's just, we're not in a good situation. However, decimating public education, which is supposed to be available to everybody, and it's already decimated. How could it be worse if it didn't exist? It's like a, it's counterproductive at this point. Moving toward a privatized model is going to be absolutely disastrous. I mean, if you think student loan debt is bad now, no, we should give it. A, we need to give it a shot. Uh, this is this is uh, crazy. What's happening? Imagine living in a society where public education isn't even an option, and that's honestly the ultimate goal for uh, organizations like this one. But then the other part of it is also ideological. On one hand, they'll complain about schools indoctrinating children, public schools indoctrinating children. On the other hand, they will fight tooth and nail to create a system in which religious institutions are indoctrinating children. Yeah, but again, if you compare the two belief sets, it's one is positive, and not that everything is positive, but one compared to the other is positive. The other one is beyond negative. It's just completely destructive to society. It's not even close. Okay, so oh well, the, this this is the battle. These are the sides, and this is the hand we're dealt. And you know we got to go accordingly. You got to yeah. go. So look, California and Finland are excellent examples. Uh, so in California, we used to have one of the best. California is an excellent example. Public school systems in the country, and then a law was passed uh, limiting taxes that could go to the schools, and so it it drained funding from the schools in a way that decimated him. And now California has one of the worst public school systems in the country because we just couldn't put money into it. And then it became a vicious cycle because as the public schools started to wait. I'm gonna need a citation on that change. A little bit because of the lack of funding, private schools popped up and the private schools spent a giant amount of money. So all the rich people put their kids into private schools. And now those private schools, even at elementary school level, cost $60,000 a year. For like a second grader, it's insane, okay? But all the rich kids are in the private schools. Those those are the best in the country. The public schools are now one of the worst. I know families that are sending their kids. Uh, I I don't know the exact details, but they are not sending them to public school, and they're doing other stuff. And they they're not paying sixty thousand a year. It's not even close. It's not. I think some of them are doing it for free. So now, granted, it might depend on the area you're in. I have no idea, but I don't. I don't think it's true that like every family is going to be faced with a bill for sixty thousand. I don't think that's how any of this works. 
worst in the country. They drained everything out of the public school system and gave it basically over to the rich, okay? Now, Finland did the exact opposite. They banned private schools. And the educational system here in America, and I know some folks that are in education, people were very skeptical, right? And they're like, that's crazy. You can't ban private schools, that takes freedom away. No, what happened? Finland went to number one in the world. So he wants private schools banned? Are you, oh man, these people are crazy. In mm -hmm. education. And now, uh, people in the education system in America are beginning to go, oh my God, they were right. The, the, so Finland did a lot of different things that worked, including valuing teachers and paying them a lot more. But the number one thing it appears is that once you put rich kids in the public schools, mm -hmm. then rich parents go, we gotta make those schools really good. Of we course. gotta make them really good, of okay. Of course, you're now. I mean, I, I said this before that uh, they're gonna try to ban homeschooling and I guess they wanna ban private schools too. Very much invested in the success of these schools. Exactly, yeah. once you take rich people out of the school systems, they're gonna destroy it for the rest of you. They're gonna suck out all of the money, okay? So this voucher system is a way to do that, to, to make income inequality permanent, right? And so why do you think that Zickler- I don't believe you. Black group only allows for people with a private net worth above $25 million. If you're a scrub and you only have $24 million, they don't even let you in. That's right, yep. So this is not just about religion, it's also about- Power. Power and keeping you in your place. That's, that's a great point. Now, I just wanna to go to a few other snippets from this More Perfect Union report, because Ziklag's education chair, his name is Peter Bollinger, made some statements during a call in regard to what their strategy is. You should hear about it, let's watch. And the fundamental change is to force via a Supreme Court decision, a constitutionally mandated school voucher system. For an investment of a few million dollars, we can literally and potentially shift the flow of approximately $750 billion of education funds. That call was from June of 2021 and that amount of money, $750 billion, taking that out of the public education system and funneling it to private religious institutions would clearly lead to the collapse of public schools. Yeah, and they want that, they want- Well, the teachers unions better start getting their shit together. So then when you go back to religion- Which they won't. Schools, number one, they're gonna make a ton of money off of it, both religious and private schools. Because there's a whole industry waiting to rob you. Right, uh, number two, it gives religion more power, so the fundamentalists are thrilled about it. Uh, and but look at what he is saying there, and this is the heart of chapter four, the the chapter I keep telling you guys about, injustice is coming, right? And he's repeating what Lewis Powell said in the 1971 memo that they executed to privatize our elections. They privatized the financing of our politicians, and now our politicians serve private interests. And basically he said with just a couple of million dollars, we can move billions of dollars. And here they are again, saying the same exact thing. With just a couple of million dollars, we can move $750 billion. This is why corruption works, because just a millions, couple of million in bribes gets you billions and trillions in return. We have to end the bribes. If we don't end the bribes, this is what you're gonna get. So. And when they privatize the school system, they're gonna do just as much damage as when they privatized the political financing system in this country. So this is nothing but devastation ahead for us, yep. where this few fundamentalist crackpot 
super wealthy people destroy our entire system. And most importantly, destroy equality of opportunity so that all of our kids have a shot. Bullshit, total Thanks for made up bullshit. Okay, um, now, now he's claiming uh, his members have weighed in. Should Chenk run for president? What a scam. What a scam. So guys, uh, I uh, told you before that I'm considering running for president. It's definitely serious. And, uh, and so I wanted to ask you guys whether I should do it. Now- hey Guys, should I, uh, should I play for the Lakers? You think I should go play for the Lakers? <laughs> uh, when I say you guys, uh, I, let me be clear. I mean our members oh my uh, God. on tyt.com, okay? Oh, you could be a member on YouTube, but just register on our website on tyt.com so you could vote in this poll. The reason I'm, uh, normally all of our polls are, are um, open to everyone, but this is not because I wanna know what TYT members actually think. Cuz you know I tell you guys are part of the family, you're part of the nation, you're part of who we are, right? So I want to give you guys a voice here. And so I'm going to ask you guys whether I should run. Now, <laughs> should Jank run for president? Yes or no? The, ignore that he should stay out exclamation point stuff. Like don't I I'm not <laughs> <laughs> No, no, here's what I mean by that. Because it's a real poll. Like there's real reasons to vote no, okay? And you say, hey, it's unrealistic. It's going to take you away from the show to some degree or to a large degree, etc. Um, the whole thing, you know, depending on how well things go, you know, Iowa and South Carolina, etc. At the end of January, here we are in the middle of October. So, like, and and you know, and we're going to get attacked. And you know that every quarter is going to attack us. Mainstream media is going to attack us. Democrats, Republicans, establishment, everybody's going to attack, right? So there are real reasons for no. Obviously, yes is just oh, we're worried. We're super worried that Biden's not going to win. And you know, we showed the poll to you today, twenty-four points down on the economy. And and but I don't want to put words or thoughts into your head. I want you to guys to tell me, do you want me to run or not? Now, I'm not saying that this is dispositive and that's it. I, whatever the vote says, I'm going to do it. I'm not an Elon Musk like, oh, I did a poll and my you know folks say that I they like me. <laughs> <laughs> you guys could say yes, and there might still be other factors. If there weren't other factors, I'd already tell you, right, that I am I'm running. But I'm doing preparations. It's very serious. But I'm going to consider this as as one of the uh, the ways that I, I'm going to decide. And so, like, if and again, the decision is already made. You don't qualify. You were born in Turkey. That's it. That's it. Those are the rules. And here's the main point of this poll. So you got it. Look, I'll just I'm gonna get to the main point in a second. Just to be clear, you gotta be a member. You could do it at tyt.com slash join. You could join through YouTube and then but make sure you register on the website. It's free to register if you're a YouTube member, etc. Um, and but but when you go to vote, it's just for the, the members. Just once you're signed in, you'll be able to vote. Oh, so vote the, the most important thing, and then you'll see it under tyt.com slash polls slash jenks the dash 2024. But you can just go to polls if you're signed in as a member, and we'll have the link down below. Okay, the most important point is look, if I go in for myself, like every other politician, and like, I am so important, I must get all the glory, then it's not interesting. And, and besides which, it won't work, right? So I'm not a big enough politician, I'm not a big enough celebrity, I don't have enough money that I could just do that. I can't Michael Bloomberg this thing and I don't want to. I, and so the only way that it works is if you guys send me it, right? If you go, no, 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 you gotta go. Somebody's gotta change the dynamic of this race. 
you know, whether you win or lose, you've got to change the dynamic of this race, and that's why I'm considering it, because I'm worried to death that Biden is gonna lose and that he's being too selfish and, and not letting go when you could bring in a whole heap of new Democratic uh, you know, candidates, you could have all the governors come in. So, if I, and again, if I ran and let's say Biden drops out, I'm not gonna be a standard politician and be like, oh no, I think it's too late. I don't think Governor Whitmer or, uh, or Shapiro should be allowed to enter, DNC ban them. Okay, first of all, that's a hilarious thought that I would have that kind of power. Uh, but there's no way that I don't want more candidates to come in. That's what we want, because we want a real primary, or at least I should say, I want a real primary. Uh, so that we can get the best candidate to go up against Trump because it's so important. But again, there's plenty of reasons to vote no, too unrealistic, etc., etc. Takes too much time away. So you guys, members of TYT, help me decide. Go vote in that poll, and we'll keep it open till showtime on Tuesday, and then I'll tell you what the results are, and then I'll make the decision after that. Again, he does not qualify. This is all a total. Uh, Greg. So, uh, Greg Gutfeld made a comment. Um, I don't really watch, I don't watch Fox News. I'm not too familiar with Gutfeld. Um, sometimes he says good things, it, it seems. He, he made an obvious statement about the state of elections. The, they clearly rigged the 2020 election. If you rig elections, then you don't actually have elections. And it destroys the country. It destroys, quote unquote, democracy. Okay. So he was just basically pointing out that if you do that, bad things are going to happen. Of course, they're freaking out. And he says, he called for a civil war. We know they don't work. They do work. Look what we have. Look what we have. We had a moderate president and we have crime exploding everywhere. We had a Democrat president promise that he was going to be modern, promise that he was going to unite the country. And now we have a terrible education system. We have no border. We have crime everywhere. Every facet of society is in peril and in chaos because our elections don't matter. Um, Greg. So I think that's it. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I can't really fault him for that. And uh, that's probably, I imagine that people, because Fox News is run by AIDS leftists. Uh, I imagine that they didn't like that he said that. So, uh, or maybe not AIDS leftists, but just like AIDS neocon uniparty people. I guess that would be uniparty, I guess. Um, and uh, I guess that uh, they probably wouldn't like that he said that. Maybe he'll get a reprimand, but he's right. Gutfeld was fired up on the five uh, yesterday when he and the rest of the panel McCain. were discussing the recent looting that took place in Philadelphia last week. Now, before we show you what led to Gutfeld claiming elections don't work, we need to give you context on why he's angry like. in the first place. So police made a total of 70 arrests and Philadelphia uh, DA Larry Krasner said they have opened cases in all but one of those arrests. So 69 cases opened. He said he would hand out justice appropriately for what he referred to as unrest. And then he elaborated in a statement, which I will read in part. A large number of them are young. They are between the ages of 18 and 25. In general, uh, what we're seeing is that most of them have no criminal record or a minimal criminal record. There are certainly some people in this group 
group who are much more concerning than others. Part of our task will be to make sure we do individual justice in each of these cases. And then he went on further to speak with the Fox News affiliate and he had this to say, we'll look carefully to see whether this is a one off situation and they're fundamentally law abiding people. Hold them accountable one way or whether they are criminals and they are all about taking advantage of some sort of unrest for their own benefit and they will be prosecuted another way. So what he was, how he was approaching this was with balance. Uh, taking into account the age of the people that were arrested, taking into account their criminal history. Um, but his critics, like those at Fox News, are not seeing this as an even. So, a dumb whore, or, or I should say, Ojama King, you are ignoring all of the criminals that Krasner has let out. Handed uh, justice, his appeal to even handed justice. They're saying that it's him being too soft on crime. He is. Now, Gutfeld didn't like this naturally and compared the looters to January 6th, saying that the looters get a mulligan or a do over while the January 6th insurrectionists don't. That's true. They get like 10 years in prison. People get criminal mulligans. And January 6th protesters, they don't get criminal mulligans. And here's why they're the oppressor. Right, so the oppressed get criminal mulligans. The people that are complaining, like us, we're actually oppressors, and we do, we're losing power. So that's why we're upset. I just got a job at MSNBC. <laughs> but let, so let's compare the rights between criminals and victims. Okay, the criminals they get a mulligan. They get to steal up to eight, eight, nine hundred dollars worth of stuff. They can loiter, sleep, and shoot up in public areas, including playgrounds. They can loot and burn and call it social justice. Uh, they can uh, pile up dozens of arrests and never do time. Meanwhile, what about us? Well, we have to change our lives to accommodate risk wherever we go. We have to move out of cities for the sake of the safety of our families and our own safety. That's what's happening. We're being driven out of cities by the oppressed. Yeah, if he's 100% correct, is has Greg had enough? Is that what we're witnessing here? I mean, we'll find out because if he's had enough, he's not going to be able to stay at Fox News. You thought that what you heard was Greg Gutfeld pretend that stealing items from a store is equivalent, if not worse than storming the Capitol on January 6th. So, of course, uh, uh, Ojama King here is minimizing the crime and the murders. Your ears did not deceive you. That is exactly what he said. Now, he's also attempting to frame this so that the DA appears to be letting everybody go, which, as we discussed, is not the case. In fact, he's they've already ar- let too many people go. Already started filing charges against some of these individuals, charges including burglary, conspiracy, criminal trespass, riot, criminal mischief, disorderly conduct. You know, incidentally, some of the same charges that he's saying aren't being levied against them that were being levied against individuals involved in January 6th. So, kind of undermines the entire argument he's making. By the way, Greg Gutfeld said he can't live in a big city. Ask him where he lives. Ask him where he lives because it's not in some backwoods rural county. He lives in a big city. Um, How does but that refute what he's saying? Our our friend Guddy didn't stop there. He decided to do like other conservatives and say he invoked Tim Pool, the spirit of Tim Pool, and saying that the only solution is civil war. We had a war over slavery. We knew slavery was inhumane and immoral, but somehow we couldn't solve slavery peacefully. It was an evil, but one side refused to acknowledge that it was evil because it was too big of an admission for them to make. Doesn't that feel that way now? That this defiant refusal to reverse this decline 
argues against the survival of a country. What does that leave you with? It leaves you with you need to make war to bring peace because you have a side that cannot change because then that means an admission that their beliefs have been corrupt all the time. So in a way, you have to force them to surrender. Or we but, could make love, not war. Uh, I tried that once. Or we have an election. I had to go to a doctor. Elections don't work, we know uh, that. We know they don't work. Uh, I love how Fox News hosts always invoke the history of the Civil War and slavery in this country and imagine themselves as though they would have been fighting for the Union when the policies they support and the things they believe suggest heavily otherwise. But I'll just leave that there. <laughs> Obviously, the call for violence isn't new coming from the right wing. And it's becoming scary how many people think the time for violence is upon us. Here's some from Public Religion Research Institute that says Republicans, 30% are approximately three times as likely as Democrats, 11% to agree with the statement. Because things have gotten so far off track, true American Patriots may have to resort to violence in order to save our country. Agreement with the statement rises to 40% among Republicans who most trust far right news sources and is 32% among those who most trust Fox News. We also have this poll that shows about four in 10 Republicans and independents say violent action against the government is sometimes justified and you have to believe that a lot of this change in opinion on the use of of political violence is coming because of the rhetoric of these Fox News hosts. I mean, Bullshit. he saw a video of some pretty young kids stealing stuff from a store, pretty, which I'm not condoning. Pretty young kids. But his immediate thought was, "Oh, civil war." It's time for civil war. They're stealing from Nordstrom Rack. They're stealing from Walgreens. That's equal to slavery in Greg Gutfeld's mind and a, a justification for civil war. So again, she's completely downplaying the crime as usual. I mean, and Jake, of course, it's not just, you know, I mentioned Tim Pool, but it's not just those two that are, you know, using this violent rhetoric with regularity to a large audience that believes that the election was stolen and is becoming increasingly more violent and I mean, it's a scary time. Yeah, there's two issues here and one is definitely more important than the other. So there's the issue of the looting and you could get into a long debate about whether Larry Krasner's statement was the right optics or not the right optics when you're gonna prosecute those guys anyway. Uh, and and they are prosecuting them. So look, is it surprising that the right wing is uh, harping on crime, etc.? Not at all surprising. Uh, is it true that there's more crime? I you know we've discussed this debate this before. I think it is true, and we, there's stats to prove it. Um, but uh, is it surprising that the Fox News hosts are going to lie and say that they're getting a criminal mulligan when they're not? Is it surprising that they would say that the guys who attempted a coup against America are the same as a guy who stole toothpaste or whatever the hell they stole out of that store or even an iPod? Okay, do iPods still exist? Anyways, um, <laughs> I meant to say iPhone. Um, but to me, that's a minor, minor issue compared to the giant issue of this guy egging on violence to a, a significant size audience. I mean, that's two to three million people that are watching there. As he says, the only way to get to peace is through war. Now, aren't you gonna do something about these guys? Maybe it's time for war. And when, especially at a time when 40% of Republicans, 41% of independents, 23% of Democrats 
are saying that it might be uh, sometimes violence must might be justified. 30% of Republicans saying that time might be right now for patriots to act in a violent way. Even if you take the lower number, 30% of Republicans is an enormous number. We're talking about 25 million people and that's just the voters of Republicans, let alone everyone else. So to egg that on is beyond irresponsible. And I think you should be taken off the air. That's, it's the one thing to say outrageous opinions, lies, etc. It's another thing to foment violence on the airwaves. It has a Rwanda feel to it. Here's oh, oh, you're talking, isn't it? Oh, you've got to be, it, I, I don't, okay, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second, hold on a second. Has there been other people that have called Shank Uger, Cantano, Habimana, and said that TYT is Rwanda radio? Okay, now it's the internet. The internet's a big place. It's very possible there's other people doing it. But I am doing it explicitly. I have been doing it explicitly. And I know he reads tweets and YouTube comments. So that's fascinating because I have said that many times. And now he's accusing conservatives of being like Rwanda radio. Isn't that fascinating? Well, I think I'm going to keep saying it over and over again. I think every day I'm going to have a tweet about Cenk Uger being like Cantano Habimana. Because if it's in relation, even if it's not me, it obviously bothers him. That's why he's bringing it up, because it bothers him. So whether it was my tweet or someone else's, obviously it bothers him. So now I'm going to do it every day. Fantastic. Fantastic bit of information right there. Hilarious and also sad. Fox is not serious. Let's just be clear. Like the idea that you are hosting the debates while one of your lead anchors are saying, we don't believe in elections, they don't work. I, why are we debating? Why are you spending so much, so much of your resources to host these debates? Furthermore, Jake is right, crime is up. But what, what Greg would tell you is that crime is up more in Republican states. And, it, and that trend has been, we're talking about violent crimes like gun deaths, are, are up in Republican spaces more than they are in democratic spaces. But the idea of crime and how they see crime is in is in the words. This man is worried about 800 or $900 from Apple, but not $250 million so, from the government and so Trump. Again, and it's no surprise, Mondale here is uh, downplaying all the crime. So if, if he's upset that these kids stole eight or nine hundred dollars or even a thousand dollars worth of Apple gear, what, where is this fear? Where is this? Where's this anger about Trump? Why are you calling a civil war against Trump and those who support him stealing two hundred and fifty million dollars from one state? Furthermore. Furthermore, I am so tired of white people on that side of the aisle using slavery metaphors to every chance they get. If he would have said oppressor. Faggot, we will use whatever goddamn metaphors we want to use, okay? It's as simple as that. Change the fucking battery in your smoke alarm. And oppress one more time, I think I would have flipped out. This I flip out and then get arrested and then you're gonna pretend to be the victim and I'm gonna laugh my ass off idea that white people are losing America, white people are losing this country, their country. They versus we, we have to lose this, leave the city. We have to fear for our families. They, 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 like it is beyond cold words in this conversation. Well, it, well, it's true. And the vast majority of the crime being committed in the cities is young black males. That's a, that's a stone cold fact. You don't have to like it, but that's what's happening.
conversation. These false equivalents that white people are going through a point where they need to have civil war to take back their country. Sounds just like Greg is saying we need to figure out another way to enslave these people. <laughs> yeah, I just want to double down on what one of the things Bondale said there about gun deaths. That's yeah, such he totally wants to bring back slavery. A good point. And I hadn't thought about it that way. I mean, the gun deaths are way up. They're up in red states. That's part of the reason why crime has gone up is because of all the violence in LA. Homicides have gone up because there's guns everywhere. Tremendous gun sales right. have led. So you're gonna you're gonna blame it on the law-abiding gun owners. The significant gun deaths. If By the way, I, I, I so the FBI does this bullshit with statistics, where they will combine white and Hispanic when it comes to crime. But apparently, and I, I actually I think this was more on the local level, but apparently there are all of these instances where you have black, violent black criminals, not Hispanic, black, okay? Because I know there's like white, Hispanic, whatever the fuck, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about in the instance of, of straight up black criminals, where they put them as white. How many fucking black people are put into the system listed as white. How prevalent is that problem? What's the actual number? Like is 1350 or I think isn't it like 1360, whatever the fuck it is, whatever the, the percentage is, you're, how much worse is it? How much fucking worse is it? How prevalent is that? I, I hope someone gets to the bottom of that uh, one day. Because I saw that going around Twitter. All these examples of black criminals being listed as white how men like how bad is the crime rate really it's already insane is this is this crime rate what's reported just even after a massive cover-up that's not good that's not good at all in response to that the left-wing response was all right well let's start a civil war and start killing the other side because uh, they're killing us that would be crazy but first of all but they those folks are killing people. Like they're not stealing iPhones. Mass shooting after mass shooting, let alone the individual gun homicides, let alone the guns. Yeah. Black black males, young black males. I love how he's blaming us for what young black males are doing in the city. It's incredible. Suicides, etc. But the mass shootings inside a black church, inside synagogues. Yeah, those happen. They ha happen at a much smaller rate than they are in, in, in the city. It's one thing to be balanced and say, these are the statistics, majority are committed by young black males, and then there is a minority committed by uh, white males, and if you have, a, if you're normal, no problem, you have a normal conversation. But you are lying and pretending that white people are committing crimes at the level of black people, which is a lie, that's a lie. Now, back in the day, I wouldn't have necessarily cared. I would have thought, well, that's, I guess that's how it, it you know, it, it, that's how it played out. But now that you're specifically blaming people in my group for things that we didn't do, you can go fuck yourself. Now people should talk about black crime and scream it from the rooftops. Because, yeah, like that's unacceptable. Like it's one thing that we got to deal with it and now we're going to be blamed for it? Fuck you. I don't accept that deal. That's bullshit. Uh, you know, targeting uh, people, uh, black folks at a store, targeting Latinos and- Again, the rate of black against white violent crime is like 500% more than the other way around, bitch. Sick, sick fucker. Texas, etc. 
I mean, there's already, in a sense, they've already started a civil war and they're already attacking and attacking and attacking and killing. Calling out black criminals is starting a civil war? You're insane. Killing and killing. Are there Not wanting to be killed by black males is a starting a civil war? You're out of your mind. There's no equivalent shootings at white places, nor should they ever be. And we would never encourage that. And here comes Greg Gutfeld on Fox News encouraging further violence by the right wing when they're the ones doing the violence in the first place. The right wing is doing all of the, of the violence according to this fucking monkey. Unbelievable, or I should say baboon, he's a baboon. So it's it, irresponsible, doesn't begin to cover it. That The things he said there are super dangerous. Yeah, I agree. Telling the truth is super dangerous. I think, I think, I think we were shocked by how accurate that is. Why are you making sense on TV? What are you doing making sense? Like Fox, you should be like Fox. And and let's be honest. And and, and Ray, you know this. Let's let's be absolutely clear. This is not about crime. This is not about what's it literally is about crime. Going on. I mean, like the lies that he said about the economy, we 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 know there are the economy's terrible, retard. Problems with the economy and the polls support that people don't feel comfortable with Democrats handling. But the truth is we have more job creation now than we had in a It's bullshit, fucker long time and we're not talking about that because we are confused because well, it's bullshit by the noise and no, we're not confused we, we people don't want to live near criminals okay that's the bottom line fox has this captivated audience where they can continue to do this where we've seen that fact checking these people don't matter because after a week after the fact checked according to the studies they go right back to believing the noise from fox news and it is absolutely dangerous when you see that most of the people 32 percent of the people in this poll are republicans believe that we should be attacking the government so just if, if we're going to hold trump accountable for for inciting people we should also be holding fox and we've seen what happened when they're held accountable they lose i hope you're held accountable i hope you all get put in prison lawsuits so let black people kill you rob you and loot and uh don't complain about it amazing uh they're upset with biden doing uh border wall apparently folks in chicago and i think yeah I think I think he's probably just like, I, I doubt they're gonna do anything. It's gotta say no, because that's the simple solution is no. Turn the buses around. We come in a community of black people where we already get the low scraps. And then you wanna take the little scraps, the resources that we have and put us at the bottom of the barrel. So I'm glad these people are complaining. Uh, they're shitting all over black people in Chicago with illegal immigrants. In fact, they, there was, you know, it's fascinating. This is why Democrats are, are just the worst because first of all, they don't do anything for black people, but they pretend that they're the saviors of black people. So you have this football team in, in Chicago of black youth. Like, so these are kids that like choose to get off the streets and do something productive. They have a football team. Well, now they're, they're given the place where their football team uh, goes or whatever, it's given it to illegal immigrants. It's fucking ridiculous. So yeah, I hope, I hope black people don't tolerate this shit. It's fucking ridiculous. And uh, you know, I don't know, I'm not even say because of this vote for Republicans, just uh, you, Vote for someone who's not fucking you in the ass, okay? Democrats are fucking you in the ass, okay? I don't, you can, I'm, I'm not going to say vote for Republicans. I mean, great if you do, but just don't vote for the fucking people fucking you in the ass. That's really all it is. Hey. 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 
workers in big blue cities like Chicago are absolutely revolting over the migrant crisis. And it is likely what is persuading the Biden administration, if you ask me, to do a pretty big 180 in regard to the construction of Trump's border wall. Something really that Biden on the debate stage swore that he would not do, something that he swore he would end on day one of his administration. Well, um, turns out, no, he is going to uh, use congressionally appropriated funds in order to continue the construction on Trump's border wall. Now, um, in order to do that, the federal government needs to waive quite a few laws. In fact, more than two dozen laws pertaining to the environment. Um, and they're gonna go ahead and do that. So let me give you the details on what's happening. I'll give you the details on what the Biden administration is alleging is going on. We can question whether we believe them. But in a public notice posted Wednesday, the Department of Homeland Security outlined its intent to build up to 20 new miles of Trump administration era border barriers in the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, one of the busiest crossing spots for migrants attempting to enter the United States. Now, um, apparently, uh, again, this goes against what Biden said he was gonna do, but there is in fact a, a giant flow of migrants coming into the country. Uh, many of these people are now being uh, bused to blue cities. And for the first time, you have Democratic lawmakers and Democratic constituents complaining about the migrant crisis. So this is no longer a Republican versus Democrat issue. And I actually think that's a good thing, mostly because I think Congress absolutely needs to act on comprehensive immigration reform. If one party- What she means by that is letting them all in and giving them citizenship, ridiculous. ...is concerned about immigration and another party is pretending like it's not a problem at all. You're less likely to get any legislation passed through and we desperately need it. There is presently an acute and immediate need to construct physical barriers and roads in the vicinity of the border of the United States in order to prevent unlawful entries into the United States in these project areas, the notice reads. So the, again, this is the notice from the, uh, the Department of Homeland Security. I think it's important for you to know what it said as you hear Biden's explanation in just a moment. It added that the administration will waive federal, state and local laws that protect water, air and endangered species to speed up the construction. Now illegal border crossings have surpassed 2 million for each of the last two years. The administration had halted all construction on Trump's border wall the first day of the Biden presidency. But Biden had an interesting answer to a question that was asked of him today. I wanna go to that video and see if we are buying what he's selling. On the border wall, the border wall, the money was appropriated for the border wall. I tried to get them to reappropriate, to redirect that money. They didn't, they wouldn't. And in the meantime, there's nothing under the law other than they have to use the money for what was appropriated. I can't stop that. Do you believe the border wall works? No. So he's saying that he does not believe the border wall works, but he is forced to use this money that was appropriated by Congress back in 2019, specifically to build the border wall. So what are your thoughts, Jake? Not Biden. Same, same. Okay, so they, look, unfortunately a lot of Democratic voters are gullible on stuff like this. So they say, well, there was a law passed in 2019, that's true, okay. And we try to reappropriate the money, relatively true, okay. And so now there's nothing we can do, not at all true. 
Okay, so they've been delaying it this whole time. They could continue delaying it. They don't have to take an executive branch action to waive all those environmental laws, etc. Right now, they're doing it right now. There was no like, there's no court order. There's no date that they ran into. No, they're doing it now because of the pressure from Republicans to do something about the border. But it's not just pressure from Republicans, as Democrats. Anna pointed out. It's Hochul in New York, Pritzker in Illinois, and and Adams, the mayor of New York City, etc. So this pressure is mounting, and there and even fellow Democrats are saying you got to do something about it because it's going to cost me my elections locally, etc. So don't insult our intelligence by pretending that you had to do it this minute. You're doing it because of the pressure. And so you're giving in to Trump and you're building more wall. And that's pretty disastrous. Okay, now, if people are just abject retards. Biden had decided, I, I don't think the wall works. Okay, like me personally, but let's say- Well, you're a retard, you're a literal retard. That Biden disagrees with me and decided that the ball wall does work. He's gonna change his mind on it, etc. Okay, all right. but. Do that when you think it makes sense, and you know if when your Department of Homeland Security calls for it, which apparently they're now claiming they called for it six months ago, right? So, but when you do it when it looks like appeasement of Republicans, oh, that's a disaster because then you look super weak, and appeasement of Republicans never works. They always want more. They never ever give you credit. And of course, immediately afterwards, every Republican, including Donald Trump, went, ha <laughs> Yeah, look, I honestly don't think he's doing it to appease Republicans at all. I think he's doing it because of the pure rage that typical Democratic voters are feeling in these cities that are honestly dealing with a massive influx of, of migrants and they don't have anywhere to shelter them. There aren't jobs for them. Well, it then, is a big problem. So no, you're right about that. But then I make two points about that. One is, okay, well, Biden, what do you think works in in stopping the flow of undocumented immigrants? So do you think it's the wall, or do you think it's, it's something else? Because everybody thinks you should stop the flow of undocumented immigrants. It's uh, not. Total, I mean, I hope Democrats don't think. Total lie. Plenty of Democrats want this. Like, oh, it's okay, we shouldn't have a border. I mean, some- That's most of the Democrats, retard. Radical folks said that in like 2020 campaign, but Biden wasn't among them. I'm not among them, so- You advocate for the policy causing this. Then why don't you do the thing that you think will actually work? Yes. So that there'll be less undocumented immigrants and there'll be less rage here. Can I just- And then I have a second point in a second, but go Yeah, no, I actually think, um, at least the portion of the left that I've heard on this issue has some real immediate solutions. Although I do believe that there needs to be real comprehensive immigration reform. There needs to be real comprehensive deportations. However, the majority of migrants who are coming to the border right now are Venezuelans, okay? Mm -hmm. There are also Cubans coming to the border looking to come in. Lift the sanctions. Okay, the sanctions are crushing people mm. in Venezuela. So improve the conditions in those countries so these people don't- I don't care, lift the sanctions, but they all gotta go back. You, if you're in the country illegally, you have to go back. Feel forced to flee for economic opportunities. Um, and I, I really do think that's the case with Venezuela and, and Cuba. And by the way, the Cubans and the Venezuelans have extra privileges in being able to come in. And, and partly because the Republicans wanted it. So oh, let's make up our minds. Do we get the 
fuck out of here. Want them or don't we want them? So it is, look, guys, it's as with every issue, this is a complicated so issue. So now because we're going to be blamed for the open border policy. Amazing. Of course, you want to approach it from a place of empathy. You you want to, uh, it's a humanitarian crisis. This is not a small thing, but it's also very complex, right? So I didn't know this until today. I've been you know looking into. You know, all the various players behind the scenes who are in Biden's ear. Apparently, a group of CEOs represented by the Chamber of Commerce had sent a letter to Biden earlier this year urging him to fast track the workers' visas. Okay, mm -hmm. or the um, yeah, the, the temporary worker visas for the migrants. Oh, I know why. Okay. So Behind the scenes, and this isn't being talked about enough, I think Lee Fong is the only person, only reporter I've heard cover this or talk about this. There is this tension between labor groups and the Chamber of Commerce because the Chamber of Commerce and the businesses it represents hates the fact that workers for the first time in a long time have some leverage due to the tight labor market. Yeah, so look, I'm in a couple of different circles, politics, media, but also business. So in the business articles that I read, there's nonstop talk of, oh, I hope unemployment goes up. Why? What? A, like it seems weirdly cruel, right? Now they are thinking they have to keep their labor costs lower, and they're getting punished in the markets because of it in their mind. And so when there is low unemployment, the labor market is tighter and it drives up wages, right? Mm -hmm. So since they can't help the fact that the unemployment situation is actually fantastic for the rest of us. They're trying to bring in cheaper undocumented immigrants so that they can lower their labor costs, right? Or documented. In this case, it would be documented. Yeah, in, in documented is better for them because then they don't have to worry about anything going wrong in the Venezuelans. Oh, we're there fleeing socialism, perfect, right? So they're gonna bring in cheap labor and that's why the Chamber of Commerce wants it. Yes. So, and that's what's driving a lot of this, but no, but does, does Biden out the Chamber of Commerce? No way, because he also takes money from those corporate interests. By the way, does Donald Trump out uh, Chamber of Commerce? No way. No, Donald but Trump, by the Donald Trump's not in office. The way at the same time, further complicating the matter, you have the governor of New York, Hochul, uh, demanding that Biden fast track the worker visas, specifically because of the fact that you know. In New York City right now, they're really struggling with the lack of resources and they want to get these migrants independent. What are you, are you this is insane. Able to earn on insane. their own, so they're not relying so heavily on the social safety net insane. in that state. This is fucking crazy. This country, the people running this country are criminals and they all need to go to jail. Unbelievable what they're doing to this country. And so I understand that perspective as, as well. But look, at the root of this, in my opinion, is the lack of comprehensive immigration reform, which would allocate the necessary funding for- No, deportation, you're crazy. More immigration judges to just deal with the massive backlog of individuals seeking asylum. And also on top of that, there's just this need to basically do away with these sanctions that might be desired by people who are super salty about what happened with the Cuban Revolution or super salty about you know socialism in Venezuela. But listen, improve the conditions in those countries, which creates an incentive for people to remain in their countries. It yeah. makes more sense. Hundred <laughs> percent. But our politicians are just not that fast, uh, that forward thinking. Okay, last points here.
Look, guys, I hate to say I told you so, but when Greg Abbott started busing immigrants to Democratic cities, I said that's a really good idea on his part because it's gonna spread the pain to the blue states and they're gonna feel the pain and then they're gonna react. And that's exactly what happened, okay? I wish I wasn't right about that, but that, you know, you can go back to the very first day when I made that comment because to me, this was fairly obvious. And by the way, not fair, as I've said all along to the border states that they should deal with all the pain without anybody else chipping in. And finally, look, no matter what you think is the right approach for immigration, Biden caving in, and all the Democrats, not just Biden, caving in and building more wall as if that'll work. Oh, it's terrible optics, terrible politics. From here on out, every Republican will say for eternity, we told you the walls work. Well, they're correct, they're correct. This policy is ridiculous and this is all on you. This is all on your side. Trump was right in building a wall. You guys all complained for no reason at all. Uh, yep. 100%. Ha ha. Yeah. So it is incredible weakness on the part of the Democrats to go in this direction. Um, all right, David Pakman, rabid homosexual. Um, is oh, hold on a second. He, uh, someone calls him and says no one can afford anything. Why don't we go next to James from Pennsylvania? James, welcome to the David Pakman show. What uh, what's on your mind today? And James, you've muted yourself. If you unmute yourself, I'll be able to hear you. And James, last chance you you've self muted. There you are. Hey, David, can you hear me? Yes, I can. Hey, David. Um, so thank you for letting me speak. I was wondering. So you see how Americans like 60 percent live paycheck to paycheck medical debt is skyrocketing people don't want to take like ambulances uh college tu tuition skyrocketing housing prices and wages have kind of stayed the same so what do you th do you think that we could like look at like a different system or do, what would you think like more social programs to try to easing the burden on families because as of right now as we see that we, we, people are the top one percent has more wealth than like 170 million americans yeah. So when you say try a different system, what do you mean? Well, I wouldn't say like maybe. Like, let me rephrase that. And I mean, I'm not talking like cap capitalism, socialism. I'm just mean like, 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 I, is it like social demo democrat or democracy, whatever? It's more like more social programs. Yeah. So a couple different things here. You know, first and foremost, um, wages have been increasing, and in fact, we've seen some of the fastest wage oh, increases yeah. uh, in decades yeah. over the last yeah, yeah. few years. Mm -hmm where you're right is inflation has also been high. And so inflation has exceeded wage increases. That's true. But I think we want to be accurate. And we have actually seen some of the more notable wage increases. A couple different things I, I think uh, are, are going on here. Where I think the U.S. is not doing enough is in the allocation of tax revenue in the most economically stimulative way. And so more stimulus. He wants more stimulus. Oh, my God. It won't come as a shock to people in my audience that we do need to use tax revenue, I believe, less so for defense spending. And by that, I don't mean like the tiny sliver of it that we give to Ukraine. I'm talking about. Yeah, tiny sliver, just a tiny sliver. The broader military industrial complex, the fact that we have 40 bases in Germany and so on and so forth. Much of that money without taxing anybody anything more, much of that money could be reallocated in more economically stimulative ways. Food stamps, for example, which have been expanded under Joe Biden, which I think is great. 
food stamps are insanely economically stimulative. Every dollar put into food stamps uh, has a very high economic multiplier relative to some of these other other forms of government spending or spending altogether. So I would like to increase some of those programs. I do believe there are areas altogether of society that should be taken out of the market system. I've said health care is one of those health care demand is completely inelastic. You're James. I'm guessing right now you don't have appendicitis. Is that right? No. How much would you be willing to pay for an appendectomy right now? I don't have um, honestly, I guess the most I can just it was maybe like two hundred dollars. No, but but I, but I why would you pay? Why would you pay anything? You don't need an appendectomy. Why would you pay anything? Yeah. Well, not I. Yeah. Now, if all of a sudden you got appendicitis, how much would you be willing to pay to take to get the appendectomy? I can't afford much, so very little. But I whatever have. it would take in order to save your life is that generally the point here sure, is I'm, yeah. th- this is going very wrong, James. But the point here is d- it's not like something like, you know, a sports car. If it's cheap enough, you might want one. Your interest in it goes up. But if it's too expensive, you're not so interested in it. With an appendectomy, until you need it, your demand is zero. You're not willing to pay anything. Why would you pay for a procedure you don't need? And then all of a sudden you need it to save your life and that changes. So the point here is there are certain areas of the economy like healthcare, which I think need to be removed altogether from a market system. And so it, it's not a different system altogether, but it is a model that is that exists in Scandinavia and in, in northern Europe. That's the direction I'd like to go in. Can I ask you one quick follow up? Sure. So we saw that, you know, I told you like the top one percent owns more wealth than 170 million Americans. Yes. I'm not saying like try to seize wealth, but would you be interested in like possibly like a wealth tax? Because I heard it could bring in maybe like two point four trillion over like 10 years. As I've said before, I think the wealth tax is problematic logistically and legally. I don't have any moral opposition to it. I just think uh, there are practical issues with it in terms of what if people have to sell stock or like art in order to pay it? I don't know how you force people to do that. I don't know how you quantify the value of some of these things. Are you getting uh, so I think that there's logistical problems. I also it doesn't really seem to me like legally it's going to fly. So I would look at other things. I think we need to tax dividends as income. I've said that before. I outlined an entire plan, but I, I have no problem with a wealth tax. I see it as difficult to implement. All right. Thank you for letting me speak. All right, James from Pennsylvania. Excellent to hear from you. We're going to take just like the quickest of breaks. Um, Let's see. Far right group exposed for using fake claims to win anti-LGBTQ cases. Cry more horror. Remember when the Supreme Court ruled that discrimination was A-OK, especially when it comes to LGBTQ plus people, um, and that in this case, a Colorado wedding web designer could refuse to make a website for a gay couple. And remember how that case was like kind of weird and bogus? Uh, Just a refresher, that case involved a woman named Lori Smith, and she was helped by a group called the ADF, or the Alliance Defending Freedom. Hold that thought, there's more on that. But remember how in that case, The man who she claimed asked for her services, a guy named Stuart, had no idea that he was even involved in this case. This was a quote from him about that case that I was incredibly surprised, given the fact that I've been happily married to a woman 
for the last 15 years, said Stewart, who declined to give his last name for fear of harassment and threats. In other words, the entire case that the Supreme Court ruled on effectively allowing people to discriminate against gay folks in this country was based on a lie. So what other lies have been told in the name of bigotry? There is more because according to a new Washington Post report, the Alliance Defending Freedom has a multi-decade history of fabricating cases out of whole cloth. So let's look at this. Among the wedding vendors that were represented by the Christian nonprofit Alliance Defending Freedom were a photographer from Kentucky, videographers from Minnesota, and a pair of Arizona artists who created stationery. Each challenged local laws barring businesses from discriminating based on sexuality, which a plaintiff said violated their First Amendment rights. But were they vendors? By an example, but an examination by the Washington Post of court filings, the company records and other materials found that two of the three vendors cited in the ADF September 2021 petition had stopped working on weddings and the other did not photograph any weddings for two years. Who cares? Who cares? Years. Three additional vendors represented by ADF and similar lawsuits elsewhere also abandoned or sharply cut back their work on weddings after they sued local authorities for the right to reject same-sex couples. Also, they established themselves only to disintegrate after they brought forward the case. Awesome. But the craziest part is that things were actually staged by the ADF. ADF photographs were staged by the ADF to make it look like these people were truly who they said they Good. were. So the ADF also had a hand in formally establishing the companies for some of the clients. The Post found lawyers associated with the legal group signed incorporation paperwork and helped draft company policies that were later used as a basis for the wedding lawsuits. And ADF promoted promoted some of its lawsuits with videos and images of plaintiffs photographing photographing women in bridal gowns at what the Post found were stage events Excellent. featuring ADF Good. employees. That's great. Oh my word. So here's a photo. This is what you fucking get. This is great. I love this. I, I want to see more of this. I want to see more of this. It's about goddamn time. Of a plaintiff uh, that the ADF groomed, for lack of a better uh, word, from Wisconsin. And this is a publicity photo with, who's that in the background? Oh, it looks like a bride. No, 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 no. She's an ADF employee. Since suing for the right to decline same-sex weddings, Lawson has removed the word photography from the name of her business, which now focuses on corporate branding. Yeah, so guys, all of these cases, at least the majority that the Post found are bogus. There is more. Um, I wanna jump down actually before I get to you, Yaz, uh, to this Kentucky woman um, who, was supposedly working out of Louisville, hadn't even established a photography business. The ADF helped her help her sign the LLC to establish a business. And the person who signed that paperwork was a lawyer for the Alliance Defending Freedom. After they signed that, after they brought the lawsuit in Kentucky, what happened? She moved to Florida. She just left the state altogether. Late last month, the ADF told the court, however, that Nelson, this is this, um, um, the Kentucky woman had photographed two weddings this summer, but neither of them were in Louisville. It filed copies of work contracts dated months after Louisville noted her absence from photogra uh, photographing weddings. Customers' last names were redacted. The Post determined that the bride in the first wedding held in Mississippi in July was Nelson's sister-in-law. And then Nelson was also a guest according to the couple's wedding website. Okay, so you just you did photography for your sister, cool. The second wedding 
was held near Nelson's home in Tallahassee later that month. Speaking on the condition of anonymity to avoid being caught up in a legal dispute, the groom, a doctoral student from Nigeria, told the Post that he met Nelson through church. So who's to say that that's even real? I guess that technically counts as you are a wedding photographer for your sister and then a dude that you met at the church. Neither of those uh, uh, like instances and neither of those weddings happened in the state in which you're bringing your lawsuit, which is Kentucky. Yasmin, these are you lost and I hope there's more to come. The cases that are making their way all the way up to the Supreme Court. The ADF had started this way back when and um, here we are suffering the consequences of phantom cases that never existed in the first place. Yeah, so a lot of this, first of all, puts into very stark perspective the fact that, you know, we have these people who are appointed to the higher court, the highest court in the entire land, and they're supposed to be the most just people. They're supposed to be, you know, able to look at both sides of an argument and determine what is the best for everybody and what is the most just, what's the most ethical. And they're simply unable to do that because they're operating with a flawed set of, um, with flawed data, right? Uh, bullshit. And they know it. They have to know it. And if they don't know it, then they're bad at their jobs and they shouldn't be on that bench in the first place. Yeah, that's not how it works. Conversely, in a weird way, this actually makes me feel. You lost your spot where you were reading, didn't you? Well, kind of good. Because whenever things like this come up in the news and whenever cases like this make it to the Supreme Court, it's kind of sad to think that your fellow Americans are these people, you know, and that, you know, this is kind of the way the country is going or that's the way it can seem. It's nice to know that they ha still have to pull all these tricks and just like come up with all these fake cases because they don't actually exist in the real world. So it makes me feel better about like the people that I'm sharing a country with, which is a weird thing to take comfort in because functionally the Supreme Court still is going to do what they're going to do. But at least I know that there's solidarity with the American people that we all think this is crazy. Oh, so sad. So Crowder begs to be canceled during yeah. racist comedy. Yeah, I've been oh. Newsom appointed former SEIU official. A black lesbian. sold out. A black lesbian that looks like a man. Who You know, what else would they do? To Uber <laughs> and really passed. I think it was like, was it ballot? Was it 22? Prop 22. Prop 22, California. which worked and lobbied for that bill full-on assault on labor and in one that is not sort of like narrowly tailored and um and one that has now been replicated by anti-labor governments in other states throughout the country without a doubt is she to the left of uh diane feinstein uh, the answer is probably yes but the answer is probably like it would be a real project to find someone who wasn't in california um in she's California? also okay well that's the other thing she she's also to the left of, of diane feinstein as you're looking at a map <laughs> to like the east way, of her. oh i'm sorry to the right <laughs> if you're looking down right. at a map up yeah there. i guess yeah, if, you're, yeah, yeah. if you're no if you if you're going around the long way <laughs> yeah she has been a resident of maryland for two years and just moved back to california still had a house there uh, but um, Emily's list pay, pays well, I guess. Emily's list does pay well. And then, actually, Uber like does play well. Uber pay well does and Emily's list. And yeah. and here's the thing, she um, was head of Emily's list, and this again is also sort of a a a more corporate um, uh, 
right wing uh, within the context of anybody supporting a Democrat uh, of Democrat organizations. I mean, this is not, uh, um, um, you know, Emily's List did not come out and help folks like uh, um, Ilhan Omar or um, Rashida Tlaib. Uh, they worked with APAC quite a bit, Emily's List. Mm -hmm. And APAC was basically on a mission to take out a lot of progressive uh, challengers and, and incumbents as well. Um, so, but be that as it may, Steven Crowder has some other ideas that are problematic about uh, this replacement, not the least of which the replacement turns out to be um, a woman and also black. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Anyway, there's good news, though, Keith and Kevin. There's good news. Uh, this morning, Gavin Newsom announced that the Feinstein's replacement uh, in the Senate is going to be... Don't by, say it. By the way, no, we had them... That's her name. We have to say it. We did, and we researched it just because you don't want to... We don't want to... Look, it's important cultural differences. Lafonza Butler. Now, which also Lafonza Butler in Swahili means nothing. It's a made-up name. There is Lafonza means nothing. <laughs> it's something that... African Americans, Black Americans, make up and actually has no meaning. You guys can fact check me on that below. Yeah, they're great at making up names. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they butchered American names. One of them, one of them forgot how to the name of they were watching Happy Days. Like I like that one with the leather jacket. What's the what the one who hits the jukebox? Lafon, Lafonza, the Fonz, Lafonza. Lafonza. That's your name. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Shut up. That's your name. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he did black voice. <laughs> Cancel. <laughs> oh, he's got the Hodgkins that sign off. Oh yeah, it's, uh, yes. Now that he has, he's got his. Um, oh my his, God. The, it was a Hodgkins. The Hodgkins. I think that's who those guys are there to be like. Oh, it's okay to do racism. It's okay to do racist stuff here. We're all Pathetic. we're all in this together. Let's. So uh, I guess the Hodge twins don't have their own agency to decide whether or not they find a joke funny. They got to listen to the white commie. To be clear. Um, you know, here's the weird thing about names. They're made up. Yeah. Words are made up. Now he's going to analyze the joke. Names are made up. Hmm. Um, I mean, these are all made up things. All right, but come on, come on, come on. I mean. The, the Why wouldn't they just adopt the heritage of, like, Western tradition names? Yeah. Why would they want to maybe differentiate? Why would black people maybe not want to, like, name their kids Stephen? Yeah. <laughs> My, and and why, is he, why does it have to be, like, necessarily Swahili? Mm, well, yeah. Um, official language of black people. Yeah. He, the, the white names, they're the ones that are not made up, obviously. God created those it's, names. It's almost as if white christianity is the natural way to be because the names came down from god and that everything else is not natural and it's deviant almost associated with the devil um i mean this isn't I, i'm joking but like this is literally how fundamentalist right-wingers think right yeah that's that's what stephen crowder believes yeah uh, i gotta say and i know this is petty but um oh you want to talk about the mustache well, no, the mustache, I mean, uh, you know, who knows what the mustache is about. But You're very straight, Stephen. <laughs> I, what I'm really surprised about, honestly, is for a guy who's so much into fitness, a lot of times when you get divorced, you know, I don't know, I found that I just, like, I, I would forget to eat. Mm -hmm. I don't think that's happening <laughs> in this place, but go ahead. More, well, more gutter racism. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's eating a lot of racism. So, 
LaFonza Butler has many qualifications, though, for this role. We'll fill um, those wrinkly <laughs> I thought you were That's her name, really? LaFonza yeah. Butler? No, that's for real. That's her name. That's her name. Jesus. We like people. LaFonza <laughs> Butler. We her, too. Yeah. Well, wait, wait. Do I? Right, you, you went past it. I go past you it. Did oh, right that's there. right. Okay. You know what? Here's a clip of LaFonza Butler. Time and again, we have been told what choices we can and cannot make. We have come together across race and across place to respond to questions about our rights with clarity and resolve. Mm-hmm. Clarity and resolve. Okay, good. That's very nice. So, uh, here are her qualifications for the role. Uh, she's black. There you go. That's a big one. She's a lesbian. That's, uh, that's that's just that is a qualifier, and she's a president of Emily's List, a pro-abortion organization. By the way, Emily's uh, List, their own Make website, said that Butler. In case you didn't know that the game was rigged, she resided in Maryland. But, but now the game is rigged. Like it's California. Mm-hmm. It's not like Joe Biden uh, appointed her uh, senator from Mississippi. Yeah. It's California, for God's sakes. I mean, Mitt Romney... Why didn't he consider Larry Elder? Mitt Romney was the governor of one state and then the senator from another. I mean, like, we're, we're joking about it because I think Newsom had a few black women who actually are in elected office who he could have chosen from. But, like, for, for Crowder's purposes, that doesn't matter. It's just interesting, like, how... It's like, a, this stuff is a well, Rorschach test. The, the thing that he's saying, the fix is in, is that she's clearly not a republican right but it's a blue state like it's not like her politics are you know at the very least like maybe in the center of california it is overwhelmingly pro-choice in california it's not even remotely close the fix is in well the fix for white men is in because when you have someone die and there's an open seat um it's just reverse racism in action at this point there that's why he does the little yeah, again dumb whore democrats uh, don't want any sort of um uh, intelligent black person in any position they want low iq commies and they want people based on characteristics like race and gender and whether or not you're a homosexual Ding sa- that's retarded that's the whole point of what he's saying for the signifiers, the fact that she's uh, LGBTQ, the fact that she's black and a woman, those are all the little check marks of the new privileged class, as we heard Rachel Campos Duffy refer to Jamal Bowman yesterday as. Um, that's just, that's their conception of the world. They're insane. It's just fascinating how like this stuff is like a Rorschach test, and it says more about Steve and the way he reacts about this because he can't. All this sort of like he's faux populism he's you see on the right about like who the powerful moneyed interest doesn't talk of anything about like Emily's list and no. like, maybe the donor stuff. It's no. she's black. Let's spend a good chunk on that, and then oh, she's also pro-abortion and a lesbian black woman, and it's like that. He it's so disgusting that like this stuff is. I mean, a big like driver or was a big driver to YouTube. Like, like this is just gutter level racism. <laughs> gutter level experience level. Here. And there's, there's nothing redeeming about this at all. I'm g- glad Russell Brand could have a good chat with this guy. Yeah. Um, We'd love to have a chat with him. Sam would. With Steven Crowder? Yeah. I mean, oh, yeah. I could I could be his um, his uh, divorce rabbi. Here's some names. Um, Shackelford Stanwick, uh, Colton McCaffrey, Skylar Dickinson, Deemer Class, mm-hmm. Ivy Stucker, Brickman House, Sky Dupree, Coy Broderick. 
And they would make fun of those names uh, uh, just like anyone else. Braylon, Sampson, Hampton. Now, all these boys might be great, but they're uh, lacrosse players from uh, one year <laughs> uh, yeah. of lacrosse program. Like, those are made-up names, buddy. Can, can you translate those into Swahili? <laughs> yeah, Brayley. I mean, at least, like, when uh, some black people in this country are conceiving of their own names, it's in opposition to, like, a, a white colonial exactly. power structure exactly. and that's creating their own names. Yeah, that's what they're thinking of when they're making these names. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Identity, as opposed to just, like, mashing up Brayden. My and and Kaylee together right. and calling it a name. I'm just expressing myself. Yeah. In my kid's name. <laughs> Abject retardation. All right, we have some uh, breaking news from the internet. From Drunk Pinata. He's saying that the woman in the truck has been identified. So let's have a look here. Gateway Pundit. One moment. Let's let this load. Okay. They got rid of, uh, I think, links. I mean, you can still link stuff, but it looks a little different now. Woman whose lifeless body was seen in the back of a truck identified as German citizen Shani Lueck. She was attending a peace concert near Gaza border when murdered by Hamas. Uh, a, a smash. That's, uh, that's sad. That's a waste. That is a waste. <clears throat> a woman whose body was seen on video in the back of a truck earlier today, driven by a Palestinian terrorist to Gaza, has been identified. 30-year-old Shani Luak was a German citizen visiting Israel. She was attending a music festival for peace held near the Gaza border fence when she was murdered by Hamas terrorists. Her body lay lifeless in the back of a truck after Hamas raided southern Israel on Saturday. Palestinians were filmed chanting Allah Akbar, uh, God is good, as they drove down the streets of Gaza earlier today. Uh, Hamas terrorists launched a major surprise attack on Israel. The Islamist group fired over 5,000 missiles, um, crossed the uh, southern, crossed into southern Israel, captured innocent citizens and Israeli soldiers as prisoners, and launched numerous attacks against across southern Israel. The assault comes just weeks after Joe Biden sent six billion to Iran in September. The last time the U.S. gave uh, stacks of money to Iran. During the Obama years, Iran launched a massive military buildup. This time, it took four weeks before Iran's proxy army in Gaza launched a historic military assault in, on Israel on the Sabbath. Shani Luwak was reportedly attending a peace concert at the time in southern Israel. Human Events pointed out that she has the same leg tattoo as the woman's body in the truck. Uh, the cousin spoke with Washington Post. Tom Weintraub Lauk said her cousin Shani Lauk was missing after militants overran an outdoor dance party near Kibbutz Urim on Saturday morning when family members heard news of the attacks from Gaza in the early hours of the morning. They tried to contact Shani, who is in her early 20s uh, and holds German and Israeli citizenship. Uh, she knew, we knew she was at the party, she didn't answer. Luak said, Revelers have been dancing in the area all night. Family members also desperately tried to reach her Mexican boyfriend, but they couldn't get through. Later in the morning, in a slew of videos exchanged on social media, another cousin sent one that appeared to show Shani in the back of the pickup truck. She's lying there on the Jeep of Hamas with armed people, said Lau, who hasn't been able to bring herself to look at the video herself, but said her cousin's parents have. We recognized her by the tattoos, and she has long dreadlocks, while her cousin appears lifeless, the family is still holding out news. Oh, I think she's definitely dead. The way her leg was 
like she, I, I think one hundred percent dead. In the video, the woman is face down in the bed of the truck with four militants. One holds her hair while the other raises a gun in the air and shouts "Allo Akbar." A crowd follows the truck cheering. So, all right, thank you, drunk pinata. So now we know that this is uh, who that person was. Yeah, very fucked up shit going on in Israel uh, right now. Uh, okay, let me uh, let me read some of these super chats. We're taking him through. Uh, Streamlabs, link in the description. We're also taking him through Entropy. Link in the description. And we're also taking uh, Rumble Rants on Rumble. We have, let's see. Um, Silky Johnson says, Jesus Christ, HB, you'd need to incinerate that car after a disgusting tranny shit in it. A fucking 41-year-old tranny is so unhinged he destroyed a 17-year-old's car. You know he would have raped her if he could because trannies... Uh, subhuman predators well those types are definitely that guy was yeah that guy's a hundred percent a predator no question no question uh silky also says hb it's the james bond 007 thunderball fuck mary kill domino fiona volpe or paula kaplan also there's something about the women from that era smoking hot and classy they're very feminine and mysterious need more of that these days all right, let's uh, have a look here. One moment. Let me uh, bring the phone, the, the other phone up. Um, okay, let's see. Let's have a look. We have uh, Thunderball, Domino, Thunderball, Domino. Let's have a look. All right, definitely smoking hot. Domino Vitale? That sounds Italian. All right, well, she's in the lead. Now, what's the next one? Fiona Volpe. Let's have a look. All right. Not bad. First one's definitely best so far. And then the, the last one. Paula Kaplan. Paula Kaplan. Okay. All right. So we're going to fuck Paula Kaplan. We're going to uh, kill Fiona Volpe. And we're going to marry Domino. That's how we're going to do that. Fuck, marry, kill. Yeah, that first one, that Italian chick. That's some, mm, That's fantastic. Yeah, classy. They were classy. That's true. All right. Now we have uh, a person calling themselves the nigga philosopher. Says, and I quote, to be or not to be's, that be the question, nigga. When I's power pour out the 40, it is be in honor of the homies, or be it cause that King Cobra be hard to drink. When I's be throwing them bones for clack, for click clack, is it cause of my niggahood or cause eyes need child support money s-u-p-p-o-w-t you have to pronounce it as it's written because anything else is bigotry um yeah well you got to watch out for, yeah God, it's, uh, i don't think i've ever heard that term before niggahood that's a new one i think well it's probably not a new one it's new to me okay well good luck with that good luck with that Michelle Kincaid says, we need to get the blacks on our side. Look how fast they react to a little bit of bitching and moaning. I think it's optics, though. They will drag out the construction so they can still come in. Yeah, I don't trust that they are going to do this at all. Um, they could do remain in Mexico, etc. if they were serious. 
It could be because they're seeing a bunch of Cubans and Venezuelans. I guess we'll know by how long it takes them to finish the wall. Also, you missed my uh, softy super chat earlier. It was about Mayor Mondale and about the submarine lie. All right, let me... Uh, one second. Let me... So, okay, the... The act like we don't have... Okay, so it was probably before that? Let me see. This one, uh, so a man is facing 90... Or what was that the other day? What's today? The 7th. Oh, 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 oh. You mean on the soft gentleman. Okay, yeah, let me look up. I can look up the archive uh, on the soft gentleman one. Um, yeah, if, if, uh, if a bunch of the people black people in Chicago get pissed off and start voting Republican. I welcome that. I think that would be fantastic. I think it would screw Democrats, even if they just didn't vote for Biden. Uh, although, then, of course, you have to factor in always the level of cheating that the Democrats do in these cities. So, um, but yeah, it's just, um, it's an interesting thing. There's got to be, there's something, uh, there's obviously something going on because it doesn't make sense right before an election for Democrats to shit all over their constituents like that. They they have they have a use for these migrants in their plan to cause chaos related to the election. There's no question that that I mean, because why would you do that? Why would you piss them off right before an election? It doesn't make any sense, but it's very interesting. All right. Yeah, let me go through the archive uh, while the next video plays here. Uh, what do we have? Um, oh, here we go. Bald fuck face. Trump gave away nuclear submarine secrets. Oh, this is... Uh, All right, guys. Got this, some is, uh, this is not bald fuck face. This is the Miami Vice homosexual prostitute. Breaking news here for you that uh, this is from ABC News. It's about some of Trump's classified documents and uh, the cases around that. So ABC News is reporting uh, that they have sp specific examples of Trump giving up highly classified information. Uh, apparently, there was an Australian billionaire by the name of, I want to Chris Pratt is the actor, right? It's not Chris Pratt. Anthony Pratt. Isn't Chris Pratt an actor? No, I think no it idea. is. I think he is. Anyway, but there's an Australian billionaire by the name of Anthony Pratt. And uh, this guy was at Mar-a-Lago, and Trump was running his mouth, and he ended up giving away highly classified nuclear warhead secrets vis-a-vis -vis about U.S. submarines. And so... Kyle has never met a media narrative that he didn't love. So he told this guy... Just whatever they say, he uncritically accepts it. I like the number of nuclear warheads that the submarines can carry. Basically talked about like how high level the stealth technology is. So like how close you can get to some sort of enemy ship without the ship noticing. Um, and this is all stuff that like has never been reported, nobody knows anything about. It's one of the highest level of classified as, you know, usually as nuclear and totally made up secrets are. And apparently he was trying to get the guy, he was like telling him this to try to pitch the submarines to be like purchased by Australia or something, which is kind of weird because I don't even think that this guy, he's not in the Australian government, right? Like it's, I don't even know if he has the connections to like make this go up the chain or whatever to get more sales for freaking Raytheon or, or whoever sells this. I don't even know who sells it, but like very bizarre situation. But ABC News is reporting that 
get this. So when this guy heard about it, he turned around and told like everybody he knows. So he spoke to at least 45 individuals, among them six journalists, three former Australian prime ministers, at least 10 Australian government officials, and nearly a dozen of his own employees. So this is being brought, this is like, you know, part of Jack Smith Smith's case. And word is that this guy is basically fully cooperating with investigators. And he's had at least two conversations with Jack Smith around this. And so this is yet another example, sort of like with the obstruction. Uh, again, another example of totally made up bullshit that you fall for and repeat to your audience like a moron. Obstruction charge. Um... They have him dead to rights on this, man. And again, the thing that surprises me is the extent to which Trump left himself no plausible deniability at all. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know, when he was caught on audio telling somebody like, you know, I could have declassified this when I was president, but I didn't declassify it. But you want to hear about it anyway? Look, here's our battle plans to attack Iran. Like, the, yeah, not what he said. The... The level and degree of classification, it's like the top level of the top level is the stuff that's hidden away in a skiff that you can't even, like, take out of the room. He somehow took it out of the room. Faggot, like the skiff he had at Mar-a-Lago. Room, had it stored in, like, his Mar-a-Lago bathroom. Mm -hmm. And he's going around babbling away, like, literal nuclear secrets. And, I mean, look, I just... I think the clear takeaway from this is Homie really did back uh, himself into a corner. Yeah, totally backed himself into the corner with this made-up thing. Yeah, he's, he's in trouble. In the same way that with this fraud trial in New York, oh, yeah. the civil case, it right. absolutely caught up yeah. with him. Oh, totally caught up with him. It's all legitimate. You know, now we know he's going to have up to a $250 million um, fine. I'm sure. And he's losing his business licenses yep. in New York. Yep, he's losing them. There, there was no uh, ruling on that. Uh, I mean, that is a devastating blow. Oh, yeah. Devastating when you look blow. at all the specifics that come out of the Jack Smith case, and this, this one here is new, you realize, I, I see no way out of it for him. Okay. You know, am I wrong about that, Crystal? Well, that should be good news for Trump, because you don't get anything right. So I'm glad to hear that. I, it doesn't look good. It doesn't look likely. I mean, you have so many things, so many cases against him so many charges against him what he's really going to get out of all of them yeah that's what i'm saying 91 criminal charges oh, and again yeah, this 91. is the first time we're learning the specifics and it's like they have an australian businessman who's talking to jack smith who's like yeah he told me nuclear secrets about the submarines and about how many warheads you know the ships can carry and about how stealth they are and uh then i told like 87 other people <laughs> like like Again, the details of what they have, it's like, how do you wiggle out of this in court? You can't just stand up there and be like, it's a witch hunt. This is a witch hunt. Election interference. And it's like, dude, we have 17 witnesses who are giving the specifics of the top secret information that you we gave them. literally have 45 <laughs> people here yeah. who can testify that they got this information for you. Oh, man. And by the way, another thing that popped in my mind as I was reading this is all the idiots who are trying to, like, compare Trump to, like, Julian Assange or Edward Snowden. It's like, pfft. Get the fuck out of here. Those people, like, had a conscience, and they were like, hey, let me tell the public things that they have every right to know. These things are classified and top secret, and they shouldn't be that. And no reasonable person would say that they should be that. 
This is this dude giving away literal nuclear secrets that are secret for a goddamn reason, oh. right? This is amazing. What do you think his IQ is? Like 70, 60? Do you think Kyle understands hypothetical questions? Has someone ever asked Kyle a hypothetical question? I'd, I'd like, I think Crystal understands hypothetical questions. I don't know if Kyle does. Maybe, it's possible. Bolster sales at Raytheon. Right, yeah. <laughs> so Real Patriot. Yeah. So anyway, that's the big news of the night. Some specifics on just how bad his giving away of top secret information is. Which, by the way, also, final point. It makes me think, like, they're going to have, like, 15 different examples of this exact kind of stuff. <laughs> like, Trump told a government official from Tokyo, like, where the body of Jimmy Hoffa is buried. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> the it'll be... public does deserve to know that. Yeah, that is true, yeah. That's so bad example, but, like, <laughs> oh it would be God. some other oh shit God. people should know that he's just going to give away oh to some, like, God. Bangladesh ambassador <laughs> who happens to be a member of Mar-a-Lago because he's a spy, yeah, right? To, to show off or sell something. <laughs> yeah, and by the way, there's been a lot of reporting about how Mar-a-Lago is a hotbed of spies because they realize, like, oh, my God, you have access to Trump and the Trump family and... They're not good at keeping oh, secrets and all that stuff. And so there was reporting they're a hotbed of spies. How much information that shouldn't have got into oh, yeah. foreign government's hands, got into foreign government's hand, oh. hands because of how cavalier they are. Yeah. And, that, and that's the more, like, kind explanation. The less kind explanation is, like, who the hell were you selling information oh, to? Oh, yeah. Who the right? hell were what, you selling information to, Trump? Oh, amazing. What happened. With, uh, there was reporting about Jared Kushner doing that with Saudi Arabia, yeah, and lo and behold, the $2 billion deal from Saudi Arabia and Trump with the tens of millions or hundreds of millions from Saudi Arabia for the Live Golf events. It's like, what other deals were cut under the table? The idea that you, like, what, you think all this stuff is above the fray? I certainly don't. Now, to be fair, this part is speculation, but give them enough time. I mean, if they're proving stuff like this, they'll probably be able to prove stuff like they that. They proved it, according to him. Amazing. That as well, but either way, it doesn't uh... look good for him. He might be dumber than Cenk, really. He's really fucking retarded. Um, Trump calls for Democrats to be jailed. Oh, so, no. So the other day we discussed what happened with Jamal Bowman. He uh, was caught on video pulling a fire alarm and then running out of a building by the Capitol. And, um, you know, he immediately came out. He obstructed a, an official proceeding 10 years. And said, hey, my bad. I, I thought, like, that was how I got out of the door. And look, to be fair, at face value, when I saw that, I was like, eh, it doesn't make much sense. A fire alarm looks but like a fire But of course, alarm. because you're a whore, you suck the media's cock on that narrative. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? That seems Kyle absurd. is a good little whore um, for the media. And the right had this conspiracy that, oh, conspiracy. he was trying to delay a vote. And at the time, Democrats were trying to delay some vote. And so people thought, oh, this was his devious scheme to delay the vote. But then what we learned after the fact What is, we learned. What we learned. There's some really goddamn confusing signs yeah, by those guys, doors. You can't expect a black person to be able to understand a sign? Come on, we're totally not racist. Right, so first of all, the fire alarm he pulled was not in the main building. And if he was trying to delay the vote, it was a weird way to do it. Yeah, weird. After weird. he pulled the fire alarm, he sprinted to go get to the vote. So it that didn't really add up. But then as soon as I saw the signs and, and what they said by these doors... Um, I believed him because this it said some weird thing like push alarm oh, yeah, it's uh, impossible and wait to 30 know. seconds. Yeah, weird. Never seen that sign exit. before. It, it made it seem like, yeah, you press the alarm to get out. <laughs> no, it no, it didn't. 
No, it didn't, unless you're like a 7 IQ. And maybe Kyle is, you know, maybe he is like a 7 IQ. Emergency exit or something. Anyway, doesn't really matter. Bottom line is, I believe him because it's Of the... course you do, because again, you're a media whore and you do whatever they tell you. Most reasonable story. It's like the Occam's Razor yeah, it's story. the most... Ra right, so, so, totally not racist Kyle is saying that Occam's ra Razor is that Bowman was too stupid to understand a simple sign. Okay, hey, we'll go with that, no problem. No problem, no problem. That's you, that's what you said. Sorry. And it just doesn't add up that they're trying to delay the vote because um, no, he was rushing... It doesn't to... add up they were trying to delay the vote when they were trying to delay the vote. Oh, man. To get to the vote. And I, he didn't want to delay the vote. Right, and yes. It, he, again, he didn't even pull a fire alarm in the main building. But no, anyway... Oh, yeah. Um, people on the right saw this, and man, they're so sad. Like, they oh, just... so sad. They are the kings now. How of, dare they point out Democrat hypocrisy? False equivalence, right? Yeah, oh yeah. They try to... Anytime it's a Democrat, oh, it's a false equivalence, literally the same thing. Disrupting an official proceeding. Oh yeah? Well, you guys do the same thing. Or even worse, actually. It's the classic, you know, and mainstream media is known for this. They've done it for decades now. Like, let's just try to call everything even 50-50, because being neutral is the height Again, of... The, the stupid analysis, just like Cenk, that the media calls it 50-50. That's delusional. Journalistic integrity. But look, that's false. The height of journalistic integrity is objectivity, which means... Which means defending Democrats with all that they do. Telling the truth, no matter where it may lead you. Right, yeah. That's journalistic integrity. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Is, is just honesty. Right. Not, oh, you're so honest doing false balance and false yeah. equivalence for the sake of like not pissing off mm -hmm. either side right they don't do that you're making that up completely just well, like chink well the argument that the right was going with was like actually what jamal bowman did was obstruction of an official proceeding just like it on literally was yeah january 6th yeah. and so he's just as guilty as the guys on january 6th if not more guilty if not more guilty and trump literally comes out and says it so here it is in mediate trump calls for jamal bowman to be jailed for pulling fire alarm, compares him to January 6th prisoners. Quote, he must suffer their same fate. So here's his exact phrasing. Will Congressman Jamal Bowman, he spelled Jamal wrong, by the way, be prosecuted and imprisoned for very dangerously pulling and setting off the main fire alarm system in order to stop a congressional vote that was going on in D.C.? His egregious act is covered on tape. A horrible display of nerve and criminality. Criminality. It was a very dangerous obstruction of an official proceeding, the same as used against our January 6th prisoners. Actually, his act may have been worse. Worse than January 6th. He must suffer their same fate. When will his trial begin? Worse than January 6th. So let's think about this. Jamal Bowman, it appears, was genuinely pulling the fire alarm because he was confused and wanted to get out. Okay, that's the dumbest shit ever. But we'll go with that. You're saying the black guy has a 7 IQ. Okay. And wanted to get to a vote. So, in other words, total accident. You know, total just mess up. Nothing. That is worse than the January Sixers who were obstructing an official government proceeding with the stated purpose of overturning the results of the election. The people that were chanting hang Mike Pence and brought a noose. A, a non-functional noose, retard. 
some of the people who were in tactical gear, people who were breaking windows and rushing in, where they had to drag some politicians who were in there to safety because they feared they're... No, they didn't. That's made up. ...gonna lynch these people. Totally made up. Again, the level of retardation to think that lynching was on the table... Again, your, your IQ is seven. Literally attempting to do a coup... Again, again, you have to have like a seven IQ to believe that the coup, that there was an attempted coup with no guns. You're such a fucking moron. It's incredible. It's incredible to watch these people. It's like a science experiment. In retardation. To make sure Biden doesn't take power and to keep Trump in power illegally, those people are less criminal than Jamal Bowman. Like... Are they even trying at this point? Like, this is what I don't... Like, are you guys even trying? Seriously. Are you trying? It all seems so lazy. It all seems so sloppy. Well, it's obvious. It's very obvious. You can't... It's low effort because it's so obvious. That's how bad you, you all are. You're, like, insane. can't come up with anything better than this. And the part that's driving me crazy is... Hold on. So here, they think they got a gotcha moment. They think they have a gotcha moment. Aha! This is just as bad, if not worse, than January 6th. But... Bro, you guys just had your gotcha moment, and you whiffed it. You missed a layup. I'm talking, of course, about Bob Menendez. That was their moment to be like, look at the insane corruption in the Democratic Party. Literal gold bars in his jacket with his name on it, and hundreds of thousands of dollars stuffed in envelopes that he has in his pocket. But retard. Abject retard. None of the J6ers did anything with gold bars or money. So they how, how would they make, like, you're an idiot. You're just a moron. And getting a luxury car from an Egyptian, uh, a corrupt Egyptian uh, official in this grand scheme to show them intelligence illegally. He's a spy. He's a crook. He's corrupt. Bob Menendez has got to go. You had your moment. And what did they do? They defended Bob Menendez. Who defended Bob Menendez? There's more out- They? What do you mean, They? Did some people? I don't know. I fuck Bob Menendez. He's a pedophile. Outrage and more calls for somebody to be jailed, for Jamal Bowman to be jailed over what he did. Oh, I'll take I'll take all of them jailed. No problem. I'll take you. You you don't have to sell me on more of you being jailed. No problem. Versus Bob Menendez, where Tom Cotton, Marco Rubio, um, Jesse Waters, and a bunch of the other goons on Fox News and and Stephen Miller and all these people are like. The deep state is coming after Bob Menendez. He must be doing something right. Like, politics truly has destroyed and warped so many people's brains. Yeah, you. Your brain. Like, you have to have terminal brain worms to come to these conclusions. Man. Bro, you take the vaccine. Jail. I hope you get a new booster. Jamal Bowman over pulling a fire alarm. Jail Jamal Bowman. Jail him. This is coming from a guy, by the way, who was just found liable of fraud like this week. Yeah, in a total bullshit rigged case. Committed bank. But that's okay. I hope they rig a case against you, and I'm going to laugh my ass off. And I'm going to say what's good for the goose is good for the faggot. Fraud, insurance fraud, lied on his taxes, all this stuff. Never mind the 91 other criminal oh, charges. Yeah. 91. Now it's the time to repeat headlines. I imagine buzzwords like insurrection are coming. 
coup, you know, whatever else, liable for sexual assault. I don't even, again, guys, I don't even know why I do this show, man. I don't even get it. I don't know either. It sucks. You fucking suck. I don't even get it. I come out here and I say things that I think are just insanely, freakishly obvious. No, you're a retard and you say lies all the time. But it's like, I'm pissing into a hurricane. Yes, because you're a liar and the internet doesn't like liars. And more and more people are realizing that people like you are liars and they're not going along with it. And you get frustrated, which is great. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's like I'm pissing into her because it's just this wall of... Yeah, you deserve a wall of piss in your face. Tsunami of absolute idiocy pouring on me on a daily basis. Now that's the semen from the bathhouse, but whatever. And this guy's leading the goddamn charge. Yes, and he's leading in the pulse and your guy's getting killed. Jamal Poem is worse than the January Sixers. He should be locked up. Absolutely. But me, I shouldn't be locked up with my 91 criminal charges. And Bob Menendez, we're going to defend Bob. I just... Oh, oh, make it stop. Hey, y'all, do me a... F Could you be more feminine? I don't think so. Um, Trump is hell-bent on violating judges' gag order. Even though Donald Trump was hit by a partial gag order this week by Judge Arthur Ingeron in New York... It really has not stopped Donald Trump from attacking anyone and everyone that he pleases uh, in, in the state of New York, really. I mean, with the exception, of course, of Ingeron's court staff, because unfortunately, Ingeron, in his partial gag order, only told Donald Trump he's not allowed to talk about, tweet about, email about his court staff. So since he can't attack those people, which he really wasn't even going after that hard anyway, he did it, you know, once or twice, but Donald Trump is now trying to dance around the issue of the gag order. And since that order came down on Tuesday, Trump has pretty much gone hog wild with everything he's posting. Let me awesome. read you a selection. Awesome. These are statements he's made to the press. Good. statements he's put on truth social and Great. statements he's put in fundraising email Fantastic. all since that gag order came out. Good, good. First one is what he told reporters on Wednesday. The bottom line is this is rigged because the judge knows whatever he's going to do. So they defrauded us because he called me a fraud. He called me a fraud and he values Mar-a-Lago at 18 million and you can't do that but I have a lot of cash, a lot of everything. I was never going to reveal this kind of stuff, but now it comes out. It comes out because a corrupt attorney general sued me for fraud. And the judge already knows what he's going to do. He's a Democrat judge. In all fairness to him, he has no choice. He has no choice. He's run by the Democrats. He's a Democrat judge out of the clubhouses. He's controlled, and it's a shame. What going? What's going on here is a shame. Our whole system is corrupt. Pretty accurate. Okay. You, you have no evidence to back any of that up. Uh, total lie. Uh, Ingeron, of course, did already issue his judgment last week that you were, in fact, guilty of fraud. And now you're saying that Letitia James defrauded you by even just suing you for fraud. So he's going after the judge. He's good. going after Letitia good. James, and the judge is apparently cool with that as long as you're not attacking his staffers. Trump continued. This is from his latest campaign email. He said, we're barely into the new month and the deep state Democrats are already coming after me with everything they've got. 
A sham trial in New York was not enough to satisfy these tyrants' thirst for power. Now the Biden Department of Justice is once again requesting a gag order against me. A hearing has officially been scheduled for October 16th to decide whether or not the Department of Justice can get away with censoring me. In other words, in just a few short weeks, Crooked Joe's weaponized DOJ may very well get away with stripping Biden's leading opponent, me, of his First Amendment right to freedom of speech in the 2024 presidential election. And right on cue, bald fuckface will go along with that. Okay, so he, he steered kind of away from talking about New York, except, of course, the sham trial. Then he puts this idiocy all over True Social. Get ready. This is a lot. There's a lot on this one. <laughs> Just arrived at the witch hunt trial taking place in the very badly failing, so sadly, state of New York, where people and companies are fleeing by the thousands. Corrupt Attorney General Letitia James is a big reason for this. Statute 6312 is meant to be used for consumer fraud. It has never been used before on a case such as this, especially since I did absolutely nothing wrong. I borrowed money, paid it back in full, and got sued years later with a trial right in the middle of my campaign. I am not even entitled under any circumstances to a jury. Yeah, it's Alina Hobbes' fault, bud. No, it isn't. That's a completely made-up narrative. Like, you may want to have that talk with her. Again, totally made-up, retard. Because she's the one who screwed the pooch on that. Not to mention, you keep referring to the entity that is suing you as corrupt even though there's literally no evidence to back that up you uh, accuse okay. her of being the reason people leave new york also no evidence to back that up she's the attorney general but then he continued the respected new york law journal writes that the dissolution ordered in the people of the state of new york versus trump appears unwarranted wow that's big the whole trial is a democrat inspired hoax just like russia 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 the spying on my campaign the 51 fake intelligence agents the FISA forgeries and everything else. This is a total witch hunt where I am not even allowed to have a jury. The corrupt AG Letitia James convinced the judge that Mar-a-Lago is only worth 18 million when in fact it may be worth 50 to 100 times that amount. So you're just you're just going right back into the whole. Yeah, keep going. Keep talking shit. Fuck these people. They're illegitimate. They're all illegitimate. And they are scared of you. And they're scared when you talk shit. That's why they're trying to, sh to shut you down. Because people know, voters know, they know this is bullshit. They know as these trials go on, more people are going to see this. More people are going to think it's bullshit. The poll numbers will go up. That's why they're trying to shut him down. No matter what you do, keep talking no matter what. Fuck these people. Whole like overinflating your assets thing. So even though Trump has not been uh, gagged from saying things like this, he should be in my opinion. Um, That's okay. I think he should be gagged. At the same time, he's also kind of still overinflating his assets, not necessarily in an illegal way, just in a boastful way. But those posts could come back to haunt you in oh, this yeah. trial. It's illegal. Everything's and I illegal. sincerely hope that they do. I sincerely hope one day you get locked up. That would be that would bring me great pleasure, I'll tell you that right now. All right, let's see here. Okay, so the, this one was from before. This was a super chat on the Soft Gentleman show. Michelle Kincaid said a bigot would say Trump has never ever refused to talk about strategy when hounded by the media. Nope, never has. Never has. Also, hope the wizards are caught on ring cameras. Yeah, so um, Mondale, so there was some lying on the Rashad Ritchie show. Rashad Ritchie said Mondale 
was exonerated, and he played a, uh, a clip of Mondale talking to an investigator, and the investigator said, we are going to polygraph your sister. At this time, we're not going to polygraph you. And so Mondale tried to get the guy to say that they're no longer looking in, into him. Uh, this is for uh, Mondale. It's highly likely Mondale did a fake hate crime hoax uh, and, and by passing out flyers. Anyway, uh, hate, quote unquote, hate flyers. And bl they blame it on the, on the Klan. Just the way it's written, though, it's just not, it, I think he did write, write it. I think, because it's, he, it contains the word nigger and then in parentheses, their word. So he's trying to like ease the effect of the word nigger by saying that, well, that's their word. Well, obviously the Klan would never give a fucking shit about the impact of the word nigger. It's in their outgoing message like nine times. Okay? They use it all the time. They would never, in a Ku Klux Klan flyer, try to... And, and this is a common thing that I've seen in a lot of hate hoaxes, where the liberal um, uh, will, like, try to, like, ease the sting of, of the racial epithets. Or, like, remember the hoax related to, uh, to uh, Trump and uh, Pissgate? When they said, so he, he had the prostitutes urinate on the mattress that the Obama slept on. And then he went into the bathroom to say, I, and he yelled, I hate black people. Obviously, a person who hates black people is not going to say, I hate black people. They're going to say, I hate niggers. That's how you can tell that a fucking leftist wrote that shit. Okay, because that's not that doesn't that's that doesn't make any sense. Okay, that doesn't make any sense. It also doesn't make sense that fucking pissing Russian Russian prostitutes would give a goddamn shit about what you think about black people. They're prostitutes that are pissing at your command. Okay, they're not going to care about racial sensitivities. So again, a, a leftist obviously wrote that, right? Anyway, so yeah, Mondale. This I think he wrote this this letter, <clears throat> um, and then he and then they copied it. And they pass it around to all these neighborhoods. So she's, Michelle's referencing, uh, yeah, there's got to be video. There's cameras everywhere. There's got to be video of this. There's got to be, someone has to have a video of people, a ring, there's got to be a ring doorbell out there showing who put those flyers on someone's property. And, uh, oh, wouldn't that be funny? But anyway, they lied and this makes it look more suspicious. When they said Mondale was, um, was exonerated, he wasn't exonerated. Because the guy on the phone call said, we're not going to uh, um, give you a polygraph at this time. And then, he, and then Mondale specifically asked him, does it mean that you're, you're, not, you're no longer looking into me? And he said, uh, we are not polygraphing you at this time. That's all the guy said. That is not vindication. They are still investigating. They are still investigating. So it seems like they're trying to kind of uh, set up the narrative that, oh my God, they're even more racist than we think because after he was vindicated, now they're still investigating him. That's what I think the tactic is. It is, uh, it's, it's wild. And then the other thing that's crazy about Mondale, so Mondale's the guy, he's on the Young Turks. He has the fake book background, which is hilarious. Um, he is a mayor. I don't know. How, how the fuck does a guy like that become a mayor? In the South? What is happening? What is happening?
anyway, so he becomes the mayor. They probably they probably mail in balloted his ass in there. <clears throat> anyway, he becomes the mayor, and he doesn't like this statue. It's not really a statue. It's like a memorial. Okay, from what I understand, it's a. It started out as a Confederate memorial, and and then it evolved into a memorial to include you know, the Confederates, but also uh, veterans of other wars. Okay, so this isn't just a Confederate monument. I don't care whether it's a Confederate monument or not. The way he went about this is totally unacceptable. So so he didn't like the monument. Instead of having the community vote, so he wants the proper thing to do if you're a normal person. Although you're still kind of a faggot. I, I'm at the point, you're a total faggot if you want Confederate monuments to come down. I think they should go back up. Any of the ones that have been taken down have to go back up. Okay, you cannot allow people to act like ISIS and just take statues down. So the Robert E. Lee one, they all need to go back up, okay? But let's just say, you know, you want to be a... You're kind of like a normal faggot, okay? And you don't like you don't like the Confederate monuments. No problem, no problem. Or like, look, if you're black and you don't like them, I, I get that. I don't have a problem with that. So what a normal person would do is they would say, all right, we don't want this statue here, so we're going to have everyone vote on it, okay? But Mondale doesn't want to do that because Mondale's a fucking retard. And so Mondale just destroys the monument himself without any authorization, nothing, okay? Now, what's crazy is they investigated him for that, but then they didn't charge him. I would bury that guy under the jail for that shit. Are you kidding me? I mean, I don't know if you could really... Maybe you could give him six months. I don't know what the statute is. Are you kidding? On his own, he just decides to take down statues? What's next? He's going to start removing people's houses? He, oh, this person's racist. I'm going to just take... I'm going to just destroy their house. Crazy that they allowed that. Anyway, he got pissed off that they investigated him over an obvious crime. Okay? Um... And so then he, it looks like he, it's highly likely him and his sister, it could have just been him. I don't know about the sister. Uh, he could have just been using his sister's house uh, to, to print these flyers up. I don't know. Because uh, apparently they say she passed the polygraph. It's possible. But that's the, I mean, that doesn't mean anything. Anyway, so um, he, he wrote, it seems like he wrote these ridiculous uh, pamphlets that he that he signed at the end, the loyal white knights of the Klan, or whatever they call themselves. I think this is North Carolina, and uh, and blame them for it. And so these pamphlets went out to like fifty residences. You know they had to put like birdseed in them and threw them on the lawn or whatever, whatever they do. There's got to be camera footage of this. There has to be camera footage. I sincerely hope they show his stupid ass passing out these flyers. That would make my day. That would make my day. Um, Silky Johnson says, HB, I saw some videos about that Palestine Jew incident and something seemed off on some of them. You would never hear gunfire. Excuse me. You would hear gunfire, but not see much. And the way they filmed dead bodies seemed like they were filming for propaganda. I don't know. might be wrong. It seems odd. So, what I do, I... Because people, and it's understandable, people tend to get emotional with, like, brutal videos. Or videos that the way they're described is worse than they actually are. For example, I saw videos described as Hamas going door-to-door -door and executing Jews. But that isn't what the video shows. Now, I think it's possible they did that. Definitely think it's possible. But that isn't what the video showed. 
So I'm like, okay, that's the kind of thing that like you got to try to put emotion aside and be like, all right, is this video really showing this? It's still possible that that happened, but that's not what the video's showing. And there's a lot of that shit going around. I do think this war is happening. I do think they they invaded. I, I think it's highly suspect that there was no action from the IDF for six hours, according to some of the Israel I, Israelis on the ground. That's crazy. But um, a lot of the videos coming out don't like there is. They said this one video was them parading dead children. I didn't see that. Is it possible they did that? Absolutely. Now, that's the kind of shit... I mean, first of all, I do think there are videos of them kind of parading dead bodies uh, in the trucks. I think you could make that argument. That's insane. And, like, here's the thing. If you do that, and especially if you do that with kids, if you do that with the corpses of kids, you're not really going to be able to tell the people you're doing that to to take it easy. Okay, and vice versa, vice versa, because I know like the IDF apparently like bulldozing kids as well, and no one talks about it. I understand. So this is why this is just like this is gonna. They're gonna go to war. They're gonna go to war. We should stay out of it, and we'll see what happens. That's my position. There's a lot of bullshit. I think both sides do fucked up shit to each other. It's not our fight, and uh, we got our own problems in the country, and. Uh, you know, but like if you do provocative shit like that, like you can do that, but you know, the, the other side is going to, it's just going to make them be harsher and it's going to be, you know, it's going to be ugly. The whole thing's going to be ugly. So I hope there's not actual footage of that. You know, maybe I'm, I, maybe I missaw it. I don't know. It's not, this is not, it's not a fun thing. This is not a fun time on Twitter because, you know, you're, you're, you, you'll, scroll someone talking about Trump and then you'll keep scrolling and then there'll be maybe some titties and you'll keep scrolling and then, you know, someone will post a meme and then it's like, you know, just people being fucking assassinated. It's like, holy shit. Oh, by the way, one question. Is it me or is there a phenomenon currently happening on the internet related to hilarious based AI memes? So a couple of things happened recently. When I click the For You page, how it started is I clicked the For You page on Twitter. And it started giving me people that I've never followed before who are posting some of the most hilarious based memes, AI memes that I've ever seen. These are things that have made me laugh out loud for extended periods of time. Like these are, these memes are hilarious, okay? Now, on top of that, there's people that watch the show that are sending memes that are also insanely hilarious of like Indians on toilets blasting off into the sky. They're fucking hilarious. Those are hilarious. Um, anyway, I think next stream I'll I'll bring some of them out. We have to look at some of these on stream. They're in they're insane. They're insane. And so and I saw someone tweet an article that like I, I don't know, Vice or one of these outlets said 4chan is like using AI to make quote-unquote racist memes. Is that what's happening? Is there like, is there just like a big onslaught of hilarious memes right now? It is, I'm telling you, this isn't even the beginning of AI. We haven't even seen the beginning of it. This is like, holy shit. I don't know what it is about how the AI is rendering these memes, but they are 
they I don't think I've laughed that hard at memes ever. A couple, but not like this. There was one where they had it was called it was a video game called Sweden Simulator and I'm telling you the way the AI I don't know see the people making these they know like what to type into the AI cuz I've been fucking with AI art and you know and it it, it comes out like okay it, it's not great. These guys know exactly what to tell the fucking AI. So they had like the black guys with the overemphasized like sharp teeth which is funny because the guy who killed the leftist faggot in New York, he looked like he had sharp teeth. What do they do to their teeth? Like, what are they putting? I don't even, I don't understand. Anyway, he looked like that. So then, so, and then the, the, you got this Swedish white girl with this look on her face. I'm telling you, it is, it's hilarious. It's absolutely. So I hope that's what's happening. I hope that's what's happening. And I hope we get flooded and it just becomes a thing. Also, last stream, Ryan sent a AI news report, and I hope there's way more of this that comes out. It was like it was like it seemed like they took video from like a local news outlet and then just changed what they were saying into like really based shit, based and hilarious shit. I hope there's an onslaught of that. And this is, you know, it looks, it's like, it's funny, it's a little choppy, but eventually, it's not going to be choppy at all. Eventually, it's, you're not even going to be able to tell. And that's when the real power comes into play. Because then you can just start throwing out all sorts of base shit. Fuck the news. You just make the news. You could just make the goddamn news. You can make the news. You can have a news broadcast with corporate media whores saying whatever you want them to say. So if you want to have your broadcast open up with a talk about the uh, crime statistics, well, you can do that. Oh, my God. I'm telling you. See, in, in some areas, the future looks really bright. In other areas, like who's in control of the power right now, you know, in the, in, in the government, it looks very dark. But there are some things that happen that, man, it looks... It looks very promising. Holy shit. So, yeah, it is uh, It is incredible. So, yeah, next stream, I'm going to collect a bunch of the memes. Uh, by the way, if you have some, send them on Twitter. You can email them. I'm going to collect a bunch of them. We'll go over them. They are, I have not laughed. I've just not laughed this hard at memes before. And, and, uh, and, and the Indian ones are fucking, it's like this whole thing where I guess it's like, supposed to be technological advancements because they said they claimed that they sent a ship to the moon or whatever so it's, it's just oh it's you can't beat it all right very good let me make sure i got all these um silky johnson says i bet you kyle got done getting pegged right after he filmed that video speaking of faggots uh, where has feminine sire and hysterical woman semen chugger been? Good question. Where is John Idiarola? Where is John Idiarola? He has not been on the Young Turks for a while. Um, I haven't been doing a lot of damage report videos because, uh, I don't know, it just, they haven't struck me. Just the way they're kind of, they're titled, it's just kind of like, ugh, I don't know. It's weird. AIDS flare up? Maybe. And I'm curious, what's happened to the disgusting tranny and predator Ben? Well, oh God, you want to talk about a horror show? So he's talking about, um, 
the fuck is that dude's name? Ben? I think, disgracefully, his last name is Italian. Carollo? Okay, so there is this really ugly dude that was pretending to be a woman that that had a stint on TYT as a commentator. And he quit because the Young Turks were not sucking the lunatic tranny cock enough. And then he proceeded to, like, go on a show and badmouth them. Anyway, if you want a if you want a horror show, okay, I could only stomach like three Twitter posts of this shit, okay. This was like, this is real life Buffalo Bill shit, okay. Like this was this was genuinely disturbing. Apparently, Ben, who is look Blair White and the tranny that was going to war with. Uh, Matt Walsh a while ago. They're passing, okay? They're passing trannies, whatever, okay? I'm not, like... If you are if you are a biological man, I don't care how feminine you look, I'm passing, okay? But do what you want. But this is not what we're talking about. We're talking about really viciously ugly trannies. We're talking about horror show trannies. We're talking about... Ben is the type of tranny that if, like, Rob Zombie wanted to make a movie about a murderous tranny... That's what he would look like, okay? This is a horrifying-looking individual. Well, apparently, Ben has an OnlyFans. So, I saw... I don't even know how this fucking happened. I saw him tweet to someone, and I'm like, oh, that's ugly tranny Ben. And I think he said something about his OnlyFans. And I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? So I click on his Twitter account, and he's posting pictures of himself posing in women's clothes like a woman. It's the it is it is the worst thing. I I I saw two pictures and I was like, this is I'm like, who is buying this? How like look, I understand like if you like chicks with dicks and you like the weird kinda like, oh she's hot, but she has a dick. Whatever. There is not any sort of metric in which this guy is attractive in any way. Like, I don't... This is a freak show. This is like when Alien... Was it Alien 3? I'm, I'm telling you. I would rather look... Remember the mutant... Remember the... It, it, was it Alien 3? Or the one with Bronona Ryder, the bitch that steals shit, where they go on... They're on the spaceship and they go into this lab... And there's all these people that have been, like, uh, um, experimented on. And there's this one, they were, like, cloning Sigourney Weaver. And they combined Sigourney Weaver with, or I guess Ripley, with an alien. And it was, like, half alien, half Sigourney Weaver. And Sigourney, half alien, Sigourney Weaver was like, kill me. Remember that? Okay, that is better than what Ben Carolla looked like. Okay. Like, I would rather look at that. Because to me, that was a disturbing scene. Okay. I would rather look at that than Ben Carollo. That's what I'm talking. Like, this is not normal. This is like the idea that there are people in society that are trying to sell the idea that this is good and attractive. It's it's insane. It's completely insane. It's like selling shit as an actual, like, oh, this is a nutritious food that you should eat. It's called shit. And it, ignore the smell. Everything's fine. I, I it, It's just, it's mind-boggling. 
it is a level of disturbing that was mind-boggling to me. That's how I viewed that. What the fuck are you talking about? You have an OnlyFans. How many people pay for that? People want to see you dress up as a woman and pose? Okay, I we yeah, I've just had enough. I've had enough. It's just it's this is all got to go. This is all got to go. Anyway, there you go. You by the way, you could say, "Oh, you're being harsh." Hey. If you want to go look, you can go look, okay? I'm telling you. It's a horror show. It is um yeah, it's out of a Rob Zombie movie. That's what it made me think of, Rob Zombie. You know, like uh, The Devil's Rejects and... and uh, Like, like uh, what was the tall guy? Remember the tall guy with the burned face? It's like that. It, I put it in that category of ugly. Remember the, remember the movie The Fun House? That was, uh, that was a Toby Hooper movie, okay? Toby Hooper did a, a Texas Chainsaw Massacre. He did this movie called The Fun House. It wasn't as well known. Uh, anyway, it, it, it's about, it's real gritty. It's real gritty and dirty. That's why I like, like, uh, his movies. It's just like real 70s gritty. Um, that's why I like Rob Zombie, because he kind of repeats, he kind of does that for, like, modern movies, although, anyway. So in this movie, these teenagers go to a fun house, and, uh, there's this guy in a Frankenstein mask who turns out to be, like, a disfigured freak. And I remember as a kid when I saw him take off the Frankenstein mask, I was traumatized. I was very little, okay? And uh, now that I see it, he's very ugly. It was good good special effects for its time. But, you know, it's I'm older now. Anyway, if you take that guy... Actually, why don't we uh, have a look here? Just to give you an idea of what I would prefer to see over Ben Carollo, okay? Uh, the Fun House... What was the, what was the character's name? I don't remember the name. So, yeah, The Fun House from 1981... Uh, let's have a look at what the guy looked like. Who is this about white supremacists? Here, don't disrespect yes. my child. This is my child. I don't feel prick. I'm Really good special effects, but uh, okay. Let's see. I just want to get the name so I can, because uh, who knows what comes up if you just type in. Funhouse. Uh, Buzz Dawson, Richie, Joey, Mr. Harper, this geek. I, I don't know. The Monster. Okay. The Monster. Wayne Doba. The Monster. Okay, we'll look up. The Monster. That's what he's called. Okay. Oh, let's see. The Monster. Okay, here you go. Here, this guy. I would rather look at this. This is this is the guy. I would take this over Ben Carollo. Okay? Hold on a second. Can we get a close-up? Yeah. I mean, that's it's kind of... I would take that over Ben Carollo. I'll try to get a closer-up picture here. Oh, I mean, this is, you know, kind of like a more serious side shot. You know, this is... Uh, I don't think this is from the movie. What? What? what do, why are you doing that? I just... Can you just show the fucking picture, Google? Can't you just make the picture bigger? Maybe it's me. Maybe there's a way to do it that's obvious. What does this do? What happens if I do this? I just change the back. I don't want to change the background. I just want to make it bigger. Are you going to let me make it bigger, fucker? Okay. Anyway, you get the point. You get the point. This is... I would rather... This guy... I would take this guy over Ben Carollo. Here's another one. Let's have a look at this one. Oh, this is when he got electrocuted at the end. Real good scene at the end. The electrocution. He really sold it. He really sold that electrocution at the end. He was like... 
squealing and it was a it was a it, it's a good movie i mean it's not the best movie uh here we go oh it's perfect there we go okay i would rather look at this all day this is a pleasure compared to ben carollo okay i this is a pleasure okay because at least this fucking monster he knows what he is he knows he's a monster okay he wore a frankenstein mask okay he understood his place in society I would much rather deal with this guy and uh, hopefully they don't post pictures of the beginning because then we might get in trouble. Uh, it's a little bit, uh, the beginning of the movie is a little bit, uh, I, I, I have a few questions. I have a few questions about what's going on in the beginning of the movie, but I guess it's the early 80s and uh, you get away with stuff. I don't know, but it uh, wasn't really comfortable, but uh, it is what it is. Okay, so, I mean, I think that's enough about Ben Carollo. But I was asked, you know, what happened to Ben? Ben left the Young Turks because they didn't suck the tranny cock enough. So that's uh, that's basically it. All right, let me make sure there's any more here. And uh, and we will... Uh, it's just, it's like... Um, yeah, like, knowing your place in society. Like, um, most people know their place in society. Like, most... If you're like a 40-year-old man... And, and you, you know, you have like a, a beer gut or whatever, no problem. But you're not demanding to be put in a Victoria's Secret catalog, right? That's really all, all, all I'm saying. It's like you, you're, you're not even thinking about putting yourself in a Victoria's Secret catalog because you don't belong there. I don't belong there. There's not a circumstance on this earth where in any age I would belong there. But these fucking ugly trannies aren't demanding to be put in those places. They don't know their place in society. It's insane. When people don't know their place in society, they cause a lot of problems. Anyway. All right. Cobra says, I wonder how many others did the same thing prior to Bowman. My guess is no one has ever pulled that alarm prior, so that either makes Bowman a retard or an insurrectionist or both. LOL. My question is, has anyone ever pulled a fire alarm thinking that it opened the door? I think it's possible the answer to that is no, that that's never happened. Who would pull a... Okay. Children aside, a five-year-old, okay, but like a, an adult. What adult has ever pulled a fire alarm thinking it's going to open a door? It's incredible. Cobra also says, if China wants to dismantle the U.S., this would be the perfect time to do it. They make their moves on Taiwan now and force the U.S. to fight wars on three different fronts. Ukraine, Taiwan, and Israel. We would be fucked. Yeah, and I, I wouldn't be surprised to see that happen. I would not be surprised to see that happen. Man. The only thing I, I, I've heard from some analysts, I, I don't pretend that, uh, you know, the international politics is my thing. I try to stay in my lane. People that cover international politics, I've heard them argue that um, China does not have the Navy capability to make a move on Taiwan. Um, I don't know if that's true, but I've heard that. So maybe that would prevent them from doing it. But uh, yeah, it is. Uh, it's uh, this is the crazy. This is a crazy time, and it seems like it's going to get crazier. Hopefully, it's just the internet warping my perception of things. Hopefully, uh, that's that's what this is, and it's not as bad as it seems. But we'll see. All right, uh, next stream is uh, let's see. What is this Saturday? This is Saturday, right? So it'll be uh, Tuesday, six thirty p.m. Eastern. Thank you very much for all the people that sent super chats and streamlabs. Sincerely appreciate your support. You can get an archive on Rumble, rumble.com slash user slash hardnewsnetwork or on Podbean. 
hardnewsnetwork.podbean.com, or it's still there. It's still on t- Twitter, at LiveHNN. So, uh, you know, we, we break the terms of service every, uh, every five seconds, and it's still there. So great. That's great to see. All right. Uh, appreciate the support. I'll see you guys Tuesday. I am the Hard Bastard. Thank you for watching.